Well, that sucked. Oh, I hate technology. Hold on. What happened? Uh, that sucked. My my Twitter things it just stopped working, and then everything just crashed. Oh no! I'm hoping we can get everybody on. Huh? But I hope we can get everybody back on. I know. I hope. I hope. I hope we can see everybody because that was really good. Um, yeah. Oh, that sucks because that was really really good. I, we we can do this, Lauren. I, I'm so happy with Arkansas. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Now. Let's see. How can we get people back? Natalie j just sent me. Okay, I'm back on, girl. Where is she? I'm back on. Okay, so no, I'm gonna. I told her that you were probably. I said it, something probably just happened. Yeah, everything just went down. Everything just went down. William Compton. Let's see. Um, invite everybody again. So disappointed about what just happened. Uh, he's busy. Donna Imam. Ava. Okay. Cindy by Rayal. Okay, right. I'm going to put my headphones in and, uh, I mean, we can still talk, but I'm going to run into the store while we're trying to get everybody back on. Okay, take your time. Night Rises. Sorry, Natalie, everything just crashed. I was very disappointed. That's okay, yes. this I the gremlin. <laughs> what happened? Was it just the connection? Yeah, it just the connection went down. Yeah, I guess it just everything. My 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 entire phone just just crashed. Are you with AT and T? Uh, no, I'm with I'm with Metro. I, I, there's it's something wrong. Is something is wrong with the spaces? Yes, they're doing a lot of updates, and so yeah, the last, this, that really yeah sucks. for the last two days has been like that really heavy, and some of them except for the wrong spaces, those don't get shut down like that. <laughs> yeah, and you know I what I'm noticing a lot of you guys just so you're aware, um, the, the, I'm seeing like running ranges. Uh, oh, hey Lauren, you got to mute. Okay. Their, their spaces. Hey, uh, their, their, uh, okay, let's see. I see Spencer. Hey, Spencer, how are you? Yes. So today has been a pretty interesting day today. My, so what, what happened? My friend, one of my really good friends, she is in it's the Miss Gay America pageant. She's Miss Gay Arkansas. And so tonight is the Miss Gay America pageant, and we've been practicing nonstop for the last few days. And today was one of the first days of our actual practice where we could practice on stage. So we've been running back and forth downtown, getting practices in and everything else. And tonight I'm going to hop back up there and watch the first part of the performance for prelims and then the final night. And I am so excited because she has a chance to actually win this competition, which will be like amazing and historic for Arkansas because they've never had a black woman um, run to be Miss Arkansas and to actually win. So I'm just totally stoked. Well, I, you know, um, just so you know, a couple of the I've I've met I have pictures with uh, Latrice Royale and on oh my God. And, you know I'm wondering what you think about getting uh and this is this is so not what we were talking about before this crash just no, so you all no, know it's not. <laughs> but, but but getting getting um uh people involved in drag race 
because I know a lot of the drag race people because I live in South Florida mm -hmm. about trying to get them to, to, to do get out the vote stuff. Yes. But because um, you know the one that that won last last year, uh, Simone uh -huh. is from Arkansas. Yes, Simone is, and, and Simone's there tonight. Yeah, and we got to meet Simone a, a couple, maybe like three or four months ago. But yeah, they're all about it, and I'm just honored that she's like putting me in her actual performance to be in front of so many different people. So that way, that gives us an opportunity to explore and expand our message around to the communities that aren't heard. And it's extremely important that we do that and be inclusive of all. So I am just, I'm so right now on cloud nine and then seeing it all come together. I feel like a proud stage mom. I'm over here like, yes, get it girl. Get it. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> hey, hey Lauren, <laughs> I see that you're here. Um, so Spencer, I've not met you before. I've heard about you. So I wanted to, um, I'd love to hear about what's going on Missouri. And, um, you know, if you can let us know a little bit about your, your, um, about your race and about maybe some hurdles that you might be facing and maybe something that we can help you, help you with here. Thanks so much, Justin. I appreciate it. Can you hear me? Yeah. Great. Um, I haven't had much experience with Twitter spaces, so I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, I hopped on the call. I'm friends with Lauren uh, Mallet Hayes, who I view as one of the leading voices in listening to people in our communities and making sure that they're represented. And she asked that I hop on and, and listen in and hear what y'all had to say. And I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm a Senate candidate in uh, Missouri. I'm running for Roy Blunt's vacated seat when he when he steps down at the end of his term and doesn't run for re-election. We're in a very unique position, um, being a state that Donald Trump won by 15 percent, but which is not a very conservative state, despite what metrics might say. Um, if you look at our numbers across the board, we tend to vote for progressive policies, but then very conservative politicians. Um, I'm, I'm a 36-year-old white heterosexual male in St. Louis, Missouri, and as a progressive Democrat, I think I identify a little bit differently than a lot of the population, but in terms of the values that I support, I think they're fairly uniform across the state. One of the problems that we have as a state is Democrats don't speak to rural voters very well, and, and really suburban voters for that matter either. Um, we tend to stick into our safe zones of progressive urban centers. And it's very important that everyone feels that their voice is being heard. And we haven't done a very good job of that. As Democrats, there's been huge divestment in our communities, uh, whether rural, urban or suburban, exurban, regardless of where you stand. And a lot of those issues come down to healthcare and education, access to opportunity and jobs. And uh, we're focusing heavily on just making people's lives better. I think there's a there's a huge disconnect because it's so easy to measure how much money a campaign raises. That, that tends to be the focus. But really how many lives we impact and how much trust we build is what leads to the votes that we get. So that's where a lot of my campaign's focus has been, and that's where it will continue to be going forward. We have some very strong initiatives in that regard uh, that we will be launching in the next two to three weeks that I think will be fairly game-changing and hopefully put us on the national radar. Um, but I'm, I'm just interested to hear the and the rest of your team and the other folks on this call, uh, because I, I think it's important that we build coalitions and that we work together because we ha all have a vested interest in the success of democracy and the direction we're currently going isn't that direction. And in my view, if, if we can flip one Senate seat in Missouri, we can both show the country and the world that Missouri can be flipped, and that means anywhere can be flipped. But in addition, it makes sure that 
we preserve democracy and we we blow up the filibuster and support voting rights and make sure that everyone's working in a better direction so that going forward we have true representation which i don't think that anyone feels like they have currently right right yeah and and um you know i know you you weren't here we we just had a very successful spaces I, there was probably about 50 people and at least 12 candidates and um last Last week we had 22 candidates speak, and and what I'm finding is that more and more, that the that um, the DNC is not out. They're not recruiting candidates for seats, okay. And what they're doing is they're waiting for the seats to already be filled and before they go in and do the, the hard work. And you know what? That's a that's a really bad policy, okay. And because one of the things that I did with Lauren and with Natalie, and I would happily do with any uh, anyone. And so, and I know Lauren, Lauren. Hubbard, not Lauren Malatez, Lauren Hubbard, who's on the line too. Um, I know that you are in running for Devin Nunez's seat. And I know that you worked in, in city government, okay? And that you worked with, with water management. And what I found is that that uh, the most, some of the most compelling uh, conversations I've had are with local, sta local state um, representatives, all right? And so we need to get out to these places that are underserved and uh, so I had Spencer, I had Baxter Stapleton on who's in Dayton, so Ohio, uh, it's Day, uh, Ohio 10 in Dayton, Ohio. I had um, we've had William Compton on who's running for Kentucky second. And it seems more and more like we need to get out uh, uh, the vote, or get, get out the, the our how am I saying this? We need to get out reach going into these smaller places. And Missouri is one of those places. And so uh, I mentioned that we should be having a voter, like a Band-Aid, Farm Aid and from the 80s, that we should be doing something similar. Uh, I, I'm calling it voter aid. And so we have a lot of connections to a lot of really big name uh, um, uh, singers and artists, people like Janelle Monet and Halsey, Billy Elish, um, Will I Am, you know, Baxter Stapleton used to work in, in music and recording. And so if we work to do this and if we focus and target on smaller, um, you know, smaller towns, imagine, imagine, uh, um, play like, imagine something like that happening in Little Rock or imagine something. I, I don't even know a city in, in Missouri. That's how little Missouri is to me. <laughs> so, I mean, imagine the, the impact that it would have on people's lives if, if like we were Columbia, to go into Missouri. these smaller places. So he's um, right between Kansas City and St. Louis, right in the middle of Missouri. Right. And uh, I have I'm glad that I just I just was talking about city um, local uh, local you know government. And I some for some reason I lost my ability to speak. I'm sorry, guys. I see that Jose is here. OK. And uh, Jose wasn't able to speak at my last um, uh, spaces. But he's a city councilman from Mendota, California, and so, you know, I want to see if there's a way that we can that we can all help help each other. And because, you know, the the fundraising issue, Spencer, is that when it comes down to it, fundraising is a measure of a candidate's ability to organize and to and to get out. And so that's why people measure it so strongly. And so if you want to talk privately about ways of like like working on doing that and finding finding um uh people to fund and going to groups i have a list that, that i gave lauren of 600 different progressive organizations that you might that are regional or national and they're all they all have paid staff 
I'd be more than happy to, to go over that with you and look, look for sources for funding. Um, and, uh, you know, like any way that I can help you, I'm taking on as many uh, um, uh, campaigns as possible to help as many people possible because it is important for us all to work together and, and, to, and to act in unity. Okay, and and, and um, if Jose, if you want to talk after this, I'd be I'd be more than happy to have you. Hopefully, you can accept the the invite. And Blue, I see your hands up. Please, please go ahead, Blue, because Blue actually no is the one that talked to me into uh, getting passionate about red states and and rural our areas. Go ahead, Blue. Oh, hey, hey, guys. Um, how are you guys doing tonight? I see Natalie, Lauren's in here. You guys are queens. Snowden queens, all queens, right? Yeah. I've heard about Spencer from Lauren. I was following Lucas Kunz, I think. I thought it was a bit weird at first, but I didn't know they were, like, other candidates. So I'm glad to learn about you um, and possibly see how I can help your campaign. I think Missouri is very, very winnable for us. I just feel like we haven't connected with our rural voters. Um, I, th I think we just have to make an effort here, folks. Just get to know people. Republicans are so out of touch, you know, and we have to get really, really aggressive. I'm very aggressive with messaging. Um, for instance, I'm I am a Texas I'm a Texas teacher. Um, I teach human geography um, to my kids, um, and I see people making absurd comments. How they're praising Glenn Youngkin for getting rid of mask mandates. A fifth of my students are currently out of school for COVID, and we have mandatory mask mandate in our school and our district. So imagine if there wasn't a mask mandate, and I feel that you know. Add on how there's no support for the child tax credit from Republicans. Message that Republicans hate children. They hate kids, right? They don't want to keep a child safe. They don't want to keep food in their mouth. I know it seems very harsh, but we have to get aggressive with them. Um, another thing, I had another guy say... Oh, it's just an election. And he was a Republican. We lose some, we gain some. And I and I told him this. Um, and I got a lot of pushback. You know, you can't say it's just an election. Think about all the black and brown folk out there. They don't get to wake up on November 2022, um, November 9th, and say, oh, well, well, we just lost all our rights. So I guess it's just another election. It's not. Um, and as an Eastern European immigrant, you know, I'm so proud to be an American. Um, I drive and see the American flag waving every single day, and I'm so proud. Um, you know, it's it's an honor to vote, and I made a commitment that every vote I cast will be for voting rights to empowering Black voters and Black candidates until we reach full and certain equality, because without Black America, there is no America. And if we don't empower them, no one will. And that's just kind of my tea on it. I just feel like we need to embrace each other. Um, we can't sit by in our, you know, big blue seats um, and just act like, you know, if you're if you're AOC, Ilhan Omar, you have a seat no matter what red wave comes at you, you know. But for the other guys, we have to fight day and night. Um, I do literally all I do. I teach every single day. 
I have lesson plans to do, but I make time to get on here and try to talk to voters, future voters, and do some organizing. I've reached out to my local county party, right? I just, I don't make, I can't make excuses. Um, I'm, I'm a shy guy sometimes. Like, I'm very full of energy sometimes. But when it gets, I can't knock on people's doors. I'm more digital. Um, so I can give people. Wait, 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 wait. Why can't you knock on people's doors? Because I've done direct TV, AT&T. I have done all kinds of things. It makes me very so nervous and uncomfortable. And that's the thing is because, you know what, when I went in front of Nancy Pelosi's offices and, and, and demanded impeachment for three weeks, okay, now, at, like, there, the, let me, okay, the Vigil for Democracy, the person that, that, was, that helped me found everything with the Vigil for Democracy, okay, the person that founded it and brought me over and everything, now, she was a complete introvert. And the thing is, the second you gave her a, a, a megaphone, she was like, hell no, we won't go. And, you know, and she meant it. <laughs> and the thing is, is that that gives you power. And the second that you start engaging, and, and see, Spencer, uh, this is something that I might say, I don't know anything about your campaign, okay? The only thing I'm going to say is that when you actually start going out and speaking to people about, about why they should, they should contribute to you, OK, I, I think that that will really help you find your voice because what it's it, 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 it is this is sadly because of Citizens United. It is about money equals speech. And that that's the, the, the that's the high, the low of it. It's it, it, it is what it is. We require a constitutional amendment to change that and make that not the case until that's not the case. All right. We have to be at, we have to be out there. We have to be working. And, you know, like, why aren't there more Democratic uh, um, uh, super PACs? And the thing is, I, I've heard people say, oh, it's just a way to, to embezzle money. The thing is, it is legal. It is a tool that they're using. And so I know that we, we all say that we want to, 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 to get all of this out of, out of, out of uh, Congress. The problem is with that is that if we don't use all the tools available to us, we might not have a democracy to, 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 to get elected to in the future. All so right. Justin, I, have, I have a question on that. Cause I, I hear what you're saying and I don't necessarily disagree, but I don't know that we'll ever win a game where the game is how much money can you raise? Because if we're not raising from corporations, there's always people who can funnel more money into corporate packs and to, to super packs that can com combat us. I really look at it as how we connect with the community and how we spend our money and so one of the things that my campaign has been really focused on is getting into communities and doing <clears throat> both small and large scale projects to make sure that we're able to make an impact on as many lives as possible. And I know when I, when I started this campaign, I promised my wife that the measure of su success wouldn't be winning or losing. It would be the number of lives that we touched. And that's really been a focus of our campaign. And we're, we're in the process of building a, a technologically advanced call center with text messaging and volunteer base to help get hundreds of thousands of Missourians on Medicaid. Um, and that's really a focus for us, but we can do that in under $20,000, which is not anything in compared to the 50 to $70 million that I'm told that I need to raise if I'm going to win this election. So how do you go and say that, that it's essential for people to raise, you know, money and use that as a, as a, performance indicator when we can never outraise Republicans. It's just, it's legitimately impossible, particularly in red states like mine, where Eric Schmidt, who paid for the robo calls for the Stop the Steal rally, is one of my chief competitors in the Republican Party and can raise infinite amounts of money from Republicans. Uh, you know, 
the the one thing that I hope that you know about me, Spencer, is that when I when I see something, when I when I feel something, is that I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know. And and it's one thing because what you're saying, it is completely right what you're saying. We should I, I believe that we should have publicly funded uh, elections for publicly funded campaigns. I mean, uh, when I was looking over for for Mary Barossi, who's a, a nurse who was going door to door trying to get the signature she needed. I looked over for her for the filing fees and everything. And then, then it said, oh, when you get accepted as a candidate, then you can pay us to be listed in, in this, uh, in this uh, uh, filing thing where people can see what your uh, campaign's about. And I was like, why do they have to pay? And the thing is, is that none of that should be the case. All right. We should have publicly funded elections. The, 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 the problem is that we don't have publicly funded elections. Okay, the problem is that we are operating in a system where the Republicans can can out uh, outraise us. Okay, and so I don't judge you as a candidate based on how much money that you can raise. I judge you as as a candidate on how how well um, how passionate you are, on how how far you're willing to go, and how 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 you know if you're if you're going to understand the truths. And the truth is. If we don't win this election, we're going to lose democracy for at least a generation. And so, and so, I wish things could be different, and I wish that we could. I wish that we could have, you know. But if, as my dad used to say, he's like, "Piss in one hand and wish in another. Which one gets filled up first? And, and that, I mean, and the thing is, is there's, you know, what what is it? wishing doesn't do anything. And and the problem that's why Natalie, it's really helped me see that that. What we can what we can do as a coalition of people is much stronger than what we can do as individual candidates. Okay, because win or lose, the the people that go through the process of running, they're going to have created and established their own political in infrastructure, and so it, that will set all of us up for future runs. It will set all of us up uh, uh, to, with connections in government. All right, and so and so. When it comes down to it, I wish that I wish that it was different, but it's not. And so um, after this call, Spencer, if you'd like to sit down with me, uh, there's a ton of things that, that we could talk about. And, you know, like Ronnie Ray Jenkins, he, he doesn't have a huge, uh, a huge campaign base. He didn't even have an act blue. I, I, I was I've been pestering about it all day. OK, and he's working on getting the act blue and getting his website and so that he can run for Congress. And so what I'm, I'm talking to him about is trying to tell him how to leverage his um, strengths. Okay. And one, and some of his strengths, he knows Paula Poundstone. Okay. That in and of itself, she's got a hundred thousand followers that right there is a way to begin um, uh, get out the vote and, 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 and uh, getting people to contribute when he gets his act blue set up. He has a, a nonprofit that could really be a model to end homelessness across the country. And so, you know, those things, I, I'm trying to get people to see that so that people can be inspired by what he's doing. That's and awesome. So, I, I applaud you for that work. That's, that's phenomenal. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, 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 you know, if, if seeing what you're, you're capable of doing, like, I, I just, I don't know anything about you as a candidate. I've looked at, at Arkansas. Arkansas is really good. I've, I've wanted to look at Missouri. I just haven't had real time. But I, I could come up with you in a day or two with like lists of people running for office, for state and local office. And if that could get you people to 
give you money, I would happily do all the work and give it to you. And then you could, you could claim that as your own and see if, you know, because I'm sure somebody wants to pay for that. I, I just haven't been lucky in finding anybody that wants to do it. So, um, Justin, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. And I see there are a couple of people with their hands up, but what I wanted to say in response to what Spencer said, because I think it's very important is that the, I, I think that the, that raising grassroots money is great for the candidates. And I, I really applaud people who do not take money specifically from these super PACs uh, because I think it shows it shows um, that they're they're standing up to the people who are donating on the GOP side to these huge super PACs. But I think that the the raising lots of money on the Democratic side, not to feed directly to the candidates, but to promote the Democratic messages is a really important thing that that we can focus on through PAC uh, infrastructure and and money that doesn't necessarily touch the campaigns, but gets their messages out in regional specific ways so that they're not taking money from, you know, big corporations, but we do need sponsors. And one of the benefits of doing a voter aid type of thing that could follow some of these collective tours in these red districts, um, it, it, it would seem that getting a big sponsor to help get that message out, the the Republicans have a machine when it comes to raising money just to rally their troops. I mean, they are very organized and Democrats are just not nearly um, aggressive enough to compete with that. But with money, if we can find it to sponsor messaging, then, you know, we'll we'll try to get a chunk out of their reach. If that makes sense. Uh, I, I, I do understand what you're saying there, Snowden. Um, I see that Liam has his hand up. Uh, I saw Lauren had her hand up first. Uh, I, Lauren, if you would like to say something, then I'll go to Liam. And, and Jose, you're finally a speaker. And after Liam and Lauren speak, I'd love to hear from you because you are the person I want to hear from. I, I want to be involved with these city council uh, uh, people. So um, go ahead, Lauren. Uh, Lauren Malatese. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just going to say, as you were talking to Spencer and you were talking about coalition, Spencer's actually the one that reached out to me with an idea like this, similar to this, when we first announced back in May. So that was part of the reason I wanted him to kind of sit in and listen, because he's, I think he's definitely um, one of those people that he understands the, the coalition part um, and, and is about it. He just also wants to make sure that the people that we, he aligns with and just from my talking to him align with his values as well. I'm speaking for you, Spence. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I know, you know what? I know that uh, Liam is in Indiana. Liam Doris, right? And he's in Indiana 09. You, were, you talked, I think, two weeks ago, and I'd love to hear from you. Hello. Um, I'm Liam. And for those who don't know me, I'm a Democratic candidate for the U.S. House of Representatives in Indiana's 9th Congressional District. Um, I just wanted to say a couple things, um, not so much about my campaign. Um, a few things about me and a few things about what I've thought about this conversation so far. Uh, one, I'm a, I'm, I'm one of the awkward socialists of this group. Um, I, I'm unabashedly a socialist in a conservative district, and I stand tall for policy and position. I'm, I don't consider myself pro-Republican or pro-Democrat. Uh, I consider myself pro-working class, which uh, covers an entire political spectrum from liberal to conservative and the independents there. And so... 
what I've gone out and done is I've been talking to voters and, and I'm, una, I'm unashamed of, of saying I'm Democrat. I go out there and I'll talk to conservative uh, Trump voters and I'll t- go out and talk to the most diehard leftists. And all of them are really saying the same thing. And that is the Democratic Party doesn't um, doesn't really care about the working class voter anymore. They care about the big money donors and they care about making themselves richer. And 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 honestly, like from reading the news, reading the media, I mean, a lot of this does hold true. I mean, and Nancy Pelosi was asked point blank if they should ban uh, stock trading from uh, members of Congress. And she was like, no, you know, it, it, we should be able to trade freely. Well, what she's doing is she's taking the knowledge that she gets from the meetings that she has, uh, telling her husband and her husband is investing companies that's not yet made public that they're getting ready to get major government money. And so what happens is as soon as he invests in those companies, they pass the bill and, and she makes an astronomical amount of money. I mean, that's that's corruption per definition. And so what we have to do is we have to we have to say, OK, we recognize the issues that you have with both parties, because it's not it's not just the Democratic Party. It's not just the Republican Party. It's both parties. And everybody knows that this, that a lot of the same donors are donating to both the Republicans and the Democrats. I mean, Trump, before he was ever president, before he was ever a politician, he was donating to both the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. So he oh, and he was donating big. So he always had the ear of both. And and that led to him making a lot of connections, getting in there, so on and so forth. And, and the reality is, is that we don't, a lot of people here in the working class, we don't want our, our, our politicians to be corrupt. We don't want um, the, um, the rich to be represented. We want to be represented. I mean, there's a lot of Republicans out there, or Republican voters out there, who, whenever I talk to them, they're like, I used to be a Democrat. But the fact of the matter is, is the Democratic uh, Party, um, um, they abandoned the working class. I mean, who am I going to vote for? And, and. And they were like, well, you know, the Republicans aren't any better, but at least they're they're not messing around. They're not they're not they're doing what they're telling us they're going to do. So why not go with the Republicans? And I mean, that's a major, major concern for somebody who's who's running as a Democrat, who's running as a far left socialist. And that's probably why I do as well as I do as a socialist in a conservative district. I don't have a whole lot of people uh, except for like um Democratic loyalists who give me any kind of crap about it. I, I walk up to conservative and, I, and I'm saying I'm openly socialist and I'm a Democratic candidate. You know, at first they're like, okay, interesting, because I didn't lie to them. I didn't lie to them. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not a personality. I'm a Marine Corps veteran. That's about it about me. You know, I'm a big nerd. Um, but here, here's some of the things that, that I support. These are the policies that I support. First thing, anti-corruption. They're like, and I'm like, see, it's it's not just important to, you know, address corruption, but, you know, like address the corruption that's closest to you. And and when, whenever you start cleaning out, cleaning out your own space, then you can start cleaning out bigger spaces and bigger spaces and bigger spaces. And I have their 100 percent attention every single time. And they're like, we like it. What else do you have? I'm like Medicare for all Medicare for all. It doesn't it doesn't change health care. It just gets rid of the the health insurance industry, the middlemen, you know, that take your money, uh, profit off of denying you health care, so on and so forth. You know, like, why don't we just pay these doctors directly, you know, as opposed to going through somebody who's just going to profit off of our, our deductibles and our premiums. And they're like, we love it. We love it. And then, then, then invariably they're like, are you sure you're not Republican? Are you sure you should run Republican? 
you want to run with Medicare for all, call it Freedom Care. Like, come and run, run Republican. We, we love it. You know, so the, these messages do get out. Policy is super important. And, and, and I beat this drum and I beat this drum and I beat this drum. You have to prioritize people over profit. You have to pre, um, prioritize people over personalities. You know, you have to prioritize um, just the people in general. Working class, people who work every day, uh, usually with their hands. I mean, we're talking about our, our, our healthcare workers. We're talking about the people who service our, our, our lunches, our coffees, and so on and so forth. You know, the people out there doing the jobs that we don't want to do. Whenever they're, whenever they're being ignored, they either A, don't want to vote, or B, they're going to vote against you. You know, you can't just you can't just be like, hey, I'm really cool. Vote for me. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And that's why we're, we're getting our butts kicked is because we're not prioritizing policy. We're not prioritizing what the working class actually needs. You know, we need more than, a, hey, well, we tried from our, 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 our people in government. Right now we have a majority in the House and the Senate and we have POTUS. You know, and we can't get any anti-corruption legislation. We, we can't even get it on the floor, much less we can't pass it. I mean, it's it's an issue that all Americans really, um, except unless unless you're part of that that system, if um, all Americans really do agree on. And if we start addressing the needs of the people, you know, we're going to pick up voters. It, it, you can't just sing to the choir because if you only sing to the choir and you only provide um, patronization and platitudes to people, you know, and without actual real plans and solutions, you know, you're going to eventually bleed voters until you're not winning anymore. It's super important that we start doing this again. Justin, just last week, you, you laid it out. You said if we lose here in 2022 and lose the House, they're going to put Trump in as, as speaker. And then they're going to impeach Biden. And then they're going to impeach Kamala. I guess where we're going to be right there. Well, yes. I'm telling you, if we don't address the needs of the people, that is exactly what's going to happen. And and so if we're not prepared to go out there and say, These, this is what I stand for loudly and proudly, you know, um, then, you know, if, if we're just being like, I want a campaign of hope. If we don't do more than that, we are going to lose and we're going to lose this democracy that we have. So my, my point is, get out there and talk to all working class people, not just the ones that are liberal, but the ones that are conservative too. be honest, genuine, upfront about who you are and what you stand for. And and we can start to turn this tide. No amount of money can 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 really compete with somebody who's who's a great personality as far as, as holding up policy and position. I mean, take, for example, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders went out there, grassroots only. He just, he just banged the drum on Medicare for all, workers' rights, Green New Deal, so on and so forth. And, and he nearly won the primary, you know? And so that, that message really does work. I'm a person of policy. Be that, be that personality. Be that, be that person who says, hey, this is what I stand for. And then whenever somebody says no, do don't do that. Don't mean mug them. Don't 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 sit there and be uh, you know ignore them. Be like, well, what what is your solution? What is your plan? You know, let's let's talk about things that we have in common. So um, anyway, well, I'm going to get off off this and pass it on. So what yeah, an I amazing agree. point that was, um, Justin. Can I jump in for one second? Yeah, um, just I, just before you do, I just want to tell uh, say that Jim from from Texas 22, I see you. I want to get to Jose and I want to get to Jim. 
after you're done though, Snowden, I'd like to I'd like to to speak as okay, to what great. Liam. Yeah. No, I just wanted to make make one point based off of what Liam just said. And it's a really important thing that you said. And that is that that party there's there's been this effort to divide people along party tribal lines or whatever, but there's really so much more that connects us no matter what party loyalty we have than what really divides us. And I think that that what you're saying by going and addressing people on that very personal level is probably one of the most important things that we can do to try to win back the hearts of people who have been convinced that tribal, that they're, whatever is resonating with them on right-wing media or whatever, that that's more important than these issues that are right there in front of them that they really need. Everybody needs uh, childcare. Everybody needs affordable healthcare. Everybody needs to feel as though um, their, their voices matter. And so, yes, yes, yes. And it's congratulations for saying that and for handling it that way. I think it's fantastic. That's all. Um, hey, can I well, say something real quick, like real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So Liam, I, you had a, a lot of good points on policy, but here's where I really have a bone to pick. Um, you say you watch the news a lot. Uh, I just want to tell you that this news is so biased um, you know, literally today I saw an article saying that the GOP is the trending party in America. Do not listen to the news. It's BS. Um, it is not accurate. It is not a reflection of who our president is. Um, so are these poll numbers. They're not reflective of who we are. Um, I'm a huge fan of rural organizing. I feel like we need to use that PAC money that we do get and push it into our inf party um, infrastructure. Um, and I'll all 50 states when we achieve that and win more seats then we can actually act on you know setting term limits um getting rid of corruption um but i think that you know there's certain they've branded us as evil um on the gop side that's why i feel like we have to get aggressive on the democrat side reclaim reclaim our titles you know it speaks right. to every voter for sure right well, um, now I see Jose. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm going to let Jim speak in a second because I'm very interested in what and all this is going on because Jim in Texas 22 and Liam in Indiana 09, both very and, and Spencer in in uh, running for U.S. Senate in um, Missouri. Okay, they're all they're all rural places. I'm not familiar with Texas 22, but but you know uh, and. What what is it excited me so much about Arkansas is the ability for so many of the candidates to have such strongly held views and for them not to have to go out and say it. Because right now, okay, we have one chance to win. All right. And now, Liam, I'm going to introduce myself to you because I, I want you to know who I am. I voted for Hillary Clinton. And so as soon as you say Bernie Sanders to me, that's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. And it, do it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me because I've reached a point where where you're right. Uh, amongst Republicans and Democrats, there is corruption at the highest levels. It exists. It's there and it needs to be fixed. The problem is, is that we cannot let our egos, we cannot let our personal uh, uh, biases, the things that drive us, the things that trigger us, the things that... That, that motivate us come in the way of, of who we're supposed to represent. 
we're supposed to represent the, the, our constituents. And so, and so what I would really like is, I mean, I went and spent three weeks in front of Nancy Pelosi's offices. Nancy Pelosi had no intention of, 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 of impeaching Donald Trump. None. It took it took work from from activists across the country. We, 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 we send out impeach stickers. We pushed so hard. We had to push so hard for something that just just it should have been done. OK. And so I recognize the the you know, there is there is corruption. The fact that Paul Pelosi Jr. spent uh, uh, 2017 New Year's with 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 uh, with Ivanka Trump at Mar-a-Lago. That's an issue. OK. The problem is, is that. It doesn't matter, okay? It, it it exists. We cannot change that. And so, bringing these things up in public in public settings where there are inner inner party fights, these are things that we need to fix. And the only way that we're going to fix it is by taking back more seats, and and, and by and by expanding our majorities. And so, at, like, I know that 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 Lauren and and that Natalie and that that Chris Jones and. Alan Ellison and I know I understand that these people they they're what they want is different from what they're going to say. And so what I hope is that you know we have one chance to do this. Don't be afraid to to talk about what's passion what what's important to you and why you're running. But also don't don't let the biases because when it comes down to it who like I I went from voting for Hillary Clinton to being in a Rokana DM room with Ro Khanna asking me to put out, put out, um, you know, information. He asked me to put out something about him being vice president for Bernie Sanders. And, and still the whole time that I did that, there were people that were screaming at me that I was a centrist. And that when I, when I helped document atrocities against the Kurds, I had, I asked for help amongst, you know, and then I could dwell on that. I could dwell on all these things. I mean, it, it was hard to get past the fact that there were progressives that said, oh, uh, Hillary Clinton warmonger when I asked for help. But none of that matters because at the end of the day, what matters is helping to prevent the fall into fascism. What matters is protecting our democracy for future generations. And so like for me, I'm reached, I've reached a point where I, I surprisingly in the last month and a half, I haven't even thought of progressive slash new Democrat politics. And so I'm, I'm really excited now to be able to, to, to let Jim have the floor because Jim's in, in Texas, and I can only imagine what this sounds like to you. I mean, I, I already, I, I don't know anything about Texas 22. Can you tell me about your race, Jim, and about what's going on there and how, I mean, anything you want to want to know? Yeah, no, thanks. I appreciate it. And I appreciate the opportunity and the invite from Melanie here. And I feel a little bit unprepared. I was just scrolling around on Twitter and got this great invitation. So I feel like... Uh, like I'm unprepared with my homework because I don't know a framework for what the discussion is right now. We were having a completely different conversation. And Dan Whitfield just got in here. He's running for Senate in Arkansas. And my Twitter uh, thing crashed and it, it really uh, diverted the the, uh, the conversation we were having. But Liam, Liam brought up some, some really good... What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to provide a platform for the candidates Mm-hmm. to to introduce themselves and so that i can see what what i can do and how i can help you and okay and how okay but also like so that you can meet other candidates because i'm trying to create a coalition of, of candidates who are working together and so that maybe p- someone in texas can help someone in missouri maybe somebody mm-hmm. in missouri can help someone in kentucky all right, right. And, and we had we had chris jones 
who's running for governor of Arkansas. We had Alan Ellison, who's running for Senate. And so I'm just, I'm really interested in about what, what is Texas 22? What does it cover? And what hurdles are you facing on on your campaign? And, and, you know. Yeah, no, and I appreciate that background. So, um, and and again, the opportunity to meet with folks because yeah, connecting like this is a great uh, idea. So thank you for doing this. Um, You know, for Texas 22, it's actually kind of a, a suburb area type uh, of Houston. So the biggest issue that, frankly, you know, this district is facing and, and that I'm facing as a, as a candidate really is about the redistricting of um, the maps in, in, uh, throughout all of Texas. When I threw my hat uh, in the ring over a year ago, it was the Texas 22 um, was continuing to become more and more blue um, to the point where it was almost even as far as the number of uh, Democrats and Republicans. And in, in Texas, that's kind of a big deal. You'll find obviously that rural areas are a lot more Republican. But with the redrawing, the redistricting, frankly, the gerrymandering, um, my district is no longer considered competitive. So my strategy, frankly, is, and you touched on it a few minutes ago, is I'm happy. And and, and the reason that I kind of joined is because I want to do the same thing that you guys are talking about is what can we do to help ensure democracy? Because it's not looking good uh, in the very near future and the redistricting, the gerrymandering of of different districts, Texas, Texas 22 being a perfect example where um, the minority vote has been greatly reduced. It's no longer competitive. Frankly, I'm in it now. I'm going to stay through it. Um, but my mindset is that in order for us to get Sheriff Nels out of being the congressman in uh, Texas 22, it's going to take years, uh, if not almost a decade, the way that it's been gerrymandered so bad. So my mindset is this is a great opportunity to connect with us because, frankly, I'm telling people, hey, vote for me, but don't send money my way. Find a race that's competitive where you can make a difference. Um, that, that, that's the first time I've heard that. And see, um, that's very interesting. I, if you want to talk with me after um, after this privately, because, all right, first of all, there's someone that uh, I wish I, I could. It's easier to, to send out a tweet. Um, Candace, Texas, okay, at Candace, Texas. I know that Candace is involved with uh, multiple races in and around, probably about eight races in and around the Dallas area, all right? Uh-huh. And Candace is somebody that I trust and that, that she knows what's going on on the ground, okay? And so um, now I can provide you with information about, um, about uh, Texas. I, I have detailed information. Uh, information like all of the candidates that were running all of the amounts of money that they made all of their contact information mm-hmm. and see uh, i would be more than happy to get that to you so so i'm really good with spreadsheets guys okay and then and then um uh what you're saying there okay if you're willing to 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 i what's i don't know the word to to, to forfeit your race then i would strongly suggest that that you then pivot towards working towards uh, getting people in t- at the Texas State Senate and the Texas State House, all right? And now, but I would actually urge you, like, if you're in it, why not be in it to win it, okay? Because we are forming a coalition. It's growing here. And we- and see, you weren't here earlier, 
But we are talking about things such as creating, a, a, um, uh, we call it, we're calling it voter aid right now. Well, some of the mm -hmm. candidates have access to things like one of the candidates used to work for Will I Am, and we have we have uh, people such as, um, excuse me, um, we have access to, to Halsey and Janelle Monet, and we I mean where we can get in touch with these people and ask them to be a part of it and focus that that those concerts on red states. And so the point of having a concert is not to go into the big blue place. It's not to go into Houston and Dallas and, and you know, New Orleans. It's to go into Baton Rouge or or or, or Kansas City or, or Little Rock. All right. And, and so that is the kind of outreach that I think we need to have. And and see what what I also what I really urge is because I'm only assuming that that being in Texas 22, that you're you would be what is considered a more conservative Democrat because I mean, embracing progressive policy is going to be a mark of death in, in, in Texas. And I want uh, people like Liam and Spencer to understand is that we all want the same thing. We all want to have money out of politics. We all want to save democracy. We all want to have racial justice. We all want things to make sense. We may have different paths of getting there. Okay. But we all want the same thing. And, and there are some places that you like, like, for instance, okay, I, I'm not running for office, but I could never organize an activist event in Florida. There is a law which says you can drive your car into a crowd of people if you're worried. It's a law. It's legal to drive your car into people. Okay. If, the, if, if and so the 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 way that I have to approach things as an activist in Florida is different than what I would do if I was in California or if I was in Texas. Okay, and, and so we have to run for our um, for our uh, constituencies and who we represent. And at the end of the day, it's more important that we're able to win these seats and save democracy, because if we lose democracy, we face losing it for a generation. Okay, a generation. And so that that is it's more important to save democracy than it is to and and. Uh, Jim, are you are you familiar with Donna Imam? I am not. I mean, I'm okay. the name sounds familiar, but okay. Donna Imam is running in Texas 37, uh -huh. and she's really lucky because the redistricting has made Austin a lot bluer. Okay, yeah. but I've known I've known Donna since she was uh, in the Rokana rooms with me. And the thing about Donna is that she's 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 had such a very a, a great life before. She's a computer engineer. Um, electrical engineer, and she has nonprofit and things like of that nature. I have never met such a strong candidate, and Donna is one of the most progressive candidates. And even in the bluest places in Texas, being a, a strong progressive candidate like like Donna, I mean that's hard to do. And so, like like I would urge you that and Liam and Spencer both that if you want to model an, a, an amazing. Uh, a progressive candidacy. Donna Imam is someone to model yourselves after. Mm -hmm. Okay, she has she has the way of rising above everything else and and, and putting you know the the needs of of Texas for her in this case for her Texas above the needs of herself. You know and 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 uh, Jim, I mean, uh, so what, who are you running against? Well, there's. I can't remember the, the person's name actually who just it's basically almost no one. But that's the thing is there's virtually no other Democrats that are standing up 
here. I, someone entered their name. I tried to Google who this person was. I don't know if it's a plant or something, but there's no background on this person. So it's really against the incumbent Nels. Now, one thing I want to make very clear is I please don't misunderstand. I'm not giving up. I'm just being a realist here. When it gets gerrymandered to that point, it becomes so much more rural that my strategy is changing a little bit more longer term. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm happy to look into other candidates, see their strategies. I'm just telling you that here in Texas and this part of Houston that it, and, and this rural area that it's now become, um, it's going to be challenging. I, I don't, to be honest, I don't think that there's any Democrat could win. I mean, there's so much anti-Democrat. <laughs> uh, there's so much Democrat hate in this district. Then why uh, are you doing it? Then why are you doing it? Why am I? Well, I was uh, so I originally did it because I thought there was a chance to win. I'm going to see it through because I said I would, and I'm changing the strategy to say, okay, we're going to have to build this back slowly. Part of it, honestly, is I want people to understand and get my name out now, so that in a couple of years from now, when things change a little bit more and get a little bit better, and there's a better opportunity, I won't be a completely unknown entity. So the okay. strategy is longer term. I'm not giving okay. up. Are you, are you Jim Squires? I, I'm looking at Ballotpedia. Are you Jim Squires? Yes. Okay. All right. We have to talk to you because this is not the first time that I've seen this. They just redistricted in um, in Texas, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So what happened is they did this to, to Mari Barossi too. On Ballotpedia, what they have is they listed you as being withdrawn from their candidacy Ballotpedia, and for everyone here, Ballotpedia is the first thing that I use to judge a candidate, okay? Ballotpedia is a Wisconsin-based um, uh, aggregate of all of the races. It has all the information. All of you, every single one of you, should have a, a flip, fully fleshed out Ballotpedia because if you are setting yourself up uh, for future runs, all right, uh, then, then this is a, a way uh, that people will be able to look at you. And if you if you're not tracking the ballotpedia, then it, I mean it's gonna it's saying that you pulled out and you didn't yet, okay. But this we need to fix that. And so what I would also let you know, like let people like me say you can't win the race, and I'll and and we can communicate it because you if you're in this you should be in this to win this, okay. And I recognize because I'm the first one. I will I will tell any of you, okay, Lauren. Like uh, everybody knows. I will tell you, I don't think that you're going to win, okay? I won't say it in public, but I'll tell you. And that still doesn't mean that, that, the, that the work you're doing is not important. And, 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 and laying a groundwork for future runs, laying, laying the paths uh, for uh, creating the network, networks mm -hmm. needed. You might not win this election cycle, but we need to, to put effort into winning at least to try so that we can make headroads oh, yeah. in the next one. All right. And I've got detailed information, lots and lots of information that, that that's going to show um, what's going on in Texas. And, and you'll be able to look at this and maybe see like somebody else that ran before that you can connect with. This is saying, this here is saying, um, uh, let's see. Jamie Jordan is. Yeah, that's who it is. Okay, he doesn't even have a picture. It's a shame. That much I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm. This is this is sad, and it, what what makes me angry, truly angry, is that the Democratic Party is going around and making so much money, and that they're not going around and looking for races like this because oh we'll never win. 
the problem is, okay, maybe we won't in this time, but there was a time that Texas was really, really blue. And it, we're not going to, to make it blue if we don't try. And so I'm doing this because the DNC is not doing this for you, Jim. No, and nobody don't, is, yeah, nobody yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, part of my frustration is I've reached out to different organizations like the DNC. I've reached out and gotten crickets. And the funny thing, I even tweeted about this not you know earlier today, is I have Republican organizations reaching out to me all the time. I have people hitting me up for money all the time. I have yet to have a single Democrat organization reach out to me and say hey you know at least acknowledge that i'm you know in the game <laughs> uh so i'm kind of you know out here on, on my own which is fine and i'll see it through the best that i can but part of that is just like you're talking about is you know uh, just an acknowledgement um i'll do everything that i can on my own but uh it's a that, little frustrating you, you, not getting any support here, here, here. Tell him about the sam i uh, yes. might help him Okay. Yes. And see, and Liam, this is also for you. Okay. And Liam, I want you to, to listen to this too. I know that because I know that it may be hard to look beyond what, what has happened over the last few years. All right. But I'm going to tell you about something called the Sam party. All right. David Jolly is a, a Florida native. He, he ran, he was a legal counsel for Bill Young, who was very, very conservative. Okay. Now, David Jolly ran and won as a Tea Party candidate in 2012. Okay, so he's he's one of the most conservative people of the last 30 years to come out of 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 of, of the Republican Party. And I want to let everyone know here that without a question in my mind, if any if he was running for governor of Florida, I would vote for him in a heartbeat. There is not another candidate that I would vote for him for. And there's a reason why. Okay, as conservative as he is, he's also one of the most bipartisan. All right. He's a man of integrity. He's a man that I trust. And, I, and in a time when we can't trust our politicians, that's saying a lot. And so what David has done is he put together something called the Sam Party, the Serve America movement. OK, he recognizes the problems that that we're facing now. And so instead of, uh, of putting any focus on any wedge issue, OK, instead of forcing a candidate to take a stance on on abortion rights, or climate change, or any, any number of issues. What he's done is he said, okay, if you want an endorsement, we can endorse you, you can be a Democrat. He endorses Democrats, he endorses Republicans. The thing is, is that he's not getting a lot of Republicans. I think he thought that he would get more. He's not getting a lot of Republicans, all right? And so if you, if you were to, to ask for an endorsement from Sam, you would be able to do so as a Democrat. And then what you what you would have to agree to is a list of things about about agreeing to transparency, accountability, and and increasing access to the vote. Mm -hmm. All right, and, and so and you would also agree to the process of legislation in which you listen to others, in which you then define an answer. Like he has a six step process. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like civics one on one. And and Sam has a, a, a an infrastructure in place right now. In Texas, they have it in Pennsylvania, they have it in, in Connecticut, and they have it in New York, okay? And so I would urge you to look to the Sam Party and talk to David Jolly. I've made a tweet on it tonight. And uh, I would also urge you to please remain a Democrat when you do it. And so these doors that would be open, okay, you would gain, immediately gain tons of conservative credentials by going to somebody like David Jolly with this, okay? 
And, and I, I, you know, it would open up doors to bipartisanship. It would open up doors for you uh, as a candidate, I believe. And, and it, this is the way that we fix our broken system. We fix our broken system, not by focusing on who's right about what, but looking at the process of legislating. And this is how, we, this Liam is how we're going to get to the point where we can have everyone covered by, by, by healthcare, where we can have, get rid of the homelessness problem, where we can address issues like climate change. Because what, what's happened is we, they've, we've been duped into being, uh, we've been duped into being divided so easily and being triggered so easily, being so scared to say anything. And really what the problem is, is the process is broken. The process of being able to speak to one another and communicate to one another has, has been corrupted. And when we fix that process, all of a sudden you're going to see that it's a lot easier to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and so I, it's, it's, the website is joinsam.org. I'm not affiliated with, with them in any way. I'm not, I, I, it's just, I'm giving you all of the tools that I can find and uh, in order for you to succeed and go as far in this race as you can go. Yeah, no, and I appreciate that. And I'll, I'll step aside. I know I'm taking up too much time. I mean, my, you know, the issues in Texas 22 might be a little bit different than other places, but as far as accomplishing the goal of networking and getting to know each other and, and leveraging one another for resources, this has been great. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and if you're welcome back, we have these every single uh, Tuesday at seven. Um, tonight should be an early night. We had, we had like 50 or 60 people Last week I had 22 different candidates on and um, you know, and I'm doing, I'm doing everything that I can for all of the candidates and, and like Ronnie Ray Jenkins in Pennsylvania, I got my ex-husband doing guitar chords for a song that he wants. And uh, when I called Mary Barossi, who's running against Daryl Issa, like Bonnie Ross and picked up the phone who I know Bonnie. And I was like, what are you doing talking to her? Like, I, like she went, she was out going door to door with Mary so that she could get her signatures. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so like, I will work as passionately for you, whether, and I will tell you the truth. I, I if I don't think you're going to win, I will tell you, you're not going to win. Okay. But that doesn't mean I'll work any less passionately for you because everyone, everyone deserves, we need you. you you're more important than you realize. And uh, with that, if Jose is still around, I see that he's never gotten to speak and I've always wanted to hear from him. So I would really love to hear from you, buddy. If you can, if you could speak now, Hello, everyone. Yeah. Hey, Jose, what's up? What's Hi, everyone. Um, yeah. So tell us, you're a city council person from Men Men Mendoza, California? Uh, Mendota. Mendota. Yeah. Can you tell me about um, what is the issues with being in local government and how can, can uh, state and local candidates, st state and federal candidates, how can they help you to, to, to address the needs and how can you help them to address the needs of their constituents. Yeah, of course. And to understand. Yeah. Of course. Well, let me introduce myself to everyone here. Uh, my name is Jose Alonso. I am a city council member for the city of Mendota in uh, Fresno County, uh, where Ag uh, City, which is, you know, a lot of farm workers here and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, documented residents here that, you know, just trying to live paycheck by paycheck. Um, the the thing that, that my city faces is we get ignored too much. Uh, we we try for grants. We apply for a community center. Um, we try to uh, get help to build a new police department, um, city hall building. Um, you know all these things, and we just get kicked to the curve. Which you know it, it's it's uh, upsets me that we do. 
Um, you know, we I tried talking to um, a Congressman Valadeo, which is has been unsuccessfully. Um, I tried talking to uh, you know even our senators, which you know they don't get back. But um, Senator Caballero, who represents our district, has given us two million dollars for a new uh, city hall and police department building, um, which I'm very grateful for that. Um, you know, sometimes uh, you know we we get kicked to the curve. Like I said, um, you know, I I I advocate for my for my uh, people I represent on DACA. And, you know, healthcare and people are scared to go to these meetings that we have because, um, you know, they don't really understand what's going on. Um, you know, I really I want a, a congressman or a senator that that looks up to the rural communities. Like, you know, like uh, communities that's around Mendoza, like Farbaugh, Mendoza, San Joaquin, Los Baños, like those cities. I feel like Where we're getting north. Are you in the north or in the south? I'm not that familiar, but I mean, I know Los Angeles, and I've been to to, to the Bay Area. We're on the Central Valley in California, right in the middle, the heart of California, pretty much. Um, okay, and so like, what is the biggest? What is the biggest city next to you? Uh, Fresno. It's an hour away. Okay, uh, all right. So, and that's and not so, too far. That's not too far from Sacramento. No, it's like three hours away from Sacramento. Yeah. Okay, and so and so, how does homelessness affect you, and and your district? Um, there's not too much homelessness in Mendota that much. Um, I I never faced that issue honestly. Um, the district, this like Fresno area is homeless, and downtown area in Fresno. Um, you know they. They kicked them out before they removed them. They moved to other places. And it's sad to see, you know, homelessness in, 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 in these areas in my district. Um, you know, um, some of our veterans, which, you know, I support the military because I have family members who have been in the military. Um, you know, it's sad to see some of our veterans. So I never personally never issued, uh, tackled the issue on it because, I mean, you know, Mandota doesn't have um, homeless, you know, here in the city. But I have seen it in the district, like the Senate district and then Congress district, which is sad. And um, okay, um, well, well, and the, then hopefully, okay, because I'm going to explain something to you, Jose, and I want to use this to highlight to Jim what it is I'm trying to do. Okay. Yeah. And so now in Pennsylvania's 15th, there's a gentleman by the name of Ronnie Ray Jenkins. Okay, and Ronnie Ray Jenkins is a man of the people. He really is. Now, and and I think that he's a great candidate. More, more than just more than being a great candidate, though, there is something called that he's put together. It's a nonprofit. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but what he does is for the last 53 years, his family has gone around. They've taken dilapidated buildings that, that are, you know, that, that need to be fixed. He fixes them and then they, they make them livable. And then they, they allow families and low income uh, families and, and low income people to move in. And then they only charge those people 30% of their total income to stay there. And he, and he has made this sustainable, this, this nonprofit, him and his family have made this sustainable for the last 53 years. And so when he said this, the first thing I thought of was San Francisco because I went to San Francisco and I have to say, I loved it. I cried when I left. I loved San Francisco, it was so beautiful. But literally the first day there, I saw, I saw, dirty needles on the floor. I saw people shooting up. 
Yeah. I had never seen the levels of abject poverty that I was exposed to ever. I did not know that that could happen in America. And, and, and when I came and I was looking around, I was like, this is this. I mean, it was, it was such a shock to me to know that people could live in that state and to know that like somebody told me that, yeah, if you don't make $140,000, you're poor here. And to meet two people that used to come out and, and protest with me in front of Nancy Pelosi's offices, and know that that those people they were they had a, a they each had a job and they had a car they were homeless they lived in their van because even having two jobs and a car was not enough okay and and so you know the what 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 San Francisco has done to address many of their local problems has actually worked because within within four or five days I ran up and down Market Street every day at three in the morning because I'm 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 late night okay. None of those people bothered me. And that one of the reasons is because uh, they, they've made it so that all of the, like there's, the police cannot, they, they don't go and arrest people for doing drugs. Even though it's right out in the open, they're not hurting anybody and nobody gets hurt. They don't bother you. Nobody bothers you, which was, which was crazy to me, okay? But uh, what they're not doing is they're not addressing the income inequality caused by, by what Facebook and Google are doing. And so they're, they're kind of just kind of glossing over the fact and just letting the people have their tents and letting the people do this because they've reached this like, like uh, equilibrium where it's okay. But I don't think that okay is enough. And I think that, that Ronnie Ray has a, um, has a, uh, has a service that he could provide that can easily be run out nationally. Now as a city councilman, now how would a, a uh, nonprofit or, or, if, if this nonprofit, if this were made into like some kind of government or city program, how would that impact you? If, if all of a sudden the people of Mendota were able to have access to, uh, you know, housing in which they would never take more than 30% of their, of their total wages. That would be great. Honestly. Um, you know, we do have nonprofits here who do help from families in need. Um, you know, we do have a, a housing problem here in the city, and I think it'll be great. You know, to find housing. You know, for families here that, um, you know, are bunched into one housing. That's the problem we have in the city: is six families in one house. And you know, and to have the opportunity to have, uh, you know, give, provide these families opportunity for more housing and 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 um, you know, to live in, that'll be great. That'll solve one of our problems here in the city. Okay, now there are three people running for Congress here. Jim Squires is in Texas 22. Lauren is running for uh, Arkansas 3. And Liam is in uh, Indiana uh, 09, if I, I think I got all this right. Now, they're not in Congress now. However, you said that the, the people in Congress are not, are not listening to you. So I, I would like to ask a question. I'd like you to ask a question of the candidates and you know, and then see how they respond to see to to give you like a platform. Like it, it's this is like um practice practice for both the candidates and and for for Jose who's in city council on how you approach and and then see like what what it is how we can help each other from there. Hello, Mister Alonzo. Hey, I just want to throw this out here. The biggest thing that you could do is get involved with mutual aid and and help the members of your community. Like, uh, I know that it's real slim out there. I'm a 
former resident of Madeira. I know you know what that where that's at. Yeah. Um, and I used to work in downtown Fresno. So there's a lot of people out there who who are a would be happy to be a voter for you, and two, uh, there's a lot of people out there who who you know are um, living paycheck to paycheck, and that's that's putting it you know. Um, uh, boldly, <laughs> they're they're rolling nickels for macaroni and cheese. It's not it's not it's not great out there, and it's only getting worse. You know, between uh, there's just no jobs out there. There's 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 no industry out there. Feels like I mean, unless you you're out there, you know, um, I don't know, doing like the real real hard jobs, and even those are just not paying. So I understand how how it is, but um, it, it speaks volumes whenever you go out there and you. And you, you're like, hey, look, we're all we're all in this boat together, or let's try to help each other out because nobody nobody is uh, is is helping us out. So let me let me put forward my efforts to make show you that somebody out is out there who wants to help you out, and you're going to get a lot of voters that way. Like it, it is what it is, and and some people will push back. They'll call you a socialist or whatever. I'm a socialist. Don't let anybody. Call you a socialist if you're not a socialist. If you're a socialist, embrace it. You know, be genuine with people. Be real with people. You know, people be real with you. Now, you got you got a huge Latino um, population out there, and you have a huge Asian population out there. Those are two population like that. That's well over fifty percent of your constituency in Fresno, California alone. Um, um, those get out there and, and, and show them that you're, that you're, you're doing work. You know, that's, that's the, that's the majority of the votes that you need right there. Um, and if you're not, if you're not just talking the talk, if you're actually walking the walk, it's going to go a long way, my brother. Anyway, that's it. I'm off my soapbox. Yeah. And if, if, if Jim or if Lauren, I mean, Jose, if you want to ask a question and if Jim and Lauren, if you guys want to interact with Jose too, I'd really, I'd really appreciate that. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, like, um, I spoke to uh, my assemblyman, Arambula, and we was talking about getting more funds for you know, our projects, you know, because um, in Dota's a low-income community, we survive off $6 million a year just for our community alone, which is, you know, it's not very good at all. So, you know, we go out there and, and ask for help for our city, and one of the things I told our assemblyman is, how do you feel and that your city that your city that's in your district that you see today published was the worst city in the United States to live in. And um he just stood quiet, you know, he had no answer, which, you know, I know it's old news, but it still bothered me in a way because, you know, it's still number one, ranked number one. Um so we I wanna change that, you know, that's why I'm asking for the house, but like I feel like I'm, I feel like I get the old political answer, which I don't want that. You know, I I don't like to show. What, what is the old political answer? They just tell me, uh, what he pretty much he told me is that, uh, oh, I know I I helped, which he didn't he did not help at all. Oh, I helped. We tried, and we'll get back to you. That's the political. That's what he told me pretty much. And after I told him about Mendota being the, being ranked the worst city in the United States, um, what I want to ask people from Congress, what will you do to help rural communities in, in California or the, or the United States? Communities that get ignored, like Mendota, Farba, San Joaquin, and all these communities, what will you do to help these people and, and myself to help these cities grow into, you know, better cities and, um, you know, well, like, you know, just grow into city and, and have all these things 
so people can live here and be like, wow, look, Mendota is growing. Thanks to our congressmen, thanks to our city council, thanks to our state level uh, legislators. What will you do to help out rural communities and help them grow? Uh, Jim, Jim or Lauren, well, I, Liam already spoke earlier. I'd really like to hear from you if you want, if you have an answer for that. Lauren, you want to go ahead since I had that last? Yeah, sorry, I'm struggling with buttons. Um, I'll follow you. So one of the like our areas here that are are left out a lot is one of them is I grew up in um, where I kind of call my hometown, and it's it's one of those places that literally hasn't changed in 20 years, and you've got degrading buildings and houses and it's not a place that anybody wants to move to even though they're they've got really decent schools because they've been able to participate in some of the um state funded pilot programs but other than that there's not anything really drawing people to those areas besides um cheap land <laughs> um what i would like to see because a lot of those people are pretty much our poverty driven people or they're, they're living in poverty. Maybe only have one person working, but they don't really have access. They didn't go to college. They may or may not have transportation. My focus is really going to be on bringing in types of educational spaces, whether it's through uh, partnerships with the high schools or even figuring out how to bring in some um, mobile like tech opportunities where they can learn new trades that they maybe didn't have access to because of transportation or just because they didn't know how to have access to it so that they can up their level of skills and hopefully be able to look for jobs that they're not able to right now and or start their own business you know if they learn how to be a mechanic or a carpenter or whatever because you've got those people in the rural areas that really like to support local and if they know the people that are are providing those services they're going to be better supported Okay, and now and now, Jose, what what was it that you said that that they that 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 you get told all the time that really pisses you off when they say I tried to help or or yeah, uh, I'll get back to you. Yes, yeah, I tried or I get back to you as soon as I can. Which so uh, everybody needs to realize that that's probably not something that you want to say to your local city council people when you're when you guys get into office because you know what, first, uh, Lauren, I want you to know you you are are I'm just so amazed with the Arkansas. Uh, uh, delegation, I, I really am, and you guys are so put together. And and I hope that like for for Jim, okay, and, and that I really hope that you can look at, at Lauren because the the Arkansas delegation they are, I think they they went Trump twenty five percent over most everything, but I'm seeing such amazing candidates coming out of there, and that they're working. They gave me the idea to, to work together. And, and I think that it's working. And so if we start seeing, you know, ways which we can help each other and the ways we, we help each other may not always be the most direct. Okay. For, for instance, all right. Now, Liam, you just talked about mutual aid. Okay. Now there's a woman, her name is Pia Mancini. She's from Argentina. And what she did is she established something called Open Collective. Now, Open Collective is an open source platform because when you do open source work, open source work is done for free. That's how the open source wor world works. They get you, there are millions of people that can do that can do code at some level, and so they all contribute to a program. And millions of people add up to a lot more of work than just ten people that are paid to do. And so that it's so. But she wanted to establish a way for for people to be able to make money doing those things. And so um, 
she's she's set things up to where people can can create a um, a physical sponsor, and then other collectives can sign up underneath them and use their bank account and become immediately gain nonprofit status. And and in most cases uh, in the U.S., they have the Open Collective Foundation. And if you're doing non-political stuff, you can work underneath their, their nonprofit. All right. And so the one of the biggest things that Open Collective does now is mutual aid. I talked about this before with Natalie because I, I've worked over the last seven months to set up a physical sponsor. Uh, Snowden has been helping me tirelessly. And we're very close to, to doing that. But um, now, Lauren, right after the tornadoes hit, I'm not sure where, where AR3 uh, is. But I know that, um, th you know, things were, were messy after the tornadoes because tornadoes that hit um, Kentucky hit northeastern uh, Arkansas as well. Yeah, and I'm on the total so, opposite side. Yeah. And so I was trying to rush to finish the fiscal host so that because I told Natalie, I said, you know, Natalie, I can get um, groups, mutual aid groups signed up, uh, you know, underneath my, my fiscal host so that you guys can budget and stuff like this. And the reason I'm telling you all this is, first of all, it's good to know, all right, it's because, uh, but secondly, this is how I'm working with all the candidates here. I'm working on a give and a get. I've started a relational database and, and I'm keeping, I'm literally keeping track. I'm like, oh my gosh, I told this person that, that, you know, I, this person has this and this person has that. Baxter Stable, Stapleton, great candidate in Ohio's 10th, running in a really red district and you, you should look at him, Jim. Okay, his motto is uh, multiply, not divide. I, I'm looking into the candidates and seeing what you guys can have to offer. And so he's running for, for office. He's running for Congress and he's trying to make Congress his job. He wasn't integrating what he used to do into what he's doing now. And what he what he used to do is he used to work for Will I Am, And and that was really, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, we really can do voter aid. And so there's going to become a point where, where I'm going to have to ask him for that. And so that I'm going to, you know, have to have a get, but when I do that get, I'm going to give him a gift. All right. And so uh, like, I'm trying to do that so that I can, first of all, help every single person here, because I don't want to have to ask you for something and not have something to give you. All right. But I, si since I started doing this, it's been successful. Okay. Because I'm having, I'm not having people like Lauren, you seen, I'll give you, uh, you it, it, expect it. You will have a ton of, if you talk to me, you're going to have a ton, like a wall of text for me. And I know that I talk a lot. The problem is I don't want to have to talk a lot. I don't want to have to do all this. So I'm just, I want, I'm throwing stuff at the wall and, 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 uh, you know, just making sure that as many, uh, uh, as many as something like, and, and so Jim, uh, you know, I have a list of 600 different progressive organizations. All right. And so I don't, I don't know your exact politics and I'm not going to judge your exact politics. You're, you're running as a Democrat. I, I, that means I know you want to save democracy. Okay. But if there are tools, if there are tools like that, that I can offer you, I would love to be able to do that. And, and if anybody, Josh Garcia has been here for a while. If you and also, also, um, Swarovski for Congress is on the phone. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, if, uh, then if we want to let Josh speak and then, uh, I just offered Shawas the ability to, um, to be a speaker. I'd love to hear from you guys. How's it going, you guys? Interesting discussion. Um, a little bit about me, um, 
I'm from Northeast Ohio. Um, I'm from the beautiful Rust Belt state. Um, I live in Lorraine, Ohio. Um, very interesting to hear um, you guys speak about, you know, our gerrymandering and stuff that's going on. And I'm sure you've seen Ohio uh, Supreme Court struck down um, the gerrymandering maps that were just redone and um, DeWine certified back in December. So we'll know by the end of the week. Um, currently, our state rep was drawn out uh, where I'm at. And a new district was drawn. And um, I want, I want Jim, I was listening to you. Run, run your races if you're trying to win. Let me, let me, I'm going to tell you this why. Um, I also served for um, against Jim Jordan. I was Ohio's uh, representative uh, for director of outreach. And we collected a lot of data from that Joe Biden race. And we were able to connect um, with a lot of people. And Shannon Freshour ran a real race. She connected with every city council person. Um, she made sure each state representative person was running, whether they were going to win or lose, that she kind of mirrored herself to them. And even though she was very um, moderate, she also was willing to help out the progressive. Um, now, let me give you a perfect example why not to give up when we come to our gerrymandering. Um, Jennifer Brunner, who is our former... Um, Secretary of State here in Ohio. She's a well-known Democrat. You got to think Ohio voted Trump 53% to Biden 45. Okay. Jennifer Brunner won her Supreme Court seat of Ohio with a 55-44. So she basically flipped 10% the other way. And because we got her into office, um, we're able to fix, try to hopefully fix our gerrymandering. And the biggest thing, Jim, is just to start collecting data and Jose, on kind of your, um, I think maybe he's off now. Is he off now? Um, no. Uh, where was Jose? I, yeah, I don't see Jose now. Yeah. So, so you guys. So the city of Lorraine is, has all Democratic council now, and is had one independent. I try to get the LGBTQ flag up, and they kind of stonewalled me from being able to get it up. And basically. I posted everybody on Facebook, um, all my political connections I had. And I said, everyone has 72 hours to get back to me. Um, they ended up not getting back to me city council. And then the mayor got back to me so I could put the flag up for a day. This was two years ago. And I got the flag up. Well, I didn't want city council to get away with it without having to say that they support the LGBTQ community or not. So I pushed some legislation through city council because I knew a couple of the council people. And before I knew it, I ended up... Uh, getting city council to pass a resolution that June would be the uh, city would recognize it as pride month. And I had the flag uh, fly for a whole month this month. And I have been able to push myself to the point where I can possibly run for the, either the new drawn as it stands um, 51st district of Ohio or run for the state Senate seat, which would be very difficult because um, Nathan Manny and Gail Manny, you guys don't know who they are, but they're mother and son that flip flop seats and have a lot of power in the state of Ohio. And, um, but I've been able to work in an area that's very rural. And the one thing I keep getting from people around here, um, infrastructure is going to be a big thing coming up in a lot of areas. And I think right now, I think it's people's pocketbooks, the, from the working class has been extremely ignored. 
So I've been doing this unique um, idea to kind of like push a narrative against a Republican in the debate. So you, so we can start building. It's I, Justin. I'd like your um, opinion on this, and I call it the OTP forty, and it's something where I will have local politicians here within the next few weeks um, supporting my platform and some people that I've talked to, and I call it the overtime protection plan. Basically, we would no longer tax people after their fortieth hour. So now, we when you, I feel like the the working person, like over the past three years, has been has not been incentivized. So basically, when I have discussions that re- in front of Republicans or things like that, I say, you know what, Let, let's talk about actually giving people their money. So when, like, for instance, a nurse that might work 50, 60, 70 hours, could you imagine if she wasn't taxed her overtime pay, could immediately keep that pay, could immediately pay their college loans. So it's basically, I am a progressive. I am for the $15 minimum wage. I am for all these progressive ideas. But at the same time, how can you how can we form new legislative law, another platform to add to what we've already done for the working class? And Bern, for very unique, Bernie Sanders was able to tap the unions, you know, during his campaign, which a lot of people don't understand. But coming from Ohio, you know, when he was against NAFTA in the 90s, you know, he, he garnered a lot of union support. So basically, I'm pushing the same narrative, like, let's get back to like, protecting the union but at the same time why don't we talk about people's money because i worked at fedex freight i know what it's like to work past, past uh, the... now, josh hold on so you said you used to work at the union how familiar are you with with uh labor organizing so labor labor organizing i've not done labor organizing but my family's been part of the unions for a long time unions big here um where i'm at northeast ohio and the the thing is we're, here, here, here's the thing that we talk about here in Ohio. Our unions are still endorsing the Democrats, but the union members aren't voting Democrat is the problem. So we've lost touch base to our steel workers. We've lost touch base to our nursing unions. We've lost base to our um, Ford workers, our UAWs of the world, where my mom was, you know, a Ford worker. My grandpa was a Ford worker for, you know, retired at 40 years. So basically we have to get back to how do we get these people that we've lost that are just right there in the middle, you know, and how, how do we get them to come back across the other way? And the, the biggest thing I keep hearing from people around here right now is, is, is their, their money and the value of their money. And Liam shout out to Indiana's ninth district. My mom lives down there. She transferred with the Ford plant when I was 10 years old. So I do understand that area. Trey Hollinsworth is a very unique individual to use his daddy's money and move into the area and push a bunch of Republicans around and uh, knows nothing about Southern Indiana knows just to come in and steal a seat. He's a snake. So congratulations on running against him. So I'm, I'm well-versed in many areas. I've done political stuff out in South Dakota. I lived out in Colorado for a second um, in Grand Junction. So I've seen a broad base. And what the one thing I got everybody I've, I've been, I've been analyzing keeping data for this OTP 40 idea of mine. If you guys can somehow use this to say, hey, look, we're not going to tax people after the 40th hour. We want that at all levels, all levels of government. That's a really interesting. Now that I now and see, you should have said that earlier. I, I didn't I didn't understand. You're talking about not taxing people after working 40 hours. That's a hell of a good idea. So basically, That's- basically what I'm doing now, and I'm glad I'm in this forum with all of you. What we're going to do is. I, I'm still progressive. And if you don't and if you can look me up and I'm, not, I'm willing to share this. 
I ran against Marcy Kafter. She's the longest serving woman in Congress. And um, she's been in there quite some time. And I ran against her in 2018. And everyone told me I was crazy. I'd get less than 5% of the vote. Well, my county, I ended up with 22% against her, Lorraine County. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I learned from that is I went to Cuyahoga County, which is next door, which is the county for Cleveland. I went to a, a Young Dems function. And I said, you know, you guys, she supports the Na- she supports the Keystone Pipeline. You would have thought, they looked at me like I was crazy, like like I was lying. I said, she does. And I said, she did not support the LGBTQ community until 2014. And Dennis Kucinich, if you guys know who he is, he's a very well-known congressperson um, around here. Um, he pushed her on that. And she never supported, never came out for $15 minimum wage. And all of a sudden, you know, a couple years later, she does. And when I pushed her on the LGBTQ flag, I contacted her office. My phone rang three times. It was Marcy Kaptur called me, first time I've ever talked to her. And she made she made sure to make sure that, that flag was up and pushed. So basically, I've put a lot of pressure. I know every city, city council person in the area. I've marketed myself and been able to build a platform where, hey, you know, I came out gun hole in 2018 but i never gave up i helped out many races i just uh helped a woman get elected on city council um so now all of our lorraine city councils all controlled not all controlled but it's first for the first time it's controlled by women there's more women than men and i've been able to lay a platform but this otp 40 is important you guys because if you can if you can get in debate with a republican you can get a debate with your local city it doesn't matter what area of government if you can go to somebody and say, look, I'm going to tax you 40th hour. Now this infrastructure bill that both Democrats and Republicans want to pass. And they're going to say, wow, what are you, are you going to debate that we're not going to tax you after 40th hour and your bonus pay? So okay. you can talk to the working person. And when you start to talk to the working person and their money, then they're going to listen to you on other things. They're going to be like, okay, you know, I, I, the Republicans say, you know what? I don't agree with Josh and other things, but guess what? He's going to protect, he's going to protect my value work. He's going to protect what I've done. You know, and then that's, basically what what can you garner in in your aspect of how how you can help the working class and i think if we can connect to that and build i call it the um middle out effect so the trickle down um if we do the middle out effect then we're helping the middle class so somebody that's my family originally was poor and then my grandpa was able to work it forward and get us to the middle class my family was able to take risks where my mom opened a business it didn't work as well as she wanted so she could fall back to the middle class and like me, I started my own business last year, Bubble Tea Food Truck, selling wonderful bubble tea. And um, so th- this is a unique idea. And I, I, you guys can speak hey, I think, I think, I think, Josh, I think that this is a great idea. Um, now, Shawaz, I, I'm, I, uh, I'm ready to get to you in just, in just a moment. You uh, Liam, I see your, just one second, Shawaz. Liam, I see your hand up. Now, before, I'm going to let you guys speak in just a second. I, there's a few things I want to say to Josh, okay? First of all, you're you have a lot of sports stuff on your your twitter feed okay and when snowden told me that you're on here i said don't let him talk and the reason is because there are a lot of trolls out there and they're using uh lots of images of sports stuff just to look uh, okay and i've I've been trolled a couple of times so you might want to make your pin tweet something uh, something about to your to your can your candidacy candidacy rather than having a sports tweet only because that it was my first reaction so you know as right now i've none, none of us as respect to where we're at right now in our county none of us announced any of our races because we don't know where the district is going to be so mm-hmm. I, I was not going to announce because if joe if my friend joe miller 
who's our uh, representative okay. is drawn back in. Right. I, I will not okay. run against him. We don't want to cause confusion right now until until we firmly know what it's going to look like this weekend. Totally okay, well, makes just, sense. Just, Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, yeah. But just 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 so you know, if you had any problems, either, the, a lot of the trolls I've been trolled. I had Brent Henrik on here, and he was talking about because pro-choice is important to him and, and somebody came on and, and crashed our show. They were screaming baby killer. And so I, I try to stay away from people with sports stuff. So I'm just letting you know. Um, secondly, um, I, all of you, again, follow Baxter Stapleton. He's running in, in uh, Ohio's 10th. And he's got, he's got, he's a amateur filmmaker. He's got a lot of strength and he talks, he, his, his slogan is multiply, not divide. Okay, and and he he really seems to speak really well to to, to his district in Dayton. I think that you might be able to pick up off of that. Uh, thirdly, you had talked about Jim Jordan. Everyone should be aware of this. Jim Jordan is in is in the same district. If people say things like, "How can he be in office so long?" Well, the office the the district that he was in, it just so happens that that is the same district that was in two thousand and four was was that the center of uh, the voting rights uh, voting issues with the voting discrepancies that caused uh, Ohio to tilt. So right. uh, now uh, I've been working a lot with Jenny Cohn. Jenny Cohn is an election security uh, um, and election, uh, you know, election reform advocate. And I've done a lot of research for her. And uh, I feel very strongly because I helped her get a congressional hearing started uh, in Zoe Lofgren's district, in which um, we got the heads of ESNS and uh, Smartmatic and every and Dominion all there to speak. ESNS has has to, uh, the issues that can lead to vote flipping, and this is a real issue. And it was one one of the reasons that they pushed the big lie so much is to because they always talk about Dominion, they always talk about Smartmatic, they never talk about ESNS. But ESNS is is in uh, Lindsey Graham's district. It's in Susan Collins' district. It's in Mitch McConnell's, and so that is a, that is a real issue. The fourth and final thing before I hand over to Shawaz um, is you you talked about unions. Now I, I established a group in video in uh, San Francisco uh, with uh, me and others established uh, helped found a group called Vigil for Democracy to push for impeachment. Okay, uh, and while I was there, now what we're doing currently is the people at the vigil have, have done amazing things. They shut down the Golden Gate Bridge, okay? We helped, we helped organize a flash mob of people, 2,000 people from across the country with, with three days notice to get them to DC, paid for their airfare, paid for their, for, for their housing, and we took over the Senate Heart Building. In October, we had the People versus Fossil Fuels in which we, the, we had indigenous people that took over the Bureau of Indian Affairs. So, so right now what we're doing is, is, uh, you know, Jim, I think you realize you said it before that you're in this to, to save democracy. Well, we, the people are the last guardrail. And, and so, um, what, what we're hoping to do is, is work towards a general strike or at least understanding how to organize enough people to engage a general strike. It takes a lot of work. What I've noticed though, is that organizing protesters is a lot like labor organizing and labor organizing is a lot like campaign organizing. And yeah. so we kind of, if I'm going to, I'm going to be working on, um, on uh, doing 
issues on the strikes uh, using uh, using the Wall of Moms account, which has fifty thousand followers. So if you can get me in contact, I would love. To, I would prefer to have, if possible, a female. Okay, a, a, a female candidate that knows labor organizing. If you could find me that. If not, you or 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 some another candidate. I would love to give you the the uh, ability to use that platform to help other people use your knowledge about uh, or, uh, union organizing, so that we can, you know, I mean, it would help the candidate, it would help my group, it would help the Wall of Moms, it would help the people that that want to protect America, and we it would help everybody. So if you would like to do that, um, I'll let you respond, and then we'll go to Shawaz after this. And I see your hand up, Liam. We'll get you after Shawaz, okay? Yeah, so, I mean, organizing is important um, I'm, in any way. Like, And what, what I found unique um, when I was working, we were running against Jim Jordan, which we call the Duck District because the district looks like a duck, and then they redrawn it. It looks even worse. You guys can see Ohio's maps that they redrawn in December. They look worse than they did initially. So um, organizing is what I've noticed, especially in our rural areas, um, it's very hard to get the Democrats back amped up again, but we have slowly gotten them to come out and organize. Um, I know that we've been able to put on a couple strikes here. Um, Tim Ryan's been pretty good at putting some things together, and uh, I have his contact um, to work with his campaign once they get going when he's running for um, Senate here. So, um, yeah, any, anything I can do to help and maybe have a conversation off this about, you know, a little more about the organizations and um, what really yeah, what you I'm need. Putting, I'm putting together uh, off channel, uh, like like on a regular phone. Now I'm using an app called Signal. Signal is the protocol that encrypts, uh, that, that secures WhatsApp and Messenger, okay? And the, the uh, guy who's playing WhatsApp, didn't like what, what what Facebook did with what's with WhatsApp, so he re, he took all of his billions and he he founded the Signal campaign, the Signal Foundation, which which makes it's an app so that it's secure and it allows group messaging, it allows secure voice over IP, it allows secure group calls, uh, video conferencing, and we can create groups. and I, I've created a coalition room, and I have Ronnie Ray Jenkins in there and Amaro Lionheart, who's running for governor for Florida. And I have a few people's uh, numbers. If you guys will download the app, what, what's happening is like, I'm just using it to, to, to get people together, but also like, what do you need? Oh, you need, I, I don't work. The, I, my, my partner is 66 years old. He's working a full-time job so that I can continue doing this. And so while, I'm, while I have the chance, I just, if I can help you guys and you know, if it, I, I'll do it. And so if we can all work together as a group, if you guys want to do that. Yeah, definitely. And anything you guys need. And uh, i give you a perfect, Jim, one more thing, example. Start collecting your data. So, for instance, when Shannon ran for um, Congress, every, every impact or contact we had on Facebook, Twitter, whatever it was, we found their voter registration. And uh, I had my staff that I hired. I had them outlined. So I've got like 4,000 direct contacts to us, whether they gave, whether we got their email, their phone number, and that way you can, you know, start building your database because at the end of the day, um, we, you have, you, you're going to build, you know, your platform for the future. So data is very important. So whether, you know, you're helping on another campaign or thing, and then being able to share that with people as well, which I've been able to do, sign placements, all that kind of stuff, and um, that'll help you in the future. 
That, that's... Also, can I let me make a suggestion to you? Sorry, Justin. It's but fine. On uh, Justin's um, Twitter feed, there's a a candidate uh, sign up, also, and we encourage you to go ahead and sign that because then we can keep in touch with you through that as well. Yeah, well, I, I've been going out of my way, and and I'm a spreadsheet kind of guy. I'm really, I, Josh, if you DM me your number, we can get in touch after this. Because if what you're doing, I can I can show other candidates. If you if I see what you did, I can show them free tools because there's a, a tool called Notion, which mm -hmm. is a relational database. It is super intuitive to use, and that give that gift that I was telling you guys about. I've, I'm keeping track of it. I have a list of contacts of every of all of you guys, and so I'm keeping all the contacts in there. And then I have a list of, of all of the organizations. So the organizations are, are campaigns, but the organizations might be vendors, like their call hub, who I worked with to, to try to get software for um, political campaigns. And so I, I, I've, um, you know, like it, your guys are going to be dealing with a lot of information. And so that's one way that I am able to do all of this for all of you guys. It's the only way that I'm, I was, I'm able to organize it. Oh yeah, Google, and, um, Google, Google, Google spreadsheets becomes your <laughs> becomes your best friend. Real quick, yeah, this, this is no, like you, Google spreadsheets on steroids. It's, you know, really with FileMaker Pro, it's similar. Yeah, no, I mean it is it is insane what you can do because you can make you you can make any kind of, of database, but you can uh -huh. have any kind of view. And so if you have a list of candidates, you can do it as a list view or like as a card view or as a board view, and then. Nice. If you if you have the candidates or like when you when you spoke to them, and you have that as as a date, you can you can do it as a calendar view. And so you can, yeah, and so like this for 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 candidates, I think this is a great way of organizing things, so that you can know who have you talked to, how who which what constituent do you need to get to, what city council people do you get to, because. You know, uh, Snowden, Snowden, I was yelling at her. I was like, I am not putting him in my relational database. She said, why? I said, because I can go over all the names and put all the names in there, but that will never, like, there's only a finite set of people that I know. And so no. all of those people that I know and have access to, I want to have that. And so with that, it's, sorry. It's, it's, sorry, it's been really interesting since I collected that data and I kind of organized everything here in the for Lorraine County and Ohio's fourth. I've sat down, so we, we, we took the women's club in our city, and I helped them create the county women's club now. So now I, I completely combined um, all our women for the county, and we used our database. And the older politicians you look up to, you know, you're like, you go in the room when, you know, you first started, and you're kind of intimidated. And now they're coming to you like, man, Josh, that's awesome. You did that. How do I do that? You know, I'm helping out judges and certain things, and I'm helping them with their data. So I'm like the young one that they all want where I came out annoying, but now they're like, okay, this kid knows what he's doing. <laughs> so yeah. Better, yeah. So it's been, it's been a fun ride and I've been it, able to help out several campaigns and win give races. Me, so. Give me your number. DM me, DM me your number. Cause we'll, we'll definitely stay in touch. I mean, I can even get in touch with, with, um, I can get in touch with you after, after this. Yeah, um, and I really, I want to be able to give Shawaz a chance to talk and yeah, go, ahead, to go around. You can stick around if you want, yeah, but I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to give Shawaz. You've been so patient. I'm sorry, um, and I'd, I'd love I'd love to hear about your campaign, what you're doing with it, and with some hurdles that you might be facing. 
Well, thank you so very much for uh, allowing me an opportunity to say hello and speak tonight. I, I saw this pop up on my phone on Twitter, and I said, hey, let me check this out. Uh, so allow me to introduce myself for everyone. I am Shawaski Young. I am a Democratic candidate here in Mississippi's third congressional district. Um, I have already qualified on the federal level, and they will be qualifying for the ballot here in this upcoming week. Uh, I am a fifth-generation Mississippian. And I have uh, previously worked for the Obama administration and multiple Democratic parties across the country, including two presidential campaigns for President Barack Obama and also Secretary Hillary Clinton. Uh, and most recently, uh, I've ran a ballot measure campaign in Oakland, California, uh, after being with the California Democratic Party for some time during the 2018 midterm races. Uh, and right uh, before I came back to Mississippi last year, I was with the San Francisco Bar Association and Justice and Diversity Center, serving on their executive team for the past two and a half years. Um, I grew up in a family deeply rooted in civil rights. I am coming to you live from Philadelphia, Mississippi, in Neshoba County, uh, which is infamous for the 1964 civil rights slaying. Uh, my grandfather was the NAACP president in this county uh, during that specific uh, time in our history. Uh, so community service and um, helping others and being in the business of helping others ha uh, was a tenet of how I actually grew up and one of the reasons why I've always started out in public service. Um, I attended Jackson State University, uh, HBCU here in Mississippi, um, and also, of course, started my career out at the uh, Mississippi Secretary of State's office, uh, training election commissioners how to run elections. That was my first job right out of college back in 2007. So I've been around politics all my life always was committed to public service. And I'm really excited about this race because we've gotten off to a great start uh, this past uh, July. We actually launched the campaign and, you know, having served in so many different facets of uh, politics and working on different campaigns and working with many candidates uh, before, I knew exactly what we needed to do. And the first thing I did was put an amazing team around me uh, consultants that, you know, are throughout the entire country that have worked at the DCCC, worked at the DNC, very close friends of mine, uh, as well as uh, a lot of folks that I've, I've met along the way. Uh, so we launched a campaign. We have a great website. Uh, it's at shawaskiyoung.com. Again, that's shawaskiyoung.com. And of course, my Twitter handle here on Twitter is at shawaskiyoung. Uh, on that website, we lay out a, lay out a great economic policy agenda. Uh, there's a great campaign video that's there. We'll be doing a new one uh, coming up pretty soon. And right now in this particular race, uh, we see what's happening. Uh, Michael Guest, who's the incumbent uh, Republican that's uh, currently in the seat, was elected in 2018 uh, and has never faced a, ser a serious and viable candidate uh, in this particular past uh, couple of years of him holding that office. Uh, as I actually started this race off, I met with all the folks that would be major uh, in this particular race and being uh, successful. Uh, I've been very uh, supported by AFL-CIO, the NAACP, the Mississippi Democratic Federation of Women. Uh, been moving very forward with talking with a lot of uh, policy uh, shapers around the entire state. Very close with the Mississippi Democratic Party, who is very excited about the candidacy as well. And, you know, right now there is one other person who uh, is thinking about actually actually running. Most folks in the state of Mississippi has never heard of this particular gentleman believes that he is a Republican plant because that's kind of the games they play here in Mississippi and other states as well uh, in order to split the vote. Uh, but we're, you know, concentrating on putting out a great ground game uh, this time around in this particular election. 
Uh, we're going to talk about the issues that bring people together and not divide us. Uh, then that's talking about economics. And I just want to give a, a great shout out. Uh, I believe it's Josh uh, who was talking about uh, the overtime OT40 um, notion and, and, and plan. I think that's a great uh, policy measure and definitely does speak to the middle class out versus uh, top down uh, Reaganomics, as we all know it. Uh, so we're excited about this particular campaign. I'm excited about uh, the way in which we've been covered in the, the media a little bit uh, when the campaign actually started out. I'm excited how folks are responding to the candidacy. And I've been talking with a lot of uh, white Republicans in suburban areas, and they are, one, embarrassed by what happened on January 6th, two, embarrassed by what happened with George Floyd, three, embarrassed by the reputation of our state. And they look forward to an opportunity to be represented by someone who, one, has a, a high level of respect for the values of this country uh, and also progressive and moderate politics as well, but also the values of Mississippi. And I think that with this particular candidacy, we have an opportunity to uh, really reshape uh, what we have not been able to do before, and that is get equal representation at the federal level here in Mississippi, because we have four congressional districts. But at this particular point, uh, Benny Thompson is the one sole uh, Democrat that's actually representing the state. I've spoken with him. I've also spoken with uh, Secretary Mike Espy, who ran for U.S. Senate uh, some time ago, uh, last time around, but unfortunately didn't win that. Uh, and one of the things that they all had told me is organize, organize, organize. You know, we have the people, but they have to have a candidate that they're enthusiastic about and they have to have a policy agenda that they believe in. Uh, so I'm excited about the candidacy. I'm excited about the team that we have in place. I look forward to how we've been able to expand our team lately and really kick off a great voter registration opportunity as we move forward. But more importantly, we know this is going to be almost a million dollar race or more. Uh, in order to be competitive and actually win and also hire the people that we need to hire to make sure that we have an amazing ground game. And I'm going to feel organizer first. I, you know, started out uh, working on President Obama's campaign in Las Vegas, Nevada, battleground state as a field organizer in East Las Vegas. And I've worked on many different campaigns since. And, you know, campaigns are one at the doors and they're one on the phones. So I want to make sure that, you know, at the end of the day, whatever happens in this race, um, if it's not fortunate that I actually win, I think I will. I believe I will. Uh, but it will be because, you know, I didn't articulate a vision and put the proper people around me in order to get that done. So every day, you know, I'm on the phones, I'm talking to uh, not just donors and things of that nature, but also people who care mostly about uh, how we can actually make the state better and how we can actually increase Medicaid expansion, increase uh, the amount that folks uh, who are working part of the working class um, families are here in this state, how we can actually make their lives better. So I'm talking with them, getting ideas from them. Of course, we'll have posters and things of that nature that, you know, kind of gauge who we need to talk to. We know right off right off the hand that we know there's about 69,000 African-American voters that we need to turn out. There's about 67,000 independent voters that we need to turn out, about 5,500 Republicans. And what we're seeing right now is a concerted effort with Republicans to really redraw the district lines in a way that's going to make it easier for Republicans to win and harder for Democrats. Well, easier for Republicans to win and harder uh, for Democrats to ever have a chance at changing that. So we have seen our district lines actually changed. We lost two counties down in southwest Mississippi that we were already working in. That's OK, because our ground game was always going to be we're going to go in every county down to the precinct level. And that also means working with local officials uh, like the Board of Supervisors and aldermen and councilmen and councilwomen all across the different state. So we're going to be working really closely with a lot of firms that. Uh, give us the ability to have the data that we actually need uh, to be able to reach out to folks and 
uh, expand our list uh, and make sure that, you know, we're talking to folks in a, a really effective way and that I'm on every occasion uh, talking with county parties across the state, going to those Democratic executive committee meetings, uh, because as I stated uh, before I wrap up here, uh, organizing has been the uh, the catalyst uh, in the way in which we have been losing here in Mississippi. So, you know, we want to make sure our party is organized. And I told our chairman, Tyree Irving, that, you know, day one, that's what I would be doing uh, with this candidacy is going around the state, bringing Democrats together, making sure that folks have the proper information that they need to uh, distribute across the state, making sure that we have a strategy that's in place. It's going to be a first class campaign uh, that the state's never seen. And I'm really happy about the opportunity to do that. I'm really happy to uh, represent uh, this particular opportunity for a district. Uh, I feel confident about the Democratic nomination that's going to be on June the 7th. Um, and I'm looking forward to continue to do more interviews with uh, press. I've done so about two in the last week uh, and many others before that. I was on the front page of the statewide newspaper and folks have really uh, been taking a liking to the campaign. So, you know, lastly, I'll just say, you know, the slogan for, you know, this campaign is let's build together. And I think if you have an opportunity to visit com, or if you actually go uh, to my Twitter uh, page, you'll see the video there. It's pinned right at the top, you know, and it talks about uh, the things that we really want to focus on. Of course, the infrastructure bill ha uh, has already passed at the time of the video. Uh, that was a major focus of getting things done. Uh, the incumbent actually voted against that particular measure. Uh, so we're capitalizing on that. He voted against uh, the Freedom to Vote Act and the uh, John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. So we're focusing on that. Uh, but we, we need access to clean water and healthy uh, food and also affordable health care in the state. Uh, we need to make sure we're focusing on small businesses that have been hurt in the wake of COVID. We need to make sure that we're investing uh, in senior citizens and investing in middle class and working class families. And also, more importantly, as we all know, uh, protecting the right to vote. Uh, so that means democracy for all and protecting the ballot box. So, you know, regardless of what happens in the Senate, uh, we're going to continue to push forward with the message, push forward with turning out people to vote here on the ground and making sure day, every day in and day out, you know, that folks are receiving a well-crafted uh, message. And I think over the coming weeks, uh, once our team actually kicks into third gear, uh, or should I say second gear, we're in first gear now uh, for these first six months to see how things are going. And we're happy about that. Uh, but once we kick into second gear, I, I think that, you know, this will be a campaign that folks can be really proud of. The branding is really great. The messaging is really great. The people that are around uh, me that are advising me are wonderful folks that I know and trust and who love this country and love uh, the opportunity that it brings for immigrants and uh, folks alike from all different walks of life. And that's why I'm so happy to be born, raised and here in Mississippi. But more importantly, I'm happy that I've had an opportunity to live across this country in uh, so many different states from Florida to New York to Washington, D.C. and Virginia to California and Nevada. So, you know, being exposed to different cultures and demographic backgrounds, uh, I, I bring that that new moderate but progressive thought to Mississippi. I'm happy to talk about that in this race. So thank you so much for, for having me. I just want to say hello. Shawaski, um, I have to say that I am very excited to hear from you. First of all, because you're from Mississippi. Second of all, because I think that you could be an amazing bridge between progressives and 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 uh, because of your connections to to the Obama campaign and Hillary Clinton, so I'd like to introduce myself to you, and I'd like to let you know how what I'm trying to do, and how, because you haven't been, all of these other people have already heard it. They're probably like, oh God, he's going to go spiel again. But um, before I do that, Liam, I want you to notice how Shawaski spoke. Okay, and the thing is, is that when he said increasing access to to healthcare. 
the thing is, is that when we, when we put back Build Back Better and when we didn't achieve the things that we promised them, I cried when they took out a higher level education from, uh, when I knew that they were not going to let, because I went to school because of Barack Obama. I went back to school and got access to Pell Grants, was able to get my degree because of Barack Obama. I graduated in 1998. I went back to school in, in 2010. And it was so important to me what he did. The thing is, is that Build Back Better, when I knew that that wasn't going to happen, that that crushed me. And so one of the reasons that, that Democrats, I guess the new Democrats, speak the way they speak is because promising everyone has access to this one thing and knowing that there's going to be people standing in the way of that happening. That's why politicians speak the way they speak. And so I hope that you realize, expect, you know, you're, I'm proud of you being an Indiana 09 and being willing to take on the, 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 the role of a socialist. Okay. Because I don't think there's anything wrong with socialism. I just hope that you can see why other, um, races might frame things in the way they do it's i'm sure that shawaski would be for having everyone having universal health care because most democrats are the problem is how are we going to get there and so uh shawaski i want to let you know i'm just a normal person there's nobody paying me i'm not involved with any any group or anything um what i'm trying to do is build a coalition of like-minded candidates okay because what i'm seeing more and more often is a failure, like uh, just a failure of the DNC in order to get out to, to places. I, we're not getting out at all into, into any red state rural areas, okay? And now what I've done so far, and I'm very proud of, is I've connected with um, almost every uh, all of the delegation for Democrats in Arkansas. And I'm really excited about Arkansas. Lauren Mallet Hayes is here. Okay, we had Chris Jones on earlier. We had uh, Dan Whitfield, Natalie James. Um, and by the way, Lauren, if you can get Jesse Gibson, Jesse Gibson has such a good campaign announcement video. I would be really excited to get him out here. Okay, now I can reach out. Yeah, I, I would love. To, I'd love to speak with Jesse. He he's, he was great. I, I loved what he did. But um, now, what talking to all these candidates? Twitter Spaces has given me the opportunity, first of all, to be a normal person who, who isn't a politician and who's gotten all of these people together, okay? And secondly, it's given me the ability to, to do things like, hey, guys, you're all on the same page. Why don't you work together? And it's so far, it's been very successful. And so I'm trying to do things like softening the blow for any, any person that might, that might win or lose a primary, making, uh, helping people be, be able to talk in the same room, even if they're primary, primary each other. Okay. Now, more than that, we're working on things like voter aid. If you remember um, from uh, the 1980s, Shawaski, that they used to have Band-Aid, Farm Aid, and things of that nature, which were, which were big charity events. I have an idea for voter aid. Okay, because voting rights is such a such a strong, strong issue. And so what I believe is that we should um, have a set of national uh, concerts. And instead of going to Los Angeles and and to I mean, to uh, Dallas, to Denver, I want to go to Little Rock and I want to go to Bowling Green, Kentucky. 
Baton Rouge. Can, and can, I mean, could you imagine a big concert in Johnson, Tennessee, Shawaski? I mean, like, these, uh, these are the forgotten people. I mean, these are, the, these are the forgotten people. Natalie's on. Natalie, I was just talking about you. Um, and so I'm looking, at what, I'm looking at what candidates can offer one another. And uh, what I've seen so far, we have um, Baxter Stapleton in, in Ohio's 10th. Baxter used to work for, for Will I Am, and he's collaborated with, with um, what do you call it, uh, with, with Justin Timberlake. I mean, he's got, there's a ton of people that we could, actually would be easier to get. And so as a person from Mississippi, okay, now you have, you, I voted for Hillary Clinton. I, I just want to let everybody know that proudly voted for Hillary Clinton. I've been doing a lot of progressive outreach ever since. I, I worked a lot with Rokana. Um, you have backing from the DNC. A lot of these candidates that I'm talking to don't. And there are so many skilled candidates. So what would your advice be to these other candidates about building uh, uh, coalitions with the DNC? And, and, and uh, what would you say, like, can you advise them so that they can be, have a successful campaign like yours sounds like? Sure, sure. Thank you for that question. Uh, you know, relationships are everything. You know, um, I, I think that, you know, over the course of my career working in democratic politics on an array of campaigns across the country, especially working on two presidential campaigns, building those relationships, you know, I ended up with friends who, you know, work in the upper echelons of the DNC and uh, who had, you know, other friends that, you know, went off to work for consulting firms that are highly respected in the country. So I would say, number one, utilize your relationships. You know, Rolodexing, uh, the first thing you're going to do as a candidate, you know, if you're dealing with really serious people, they're going to they're gonna Rolodex you. They're going to want to see, you know, you turn over your entire phone uh, contacts, your entire Facebook contacts, your LinkedIn, your Twitter, your Facebook, you name it, Instagram, all that stuff. And they're going to make ties and, and, and relationship connections with those folks. But it's also going to be an opportunity for you to be able to think outside the box about, hey, you know, that person that I used to work with, you know, back in the day who, you know, was a great person on the campaign trail with me or a great person that I worked with who had a, a friend or a cousin or a partner or a brother or sister who actually worked on campaigns. You know, what can I, you know, reach out to them and find out about what's the best way for me to go about doing that? You know, so I would say that's number one. Number two, as far as making, you know, uh, you know inroads into the DNC, um, the first thing I would say, you know, if you're a congressional candidate, you want to find out who who is the pod. You know, everything around the country is built in pods, right? The Northwestern pod, the North South Southwestern, the West Coast, all that stuff. So they have a, a regional organizer, a political organizer that actually oversees that particular area. But you want to find out who's the actual people in the DNC that is in that pod at the DNC level or the DCCC level that oversees digital, that oversees communications, that oversees finance, that oversees political, and also is the leader of that pod. Because those are folks uh, that, you know, if they believe in you, they can't endorse you until, you know, a primary actually takes place. And, you know, God forbid you're in a place like, you know, Mississippi, where, you know, the DNC is, is notorious for not investing in those campaigns until the end. You know, we saw the same thing with AOC's, AOC's race. You know, AOC couldn't raise any money, you know, and right right off, right off the hand, you know, she even reported like almost 300 bucks one time 
on a FEC filing report. And then next thing you know, she raised 300 bucks and she's got, you know, name recognition. And now, you know, she's unseating a, you know, long-term Republican who was a, looked at as the next speaker of the house. And now, you know, everybody's on her bandwagon. So it's, it's being able to get that type of support from them early on uh, and making sure that you're, you know, filing that weekly report to them, letting them know exactly how you're doing in your finance uh, area. How are you doing uh, in your communications aspects? What uh, tools do they actually have as far as talking points? What tools do they have as far as like putting out press releases? Um, and, and that's just advice, you know? And, you know, once you actually can, you know, get on their radar, you know, uh, hopefully you can make it to the red to blue list uh, that they actually have. Unfortunately, my campaign didn't because it had already came out and we announced about two weeks after that. Uh, so folks would know about it. But then, you know, once you, you know, kind of get your name uh, floating around D.C. and, you know, have some insight into building some momentum, I think that's when people really, you know, start to pay attention to your race. And that doesn't mean that money is going to come, but it does mean they're going to be connecting you to people uh, that you need to talk to, you know, for as, you know, just for me, like the Congressional Black Caucus, for example, or the Collective Pack, um, vote vets, things of folks like that, you know. Uh, who are going to be very instrumental in providing those level of like, national endorsements that you're going to actually need. Because, you know, hey, I'm an organizer first, you know, and um, I support a $15 wage. In, in fact, I support a livable wage. You know, I like to see it even higher than that. You know, but it's being able to get the, the proper messaging, you know, around your campaign and the people around your campaign that can help you uh, kind of take it to that next level. And I think that's going to come with, you know, um, sometimes a lot of money up front. Uh, fortunately, you know, uh, in the case, uh, for me, you know, I had a lot of great insight myself, you know, and knew how to kind of go through the back door on these things. But I, I think that where we are right now in our politics and the political discord in our country, there's about what, 22 or 24, Rep uh, democratic candidates that are not actually running for reelection. So, you know, the DNC and the DCCC are really, you know, uh, up in arms about that, you know, because we have to be able to focus on races that we know we can win and, and races that we actually I can unseat um, incumbents and also maintain, you know, Democratic incumbents that are in Congress as well. So, you know, I deal with that as a candidate right now. Um, I know that it's sometimes very cumbersome as far as making the right decisions and putting the right people around you. Uh, but it's all about the relationships and it's all about, you know, being present in every space, you know, not just, you know, the, the donor meetings that where you're getting 2900 bucks, but also, you know, meetings where you can like just talk to people about kind of what their experiences are around the country. Um, and how you can actually move forward, because when people actually get ready to talk to you, uh, they can tell, you know, if you're the real deal or not. And I think that gives more insight into their support. So, you know, my advice would be, you know, focus on the Rolodex and focus on the relationships that you've already built in the past um, and actually reaching directly out and finding out, you know, who is the, the DCCC representative in your actual area um, or your region of the country and making sure that, you know, the folks in D.C. actually know about you. Um, thank you so much, Shawaski, because that, that right there, I know that people like Lauren Hayes and, and, and Natalie are, are really going to be able to, to, to use that information. Now, there's one thing, though. I'm trying my best not, not to be angry, because why in the fuck does the DNC need these candidates to go to them? We are facing the fall of democracy, Shawaski, and, yep. and what, what worries me what worries me is that the DNC is not, um, it, it's not, it's not looking for people for, for these races. I am I'm trying to help Natalie and, and Lauren 
get get people to run for AR01 and AR04. I, I'm helping lost lost cause candidacies because we we need this kind of outreach. Now, um, um, you know, I, I I know everyone that's listed here, every single person that's here right now. It's a small space. And when I went to Washington D.C., I don't know this person, so it just so happened he popped up. Sorry, buddy. Bye, because I'm there. Okay. Now, when I went to D.C., I had dinner at the home of, of someone who'd been through Senate confirmation over Obama. All right. And, and the reason that I'm saying this is because you guys have to win. All right. That the top levels of, of, of Democrats were, make, were having dinner and I was listening to them talk about how they're, go, they're making plans about what countries they're going to go to. If, if Trump is elected, I don't have the ability to go to another country, Sawaski. So I have to, I have to let to make you guys win. Okay, I have to make you guys win. And so I'm doing everything possible. And so what I hope that you can do is you can get me in touch with somebody because I I have you have no idea what I've been able to do from my room. I, I, I've, I've, I've broken a ceasefire in, in uh, northern Syria. I, I, I got information out that showed the use of, of uh, white phosphorus against uh, the Kurds by Turkey. Okay, I, 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 I've helped shut down 8chan. I warned everyone from December 30th. I told everyone, it's December 30th, 2020. I told them they're going to have an insurrection and no one listened. And the problem is that the people, the, the DNC is waiting for the right people, okay? I'm, I've been doing this for free for four years. I'm doing it to serve my country. And see, you, you, you're blessed to have the connections you are. And I hope that you come on the show. But you must realize not everybody has these connections. And there's no reason that, there's some, that, that, that there, this is being left to people like me. The responsibility being placed on my shoulders is immense, okay? And it's not fair that there are so many people in, in, in Washington, D.C. able to, to, to sit, sit back and talk about what countries they're gonna go to. It's not, it's not fair, all right? And, and so we need to work together. And so I hope, Shawaski, that you can help us because you sound like you can bridge this divide. I have found so many quality candidates, all right? There are people in red districts Donna Imam, okay? Donna Imam in, in Texas 37, she should be able to get, to get in by herself, but she is eminently qualified, okay? And, and, and Chris Jones running for governor against Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I, we have to at least try, okay? We have to at least try. And, and the DNC should be doing this. And I know that it's not your fault, so I shouldn't, I, I'm not angry at you. You just told us how it is. But the fact of the matter is we shouldn't have to wait. And this is why I'm so angry at the Democratic Party, because they're 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 just they're not acting with a sense of urgency. That that's the fierce urgency of now. All right. And, and that's that's what I hope I can impress upon all of you, because, you know, Jim, when you said, oh, I don't really think I'm going to win. You don't have that option anymore. I, we're going to help you win. OK, and we're going to help each other win. That's what it's. There's not a question about if we if we lose the house. If we lose the house, Donald Trump is going to be the next speaker of the house. Matt Gates has already laid this plan out. 
if, if we lose the House, they're going to impeach Joe Biden. And then they're going to impeach Kamala Harris. They've laid the groundwork for that. And if they take the Senate as well, they're going, they, they, can, they can deny access to, to the Democrats. And then they, they can strip them based on, on a two-thirds vote. And if, if, if there's a 50-50 split and Republicans are in control, they only need 35 people to vote to impeach Biden and Harris to remove them. 35 Republicans voted against the January 6th commission. And so, Shawaski, you talked about it in such a way that it was like normal, like, oh, yeah, this is what you do. The DNC needs to realize our lives are on the line. The lives of so many, the lives and the children of so many people are at risk. And so if you can talk to people at the DNC that will let me help these candidates. I have connected with 177 cam uh, campaigns. I've been doing this for months, okay? And if you, if, 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 if you wanna help, you just connecting me with someone that can help me do this, all right? I, I, I have, I have um, a paper trail that shows that Marco Rubio got paid a million dollar, a million dollars into a, um, a super PAC designed to get him elected six months after he was elected on the same day that he announced that, that, that the Senate campaign, uh, his Senate offices had been hacked, okay? And it was put in by Linda Blavatnik. Christine Pelosi has me blocked on Twitter because I complained about the fact that Linda Blavatnik, a Russian oligarch, paid $100,000 to the DCCC two months in a row. And so that, what now when, when, when I voted for Hillary Clinton, okay? And so now you have to realize, like, People are being pushed towards progressivism, like the, the, the DSA and things like that, because the DNC is not providing an alternative. They're not fighting a fair, they're not fighting to win. And, and, and you sound like you want to win. And so, like, if, if you want to be a part of this coalition that, that I'm making, that is what we need. We need a coalition not built on, on uh, the structures of power that exist. But on the people that are running those the, the, those the parties, you know, Natalie James, you inspired me to do so much of this, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of emotional right now. So I'd like to hand over to you so that you and Lauren can can um, can uh, can learn from Shawaski. Okay, I would love to learn more. I'm very very intrigued by what you were saying earlier, and I know it's a lot of candidates on here that are very intrigued. We've learned so much in a short amount of time, just getting on these Twitter spaces and connecting so many of us so that we can learn from each other and so that we can help out the nation together, which is extremely important and what our actual, um, what the Democratic Party needs. We've been left out of so much stuff because for some, well, it's not for some reason, we kind of got complacent. The generation before us got extremely complacent and said, that'll do, we've had a president, we've done this, all right, we've done our part. And it wasn't trickled down to us and it wasn't pushed and instilled in us how active we need to get. And I'm glad to see so many people out here saying, no, the status quo, no, 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 this is not it. It's not representative of me. It's not representative of my future and it's not representative of the nation. And we have to change that. So I'm so glad to see so many people in here tonight that are on the same mindset and same path. Hey, Tammy. Um, 
these spaces have connected me with so many people and we have to understand our power and understand where our power lies. Our power lies with setting the path for our youth. Our youth is what's going to change everything for us and we have to get engaged with them. But like you're saying, we have to have the support from our party beforehand. Um, it was brought up in one of these spaces that we have to look at the actual dollars, what dollars, what's a winnable race and what's not a winnable race. Well, all races are winnable, but what we have to look at is it's going to take $20 million to flip one state versus a million dollars to flip one another state. We need to be focused on all the states so that we can flip as many as possible. We're losing a lot of seats. We're losing a lot of people to retiring. We're losing a lot of people who are just frankly disgusted and disenfranchised with what's going on with the state of politics right now. And with all those seats we're losing, we're steadily losing more and more and more power for that's people power. And we have to gain that back by any means necessary. And so right now, I look at this year and this election year, it's our Hail Mary. What we do now is going to change everything for what's going to happen in the future. And I'm so glad to see that there are other people just as scared as me because I didn't plan on stepping in to run for office. If you asked me two years ago, I would have been like, huh? run for office do what uh uh honey i i'm too loud i'm not you know media ready i'm not this but then i realized it has nothing to do with that i'm people ready and people are ready for real authentic candidates which is the new movement not progressive not liberal not leftist not conservative not this but actual human beings being human living a real life experience sharing that experience and wanting to make sure the experience that everybody else is having is enjoyable and we can do that and i feel that we have a lot of candidates who are like-minded like that so lauren y'all can peep in it's not going to bother me for you guys to hop on and talk because i really want to have a conversation where we can actually go back and forth with each other so we can learn continue to learn for each other are you guys there? Sorry, I'm mom duty in it right now, trying to get kids to bed and, and listen <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yes. And Mr. Young, come on, hop in, Liam. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I'll, I'll tell you, you know, um, while, while Lauren is putting the kiddos to sleep, um, you know, I, I can definitely relate to that. Um, I have a, a seven-year-old daughter, and, you know, one of the reasons why I'm actually running in this race is because, you know, I want, you know, the world to be a better place for her. You know, when we see exactly what's happening, when uh, so many people are being discriminated against and we have a party that, you know, has been not the best at putting a message out that people can truly relate to. So I, I know, Justin, you said a lot earlier, you know, about uh, having the proper support, you know, from the DNC and the DCCC level. I, I think you're absolutely right, you know, um, and I... I empathize and sympathize and agree with your, you know, frustration around that matter. Uh, one of the things that I know that we have to do uh, in any state across the country uh, is have the ability to organize people and organize people around an agenda that they can actually get behind and believe in where they can see tangible results in their everyday lives. I don't think that particular message is one of which that is being seen at the national level right now. I don't think that uh, we have a message that is completely resonating with all of our voters. I think that, you know, what we're seeing on the Republican side uh, of the coin is a party that is very clear about what their values and goals are. And regardless of whether or not people fully agree with that, the folks that do, they are fully um, committed uh, to putting that agenda forward. 
uh, regard, regardless of if any moral or ethical um, rationale uh, is present or not. Mm -hmm. So I, I know that we have an opportunity this year to create a moment uh, that, you know, now, as you said, a, a Hail Mary. I really like that. And I just also saw it on your page. Um, <laughs> but, it, but it's one of which where we have to be honest with people. We have to be prepared uh, in our messaging uh, and we have to be forthright. Uh, and actually what's possible, because at the end of the day, it's not just going to be Democrats that allow us to win these races. Uh, that's going to be true not only in here in Mississippi, uh, but other states as well, especially when you're seeking, you know, you know massive statewide offices and things of that nature. Or and especially in a, in a congressional district office where you're looking at, you know, representing, um, you know, 700 some thousand odd people. So it has to be a message that is going to, you know, really bring people together. Uh, that's what we're doing here in Mississippi. Um, and that's the essence of, I guess, you know, I don't like to call myself a politician. I like to call myself an, an aspiring statesman, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, I believe in telling people the truth. You know, whether I was working uh, at Homeland Security or when I was in the military or when I was working uh, in higher education, uh, Union Presbyterian Seminary in, in Richmond, Virginia, or working, you know, in California across, you know, the board uh, in a nonprofit that was very prestigious. How I actually attained all those jobs were with this, I think, you know, was my personality in this one statement. I'm going to tell you what you need to know, not what you want to hear. And that's, not all, and that's not all the time very comfortable, people, because honesty brings disenchantment most of the time. But it also makes us realize exactly, you know, how we're actually going to actually uh, accomplish a goal, laying out a clear vision. Uh, and making sure that we have our uh, strong people around us that can bring that vision to light. I think that's our main job as candidates. Exactly. You're absolutely right. And that's our job. Be honest, upfront and honest. When people ask, are you a politician? No, I'm just an angry mom. I come from a place of candor, and that's where everybody else should. We need to come from a place of just being completely transparent because it's refreshing. They get up and say, you're a breath of fresh air. I'm like, yeah, because these politicians are out here doing the political game and playing with us and platitudes mm. and everything else. They're not actually getting up here and being a real person. And if we make a mistake, we apologize, acknowledge and say, OK, well, let me learn more information so that I can be better. So I don't make that mistake again in the future. We have politicians who make mistakes and won't even own it. And that's yes. not the type of leadership qualities that are needed. And it's just alarming to me that people continue to go with that same normal status quo because it's comfortable. Well, I'm used to walking in a room and making everybody uncomfortable and always yeah. being uncomfortable. So everybody else should be to it because it makes you grow. When you're uncomfortable, you grow, you change and you learn and you thrive. Right now, we're in a place of complacency and we're seeing what happens where we're complacent and they're going to lay down and the silence like this. I can't remember the quote, like I always mess it up, but it's Zora Neale Hurston where she says, I was silent and you guys are going to say that I enjoyed it. Us being complacent is the same thing. It's not saying anything. And they're like, oh, well, we're going to keep taking your rights. And we have to get up and be loud and opinionated and say, heck no, this is not going to happen. Not today, not on my watch and not for my future. Yeah, you know what? The the only um, thing that allows the evil to succeed is for the good to say nothing. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, thank you. Thank you. And uh, Shawaski, uh, what I really hope that is if you can talk to people, look to Arkansas. Arkansas, you know what? All of the of the statewide races are red, but I've looked at this closely. And you know what? Now I'm looking for people for AR1 and AR4. And we have I someone for AR1. 
You do? Okay, great. Okay, that AR1 is, is Monty Hodges, and we're going to try to get him in here, too. He's awesome. Okay, that's that's great. That's great. Um, but look to look to to Arkansas because what I've what I've learned from doing this is that the people that are coming here they're they're rural red state uh, Democrats, okay, and, and or they're they're Democrats at, at, that are having tough uh, you know big primaries, but they're so situated. The Arkansas people, I was like, who is leading you? And they're like, no, well, we're leading ourselves, and they're working together to do this. And they're working together to, you know, find things, find things, people to run for the state state legislatures and the state houses. I want you to know that my um, my emotion sometimes the, my, the emotion that comes out of me is the emotion that I know all of the candidates here feel. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I, I I unleash that valve a little bit so that you can know that you're not alone and feeling that way. But but the the emotion that came out was not directed at you, Shuwaski. It's just that there's a lot of pressure. And so there's a few things that I want to let you know. First of all, uh, an, an amazing, an ama like I've not seen anything like this. Baxter Stapleton and Ohio 10, okay? Multiply, not divide. It is simple. Mm -hmm. It is simple. People get it, 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 it and it resonates with people. Now, um, another thing, okay. Uh, are you still here, Shawaski? Oh, I hope I'm not going to talk until he comes back. I hope he's coming back. Um, yeah, Twitter has been real fun tonight. Twitter's oh, really? It is. Here, no, no, I get it. Okay, add a speaker. Okay, he's back. All right. Now, sec. Hold on. I'm adding him back. Invite to speak. Yes, I'm still here. Okay. Okay. Now, there's something else that I want to let you know. Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm still here. Now, I'm still here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, um, I now Tara Reid, and just for all of the progressives here, if anybody says anything about Tara Reid doing anything to Joe Biden, that's trash. It's trash. Okay. Now, I helped. I helped people who I I found out later it was Sally Albright. You may know that name, Shawaski. Okay, but Tara Reid, uh, uh, she has always lied about what she did to to Joe uh, what Joe Biden did to her. She she was engaged in check fraud, and I I helped people find that find that information. And that information was then uh, it's like, that was, she was lying the whole time. And, and one of the reasons I bring this up though, is that working with Sally Albright, Sally Albright is, is a horrible, horrible human being, Shawaski. And you should know this. All she does, she has a huge troll army and she is pitting progressives versus uh, uh, new Democrats. It is mm -hmm. toxic. It is toxic and is not healthy. All right. It is not healthy for anyone. And I don't know that what worries me is that she did not work for for Obama during 2008 or 2012. And she worked for for Newt Gingrich in 2012. OK, she's from Alabama and and and, and she is someone that is that is impacting our ability, because whenever I go and see that there's a problem, I've worked very, very hard to bridge the divide. And so that we can have. Uh, candidates like you and candidates like Liam, and that under the same space, okay. I voted for 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 Hillary Clinton. I would never vote for for Bernie Sanders. However, I you know I I did outreach with Rokana and worked with him very closely and was able I was able to see uh, the vision that 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 Bernie had established. I still wouldn't vote for Bernie Sanders. It doesn't matter what what or what I would or would not do. We're we're in a state we're beyond that now. And luckily, 
all of the candidates here are focused on, on solutions and not focused on on the problems. They're focused on finding the solutions. Okay, and so um, now that said, okay, there now I'm from Florida, Shawaski, and there there's a man you probably know. His Love name Florida. is Florida. I worked in Florida. I, I'm from I'm from um, uh, Broward. Uh, uh, Sheila McCormick is the I've, district I'm I've heard of that name. I, when I was at the on, on the Secretary uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign, I started off in HQ in Brooklyn, and towards the end of the campaign, I went down to Fort Lauderdale in Broward County. Finished the campaign down there. Yeah, yeah, we we, we lost. We unfortunately lost Elsie Hastings, who had been our you know for a long time represented us. Yes, and um, well, um. Now, anyway, I, I want you to know that as, as a progressive activist, if David Jolly were to run for governor, I would vote for him because I trust David Jolly. All right. And that's saying, uh, that's saying a lot. And I'm willing to stake my reputation on his integrity. I have intensely looked over his records, what he's done. And, and, and so he has, he's established something called the Sam Party. Okay, and I've looked this over. He does not require anyone to make a litmus test when it comes to climate change, gun reform, women's right to choose. Those are all uh, matters of consciences that people that that candidates are going to have to make on their own uh, on their own. The 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 he is willing to endorse re uh, Democrats anywhere as long as they align with with the Sam Party vision and mission. And it's very simple. They want they want um, increased transparency, increased accountability, and increased access to, to, to the right to vote. All right, and and, and you the, to to get an endorsement, you have to align with 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 those things as well as like not being a lobbyist for five years after you've you've been a, you know things like that, and then uh, 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 making uh, um, agreeing to be a part of the process. And the process of legislating is simply listening to to what. To, to find out what the problem is, defining the problem, um, being able to collaborate with people to fix the problem, creating legislation in order to deal with it. And then you have a, a rinse and repeat where you look at this legislation after it's done and you see. And so what, what David Jolly has done is to create a, a, a like Civics 101 or Politics 101. And he, he is willing to endorse Democrats. The problem is that I think that, that it would be mostly like very conservative Democrats that he might know. And I have really been, um, uh, I've really been uh, urging these candidates to reach out to David Jolly because it's possible to get an endorsement without switching parties. All right. And, and also working with David Jolly, getting to know David Jolly, he, he might have been one of the most conservative members of Congress. He was also one of the most bipartisan. All right. And so, uh, um, you know, he was one of the first people to come out against Trump. He was for impeachment before that most Democrats were. And so I think that if we you you were talking about, you know, your 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 connections. And, and, and I think that there's a point that we're at where we all need to really focus on on endorsements. I think the Sam Party could could provide an easy endorsement. Okay, I think it could provide a really easy endorsement, and and whether you're a new Democrat or or progressive or something in between, we can all agree on the fact that we want more transparency, we want more accountability, we want more people to to to, to have a right to vote, we want we want um, more access to, to to the legislative process. 
Okay. And I, I don't think that there's, I, from what I've seen, I don't see any downside to, to working with these people. And so, you know, like, I don't know the conservatives in Mississippi. I don't know anything about them. Okay. But I do know that, that wherever we are, that, that any time that we can help each other, and if David Jolly's willing to help, that we should kind of do it. I mean, we're, we're all in this together, and he's fighting the same fight we are. Okay? And, uh, Liam, I see that you have your hand up. If you want to respond. Um, I just I want to talk about two things. Like, Okay, first of all, um, I've been... I, I've uh, I've been waiting here for a while, but uh, I just want to say, do a shout out to Josh Garcia. You're a real inspiration, man. I appreciate you running. If you're running in my district, I wouldn't be. I'd be voting for you. So I just want to throw that out there. Uh, also, I wanted to tell you that Trey Hollingsworth dropped out. Uh, he, it's, he's no longer um, going to be running. It looks like there's going to be another person named um, uh, Aaron Roshan is going to be uh, running in, in for this district is in the Republican party. But um, moving on there, I'm an old jarhead. So I think about very heuristic ap approach to politics. And I see two major problems that stand between us and literally anything and everything else that we want. And those two problems are citizens United and Buckley versus Vallejo. Right now we have a majority in the house, uh, the Senate, and we have POTUS. We should be 100% pushing to uh, making a constitutional amendment that overturns those those two Supreme Court rulings and takes money out of politics. Um, to, uh, money is not free speech, and corporations are not people. If we can get rid of those, it, the sky's the limit. We'll, we will start getting back a lot of people that we've lost. We'll start winning huge amounts of people. You know, Republicans are just a party of no, so they've got nothing to go on. You know, whether or not you are the most, uh, you're a Democratic loyalist or if you're an uh, old socialist like me, you know, like uh, we're going to start seeing uh, real discussions because the politicians that are elected are no longer going to be beholden to their big money donors, the rich, the wealthy. So uh, they're going to they're going to want to pass things like Medicare for all, you know, Green New Deal, uh, tuition-free public college, legalization of cannabis, you name it, whatever policy we want. But we will get zero of those policies, zero, mind you, none, until we get rid of the corruption out of here. And that it, that starts with overturning Citizens United and Buckley versus Vallejo. And if you have any connections whatsoever to, to actually start pushing this in the party as like a major thing, like we should push it. We should all get 100% behind it get that money out of politics so we can actually have a, like it, it, it'll even the playing field for those, especially our grass, uh, grassroots um, um, candidates. We, we, you, it's, it was pointed out earlier that those uh, that we don't have, we don't stand a chance to the money uh, machine that the Republican party has right now. Well, here's the thing. So they can, if we can destroy those machines, we can, we can start to actually be uh, back on the top again. And and we should we should all unite under uh, under that banner that says, hey, we're going to get rid of money out of politics because this is not fair. It, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The average household income in this nation is sixty five thousand dollars a year. The average individual income is thirty five thousand dollars. It's it's lowered in, by a thousand dollars in the last 10 years, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Uh, you know, whenever you guys say we want to expand access to to uh, health care. 
Well, under Obamacare, it is expanded, but the problem is, is we can't afford it. And whenever you, whenever people are, are, are living paycheck to paycheck, trying to decide which bills they're going to pay and which they're not going to pay, they cannot afford any medical bills. We need to hurry up and get rid of that. But again, until that, until we get rid of corruption, you know, uh, the, the, the insurance industry is going to, is going to block any effort that we have towards universal healthcare and getting people the, the healthcare that they need. And like, it should be number one priority to open that door, to get rid of that roadblock or whatever, whatever you want to think of it as. But if we don't do that, like we are just, we're hosed, we're going to lose. Uh, um, that's a very, that's a really good, uh, uh, that's, that's a really good statement, Liam. And I agree with you there. Um, and we should also be pushing for DC statehood, uh, Puerto Rican statehood and any of the courts. Okay. Now, um, some, some, a little bit of background that people may not be uh, familiar with. Okay. Now when Donald Trump ran for, uh, when the election, uh, results came in five minutes after the elections ended, there was a, a person named Chris Flasto. Chris Flasto is an ABC executive. Chris Flasto went and he gave the the uh, um, the exit polls to Paul Manafort. Or no, excuse me. He gave them to David Bossy. David Bossy gave them to Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort gave them to Konstantin Kalimnik, who was who was one of the Russians, one of the thirteen Russians that that uh, Robert Mueller um, indicted. Now, what what I did not know, I've known about this for some time, and a lot of people have called this the smoking gun because that is why that is what could have given the the uh, the reason the polls were so different. I was like, they were like, how did this happen, right? Because the polls were one way, and then all of a sudden he started winning. Well, because they gave the, the exit polls to um, uh, Russians, and this has never been followed up on. Now, David Bossy is the president of Citizens United. All right. And why this has never been pursued, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. David Bossy is the person who helped get Citizens United in place. He also was was Trump's uh, campaign manager, which I mean, and all of this put together, how we ended up um, uh, dealing with the big lie when we never dealt with with um, with what was going on with with uh, 2016. It's it's very upsetting to me. And so we should we should be aware of that. Something else that, that you should know, Shawaski, because this is just weird and it should be known about by somebody in the DNC. Now, and, and during the People versus Fossil Fuels, okay, um, the, the group that I'm with, who's here tonight, we got together and we went and protested at all, of, all six of the um, conservative uh, justices' homes, okay? And when we got to Ju- Amy Coney Barrett, Amy Coney Barrett has a history of living in houses where she's not on the deed, so it was really hard to find her home. She did it in the 90s, and she, and now she might be doing it again because I couldn't find anything with her name on it. I don't know. Anyway, but across the street from where we were, Amy, Amy Coney Barrett comes out. And I was like, is that Amy Coney Barrett? There are people taking pictures of us. Now, this is a woman that's in fear, okay? And when you're a woman that's in fear, she has kids. I can understand why she would be scared. Your first response is usually to go back into your home. That is not what she did. What she did is she went to the house next to her and she closed that, that that garage door. Then she went to the house on the other side and she closed that door. Then she went back in her house. And it was like an episode out of Big Love. She's involved in a cult called the People of Praise. And I wouldn't bring this up if I didn't see it with my own eyes if I did not lock eyes with her. This is, this is 
You know, this is not a matter of a personal choice. She's involved in a cult in which she is supposed to be submit. Uh, um, her husband is. She's supposed to answer to her husband. Okay, and this was never allowed to be talked about or to be brought up. That's kind of weird, guys. That we have somebody in a court that would do that. It felt like a commune. It, it was very uncomfortable. And people at the DNC should know that this is this is not normal. This is not normal. For, 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 for what's going on. And really the expanding the courts, there's no reason that Joe Biden shouldn't do that because he, 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 um, he did a, a whole study on it, a whole panel. And when the panel results was he should expand the court. So then he just shut the panel down and that's upsetting. And so um, any of the other candidates that are on Shawaski, mm -hmm. listen, I appreciate you so much. And I hope that you come back because you could, you could really, um, you could really change the trajectory for so many of these races. And I want to let you know that I will fight for your campaign as much as I will fight for Natalie, even if you have the DNC help. Uh, you know, I'm fighting for Lauren. And you know what, Josh, I'm going to fight for you. And Liam, I will fight for you because we are only going to do this if we do this together. And I believe in the candidates here. And Shawaski, you seem eminently qualified. And so I would love to be on board of your campaign. I'm good with databases. And so if you know people that in Mississippi and statewide Mississippi um, uh, uh, politics, I gave Lauren and Natalie lists with all of the people in, in the AR, AR State House and AR State Senate and all of the state executive things and all, all that history so that we can find people to fill those roles. And so if you know somebody at the state and Mississippi state politics that can benefit from that, I will do the work and I will give it to you. Okay. What? Yeah, what that sounds uh, great. Let's, um, let's, let's connect after this. Let's shoot that DM. Okay. We'll, we'll go from there. What did you say, Miss Natalie? What part of Mississippi are you in? Cause you know, you're only like a few hours away, a hop, skip and a jump. I'm always <laughs> down there. My, my niece and nephew go to Jackson state. So I'm oh, always really? down there. The yes, I love Natalie. The I love. I am a Jackson state alum. <laughs> I saw, and I was like, "Oh, my babies are in good hands." So I can like, "Oh my hey, goodness, go that is amazing!" Sure okay. <laughs> what 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 year are they in? Um, well, I have one that is a sophomore and one that's a freshman. Oh boy! Oh boy! Mm -hmm. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! Okay. Well, you know, good luck. It's going to be a great time for them. Um, I'm, I'm in Philadelphia, Mississippi, which is about a hundred miles. Um, what is it? South? Yeah, south? No, north. Yeah, north of uh, Jackson. Um, okay. I, I grew up in Jackson for some time in Jackson Public Schools, but we came here to the country. My dad worked for the federal government uh, for a number of years, about 23 years, and they moved this job up here with the United States Department of Agriculture. And I'm here in Philadelphia, Mississippi. This is my um, county that I hail from. I, I hail from two counties, Winston County and Neshoba County. Winston County uh, which is also in the district. It's my dad's county where I went to high school at. Neshoba County is uh, my maternal side of my mother's side of the family. Uh, where my grandfather, who I spoke about earlier, uh, mm -hmm. is where they're from. And my my cousin is actually the mayor, uh, first first African American mayor. Oh of my Florida. goodness! Oh, yeah, he he got elected in two thousand eight, rode the Obama wave, and he's been in office ever since. So he's been very instrumental with helping me build a lot of relationships with mayors across the state and. Um, yeah, so I'm about 100 miles, you know, south of Jackson. Yeah, all oh the good stuff. Goodness. We're putting our campaign office, um, actually, in Jackson, uh, and, and, a, and a number of other counties as well. So maybe oh that's an opportunity for your uh, niece and nephew. Yes, to come and get involved and actually volunteer. That would be amazing. And 
we got a lot of similarities because here locally in Little Rock, my cousin is also the first black mayor, well, second black mayor of Little Rock. So okay, we got a lot. Exactly, it's a lot going on, and we're trying to make a lot happen here. And we, Arkansas is an extremely progressive state, and so is Mississippi. People just don't realize the history and deep legislation history that everybody has, and what all we can get done. Absolutely, So we have to just sit here and remind them, and get here and get them motivated to get out here and do some different things. So yes, my goal is to try, and if we can get prime time, oh my goodness, can you imagine prime time? Well, you know. Yes, I can. We're we're actually, you know, scheduling a meeting with him very soon. Um, ah, so me speaking that, things into existence. <laughs> well, yeah, well, at, well, we are. You know, we really are. Yes. Um, one of the things that's uh, very interesting about uh, a point you just made is, mm-hmm. um, as you talked about, you know, Arkansas being a, a state that's now progressive, and uh, whether people know it or not, it's a little secret under a rock somewhere uh, that Mississippi. Uh, is uh, in fact too, you know, moving toward a more progressive um, approach to politics. We just actually recently passed uh, medical marijuana here mm-hmm. in the state. You know, who would have thought, right? Uh, at, at about seventy percent of the actual statewide vote. You know, and yeah. I think that that that's what's really, really interesting about where we find ourselves in our politics right now. Um, you know, we live in a state where um, we have a dark past, and you know, we have been able to. Uh, be reflective on that past relative to what the, the rest of the country may or may not know or think um, for many, many years now, you know, uh, back to my mom and dad's generation coming up because, or even my grandparents for it, for that matter, because people had to be able to coexist with each other. And the only way that you can do that is having some level of mutual respect for uh, each other as human beings. Uh, we play football together. We play baseball together. We go to college together. We work at factories together. We go to, I'm not going to say we always go to church together now, uh, because, you know, Sunday still is one of the most segregated days of the, of, of, of the week, you know, here in the state. But we are very, very close knit as a community. And I think that the way in which we have moved forward in our politics today and the way in which we have moved forward um, as a community, as a whole in Mississippi, uh, football is a big deal here. and It brings everybody together. You mm-hmm. know, so folks are very proud of what my alma mater has been able to do uh, at Jackson State University uh, this particular year with Deion Sanders. Coach Prime uh, being, you know, the head football coach is bringing about $30 million in tax revenue to the city of Jackson. And when I sat yes. down with, yeah, when I sat down with Mayor uh, Lumumba of Jackson and we talked about the crime in Jackson, we talked about the water crisis in Jackson, we talked about, you know, how the infrastructure package would actually help roads and, and bridges in uh, Hines County, which is part of the district. Uh, but when I talk with Mayor uh, Jimmy Smith, who is uh, the, the mayor of Meridian, which is uh, the next largest city in our district, uh, crime is so bad, you know, but people in this state are moving toward a politics that, you know, we have to be able to change our politics uh, in a way in which, you know, people can actually see how they're actually going to feed their families. One, one of the things that's very interesting, before I, you know, I, I just wrap up this comment, is that, you know, I, I was having a conversation with um uh, a white woman who was about uh, about 43 years old, you know, and she, uh, as a Southern gentleman, I know she wouldn't mind me saying that because she told me to use it in the campaign and stuff. But um, <laughs> So forgive me for that point. Uh, but she spends um, about $980 a day on a chemotherapy pill that, oh. you know, she needs to live. And without, you know, Medicaid, she couldn't pay for it. You know, Medicaid pays a, a pretty good amount of that $980 for that uh, pill per day, but it's still hundreds of dollars that she has to spend on a month 
almost at a thousand bucks. And, you know, she told me that, you know, I like your candidacy because, you know, you're for Medicaid expansion. You're for things that would actually help people. And my sister is a DA of a, a, a city that's neighboring here in this county. And when I actually sat down at a restaurant and I saw Michael Guest, who's a Republican incumbent who was endorsed by Donald Trump in 2020, um, and I asked him, why did you vote against the infrastructure package? Why did you vote against uh, the election of 2020? He had no answers. And just like a deer in, in headlights as she stood there. And she said, don't you know there's a guy who's running in this election? And we don't care if he's black. <laughs> we, he, he, he's actually somebody who is from Mississippi, uh, you know, understands the values of Mississippi, understands the values of family, uh, has a respect for law enforcement, uh, has a respect for military, having served in both. Uh, and definitely is somebody who's upbeat and has lived around the country and wants to bring those values to Mississippi and also bring resources and big business to Mississippi. Because part of my you know, resume was working with a lot of different Fortune 500 and 100 companies with the Bar Association of San Francisco. I raised a lot of money for them as the director of development and donor and community engagement on their executive team. And I want to be able to bring that to Mississippi. And folks see that in this candidacy here. And I, I think that people are ready for a change. And I think that that change can also be replicated in other states like um, Arkansas. I know we're going to be reaching out to um, Stacey Abrams, Miss Stacey uh, Abrams in uh, Georgia, uh, mm -hmm. to see how we can actually work with her later on in the campaign cycle uh, and be able to bring some big name folks to Mississippi and help us pull this race off. Uh, but it's going to take it's going to take all of us together on the same page, the same message. I do think at a national level, we have a messaging problem. Um, the president's approval rating is not good right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Neither is the vice president. And there's a reason for that. People don't even understand the legislation that actually has been passed, like the CARES Act, and how that actually helps so many diff different people and what's actually in the infrastructure package. So I, I think that, you know, what we see happening is not being able to pass voting rights right now, not being able to pass Build Back Better right now. We passed up on a college tuition, which is a major issue for folks in this country, including myself. You know, we got to keep our word when we say we're going to do something, we do it, and we don't bend for two Democrats in the Senate that are actually blocking things. Um, we passed up on paid medical leave for uh, women. I think Hello? it's just an opportunity for us to... Wait, wait one second. Wait, sorry, Michelle. Yeah, no, no. Uh, let Chawaski let, let, let let speak. Um, I, I, I'm going to make you a speaker, Michelle, in just a second, uh, because she's a, an Arkansas constituent. But I want let let Chawaski Sure, let, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap. Yeah, I'm, I'm just wrapping up. And, you know, I, I think those points are, you know, fundamental uh, to how we actually win this year and stay on message and do what we say we're going to do and also not be afraid to go up against Republicans. Um, someone, you know, uh, one of the bishops, Bishop Jackson was on CNN uh, mm -hmm. early this morning and he talked about Republicans using, you know, a butcher knife and we're using, you know, a, a butter knife, you know. So I think that that <laughs> kind of, you know, yes. in, you know uh, uh, very representative and symbiotic of how we're actually, you know, going through our politics. So we got to do a better job of that. So uh, but but thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to speak. Uh, we're, we're all we can all connect on DM. So I know we're following each other now. Um, and I'm excited about what you have going on here, Justin. I'm excited about what you have going on for the Delta. You're giving us hope because people don't realize how powerful the Delta is. And between Arkansas, Mississippi, and Georgia, there are some great things that we can make happen just here in this little section. So I'm excited that you what you have going on. Absolutely. I'm in central Mississippi. Benny Thompson mm -hmm. has the Delta. Uh, but 
I love the Delta. Lord knows well, I do. I consider all of it that's coming down close to the Mississippi River the Delta. I so figured that's, that's what you were talking about. I yeah. I I'm talking about what opens into the Gulf, you know. But right on. Right on. <laughs> with right on. That fertile crescent. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, Chawaski, before I give Michelle a chance to ask the Arkansas constituents, uh, uh, delegation, um, any questions, I'd like you to know something, okay? Barack Obama gave me the chance to go back to school. And I went back with Pell Grants and got through with a 4.0 and I got my college degree. And it was it was one of the most proud moments that I've ever had because I no one else in my family had been to, to, through college. All right. And 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 I, I, I voted for, for Hillary Clinton and, and because you, and I, I have to say this since I have the opportunity to do it. And I don't often. OK, we, we, we so many people were shamed for 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 supporting her. And I believe now and as much as i ever had in, in secretary clinton okay i since her wellesley speech when she talked about politics being the art of of making the impossible possible you know i i've always believed in her and i and shawaski i hope that you know that the passion that you felt okay what barack obama and and, and uh, secretary clinton were able to establish in northern syria and i hope that all the candidates here can learn from this Okay, in, in an area that was called Rojava, all right? In northern Syria, there was established a, 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 a partitioned area with, where Kurds lived and operated freely. And women had the same rights as men. They had a female fighting force. So people were terrified of the Kurds because they couldn't get, Muslims couldn't get killed by a woman. They were our allies. And Donald Trump unilaterally pulled forces out of, of, of northern Syria. He did it because... President Erdogan of Turkey had information that showed that Jared Kushner had given uh, MBS, the conference of, of Saudi Arabia, he gave him uh, the information that led to the killing of Jamal Khashoggi. So the, and he threatened Donald Trump to, to, with exposing that data. So that is why our forces were pulled out of northern Syria. The Kurds, the Kurds had 10,000 people. They lost 10,000 people fighting ISIS for us. And they lived in a place with all of this, with all of this, all of these problems and all this strife. There was never a want for food. Okay, because of the way that the, 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 the ways that their systems were, people didn't want for food. And so the, our agreement was you, you kill ISIS and we'll take care of you. And Donald Trump left those people. And when the Turkish people came in, I documented atrocities against, uh, against um, the, the Kurds. And what happened was, is I connected with a, a uh, Kurdish reporter, okay? And, and it was terrifying. It was a week and a half of just terror in which he would go underground for eight hours to sleep. And I wouldn't know if he was alive. And I, I, I made sure that we had um, uh, people waiting for him on call to, for WhatsApp so that if anybody needed anything, that, he, that we could help edit his tweets and get it seen in front of people, all right? And so... And so because of that, he showed me information that showed that the use of white phosphorus against Kurdish children. Okay. And so when, when you guys, when you get elected, I want you to know something. I went to Rokana with all of this. Okay. And Rokana stopped talking to me. And, and I am just a normal person. And you have no idea the responsibility when, a per, when someone in another country when someone in another country says to you, what is Congress going to do? 
what is Congress going to do? And I couldn't tell him anything. I couldn't help him. So I told Ro Khanna, I said, you're not responding to me and you're on the Armed Services Committee. And, it, and if you, if my friend dies, I am going to tell everyone that you knew and you did nothing. Because look, video after video after video. And you know what happened? Within, within 18 hours, Amnesty International had been, had been uh, informed. Okay. And then after, after Amnesty International was informed, there was, a, there was a temporary ceasefire and they allowed the wounded to come out. All right, they allowed, they allowed civilians to come out of that city. My friend was able to not die, okay? And, and what I hope you all realize is that sometimes I am emotional. I have been diagnosed with PTSD because of this, all right? It is the most proud, it is the, most, it is the biggest accomplishment of my life that no one will know, okay? And so when you all are in power, I hope that you realize that I have fought for you and I need you to fight for us when you're there. I need you to fight for us because there are so many people that have taken these tasks on, okay? And it's not just me. There are so many people across this country and, and, and we, we need help. We, we need help. All right, and Shuaski, you. I hope you become a part of this coalition because we're, we're focused. Yep. We're focused. We're focused on 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 candidates like you, and you are eminently qualified. And I'm excited. And now, Michelle, now that I've said all of that, I'd love to let Michelle go go wild with Natalie and Lauren. Um, I, I am so excited, Natalie, that you're running. I had no idea. Um. And I um, actually, my dad was an Arkansas traveler for Bill Clinton, and I went to every party at the White House, and we did a lot mm -hmm. of fundraising, and um, also for Blanche Lincoln, who is a relative, and um, you know, grown up completely a yellow dog Democrat, and a and Arkansas at one time was a completely blue state. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and we had our governor, our, I mean, bumpers prior, and I have no doubt that we can do that again. Mm -hmm. um, the hard part is Northwest Arkansas, where there's a melting pot of people from other, that, this is where I am in Northwest Arkansas, and there's a melting pot of people um, from all different parts of the country because they come here for Walmart and Tyson and J.B. Hunt. And they're pretty conservative. So we have a hard time, in, the Democrats do, in Northwest Arkansas. But I would be happy to throw a fundraiser. Uh, oh, my goodness. Thank you. Envelopes, do anything. I mean, I can, you know, I can do anything. Anything I can do to help you, just let me know. I am available. I'm home 24-7. There's just, I can do anything for you. And Michelle, I'm you're in, sorry, I said, oh. Michelle, you're in my district. I'm running against mm -hmm. Womack. Okay, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. You got you're both of us on here tonight, Michelle. <laughs> you're running against Womack. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. oh, and Michelle, just God. so you know, we just so you know, we had great uh, uh, Chris Jones, who's running for governor. He's going to be up against uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. He was here tonight too. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! I mean, because I, I actually was begging Jim Hendren because he was. He had kind of like swayed away from the. I thought that's the only way we're going to win, and I, and I happened to know his family, and I was like, "Please, Jim, just 
just run to anything to keep her out. Yeah. And, you, know, you know what? Jen Hendren just just got uh, just uh, just a few months ago was was interviewed by David Jolly because David Jolly's trying to highlight every single Republican that comes out like that. And, and Natalie and Lauren, because he's not running. But I, I had an idea for your bus tour. Uh, that that we could you know get get out the vote with with Jim Hendren. That's not going to work out, but but I'll still work on seeing if I can get in touch with the Reverend Doctor Barber for you all. Oh, that okay. would be great. Perfect. And I honestly believe that I could talk Jim Hendren into doing some stuff to help because we are friends. Yeah. I, mean, I have to give the gab. <laughs> let him know, Michelle. Let him know. Let him know that that there that there are progressives that that see have seen. The 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 um the 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 value in the Sam party because he's talked to David Jolly he should know about this let him know because you know what because the Democrats in 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 uh, across the state could could benefit and in the Republicans that are disillusioned it would give them an option that is not Republican and it would split their ticket which would help us yeah we need yes. all the help we can get on all parties libertarian independent democratic we all have to come together because guess what Arkansas is one state we're in this stuff together whether we want to be or not so we need to make sure that we have the best people representing all of us Oh, yeah. I want Womack out so bad. Yes. And Tom Cotton. Oh, he, God I love me. Tom Cotton. And, you Loathe know, I, I really do think there's a lot of people that are really, like, nothing is getting done for the state of Arkansas with these two. No, it's oh, not. Okay. You have John Bozeman and Tom Cotton. And John Bozeman is just as dangerous as Tom Cotton. He doesn't speak. He's very quiet. But that man has been in legislation for over 20-something years and has done nothing in 20 years and continues to do nothing. He voted against infrastructure. He's voted against the CARES Act. Everything that has to do with something to grow Arkansas, he votes against it. But guess what? He's one of the first ones to get out there and cut a ribbon and say, oh, look at this money coming in for our port. Oh, no, no, no. Let me call you out and let you know that you had nothing to do with this and let me remind you it's so bad that I want to raise money so I can have billboards to go up all over Arkansas and remind him when he's here but you know what at the, I'm going to have to put it at the airport because he's hardly ever anywhere else in the state except for coming in to tack air going to the capital and leaving back out well I'm a, I can I can really help with fundraisers and do several things like that I'm very I've done it I've Dustin McDaniels, bless his heart, he could have been the <laughs> governor, but that's a whole other issue. But I did throw a very nice fundraiser for him at my dad's home in Pinnacle, and we had um, one of Arkansas's American Idol um, contestants, and we had the the uh, oh, yeah. person that won the uh, na national barbecue competition do all mm -hmm. the food, and we raised thousands of dollars. Well, you're speaking my language of barbecue and um and who's got talent, so <laughs> Exactly. So I mean, you know, we've we've got the ability to do it. And yes, the money, we do. So. Well, I will DM you later so we can get something set up and coordinated with my um camp, with my finance manager because we need all the help that we can get so we can continue to get the word out. I I try to call everybody, but I'm only one person and there's three million people to try to call. So it's a lot of people to get around to and I have to make sure that I'm getting my information out there as quickly and as hard and as fast as possible, especially with primaries coming in because we have to have a Democrat who's... um 
going to reach everybody. We can't continue to have the same two guys replacing with another guy that looks just like the guy that's already up there or just a younger version. We have to have somebody up there that actually understands the people, reaches the people, and makes sure that we are pushing for what's needed for all the people from all levels. I've been a hostess, worked overnight stock to all the way up to now I'm a realtor and a business owner. I've been all over the place, and we need to have real reflective um, reform in Arkansas to be inclusive of everybody. And right now, sending more of the same to Washington is not what we need. Arkansas is the first state to elect a woman to the United States Senate. We need to go ahead and elect a third one. We've had Blanche Lincoln, and I think it's time for us to go ahead and have somebody up here who's going to be no nonsense. Let these guys know, hey. We got to work together. And if you're not going to work together, go send time out until you get over yourself because it's ridiculous. And we got too many things we need to do. And somebody that's about action, not policy, not this, not that. I want you to feel me before I even walk in the room. That's my goal. I don't need you to hear what I've written out here because that means nothing if I have all these policies and I can't work with other people in the other room to get these policies passed. You have to have somebody that's about action and movement and growth. And that's what Arkansas needs and demands and deserves. Exactly. And I can get on the, I can stay, I can get on the phone I can be on, I'm disabled, unfortunately. I have the second most painful rare disease, but I can get on the phone all day long and call, make calls. I can stuff envelopes. I can do anything. I can even like get in my car and go door to door, whatever Aww. you need. And I can get several friends involved. Well, I appreciate it. And I'm definitely going to take you up on that because, again, we got a lot of work to do here in Arkansas and we can do it if we do it together. Michelle? Yeah. Michelle, what I'd like to do is um, now I was in the DM uh, room with Rokana and Rokana and Nancy Pelosi had had a, a certain style of, of amplifying. What they would uh-huh. do, is you can put up to 75 people in a room. Okay. And okay. so, and so um, now we being a part of that room, I was able to have access to Rokana. And so we had, um, uh, what was it? Quarterly conference calls where I'd be able to speak to him about things. And that was the access that he gave. So Natalie and Lauren and Josh Chowalski, if you guys can model this, okay, you, you can do the same thing. You can find volunteers, you can find friends, you can find donors, staff, whoever you want. You can put them, you can find regional influencers on Twitter and just ask them if they want to support you and put them in, in, in a single room. And, I'll, well, I'll, and one good thing that we have going for us is there are people all around the nation that would that want to donate to Arkansas to keep Sarah Huckabee Sanders out. Yes, well, that's a that's a good thing for the governor. For, yeah, going to run for yeah. governor. When and it comes, I think Arkansas is going to be in the spotlight because of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and we need to take advantage of that for the senate and congress and everything else that's what we're trying to do but we have to remind people like most people don't realize that it's great to donate to chris's campaign chris is amazing but we have to remind them that our congressional and our federal races are the only ones that can actually send money down the ticket so we can donate to chris but he can't give it to the rest of the candidates the way that we can so if it is and the funding is split with the actual congressional and with the um senate that way, those candidates can help out our JP, our Quorum Court, school district, everything that's needed in the state to change it over. Because we have over 140-something seats that are available that need to be filled. And if we don't have...
have the money to help them, they're not going to feel it. But if you have the money and you put it into our campaigns, guess what? Now we can go and say, hey, I can give you a donation of $1,000 to get you kickstarted. I can give you a donation of whatever the max contribution is to get you started. Let's go. And it's not even a donation. It's a transfer. And it does so much more that we can do to help grow our state and make sure these seats aren't being empty anymore. Because that's our problem here in Arkansas. We are undervoting. We don't turn out. And we don't have people to run to give people a reason to turn out. That's true. Absolutely nothing. I mean, and I can't name one thing. Tom Cotton, Bozeman, any of I can't name anything. Any of them. Womack, who was from Rogers. I can't name one thing they've done other than Walmart getting his son out of trouble every time he gets a drug charge. Or getting themselves out of trouble because, you know, Tommy stays, Tommy boy stays in trouble. Well, and and that's because Walmart hasn't literally done nothing. The only legislation (laughs) he has had passed was a a commemorative coin that's Mm -hmm. passed all the way through legislation. Mm -hmm. He's done nothing. And I don't, and I, I think there's just so many people that have just disengaged themselves from politics and we've got to get them back engaged, you know, and fight because our democracy yeah. is hanging on by a thread. Mm, yes, ma'am. One of, the, one of the good things about our ticket, though, is that we have so many everyday working people on this Arkansas ballot. So I think that's going to help us connect to our constituents a lot more than the people that have been there and are hardly ever in the state. Right. Yes. And it's a lot of women, and it's a diverse ticket. Arkansas hasn't seen a ticket. I'm just going to say this by pocket in a long time. We have an Asian American. We have black women. We have black men. We have women that are running for congressional federal seats. You know, we have a black woman. We have a white woman. You just don't understand how big of a deal this is that Lauren is running in AR3. It's it's amazing. Nobody's done that before. We have a man that's in the Delta running for our AR1, and he's been in legislation. We have the opportunity to do something in Arkansas that has never been done before on a large scale to where it should be getting media coverage, but it's not. And we're going to have to create and generate our own media because this is amazing, the opportunity that we have, and it's not going to cost as much as it is in other states. And we can flip this state back because we just need 150,000 win votes. And I know I can knock that many doors so we can get people out. We just need a little bit goes a long way. And it's so much that we can do here in Arkansas. And I'm just grateful for these spaces. I'm grateful for Justin. I'm grateful for everybody that hosts space and gives us a moment and gives us the opportunity to amplify our message and what we have going here in Arkansas, that we're not a lost state. We're not a red state and we're not just don't count us out. We are here putting in the work and we're going to keep putting in the work until we make a major, major difference. Cause all six congressional seats that are being held by these men, it's time for them to go. Oh, those are white men. They need to get out. And thank you. That can't work a Twitter or a Snapchat. But you no. want to tell our young people what to do, how to do, and tell us women what to do. And they couldn't even tell you how to go in the kitchen and turn the stove on. No. No, no, no. Doesn't sit well with me. Well, I've got almost 3,000 Twitter followers. And I know, like, Facebook is more personal. You know, and I've got over 1,000 Facebook friends. I mean, I can get I can get a lot of message out. And I can. I can do anything. I can make phone calls. Yes. Even if it's just tweeting our campaigns to your friends and your um, in your um phone and saying, I'm not tweeting, but um, texting them saying, hey, I support these candidates. Can you take time to support to these candidates here? Here's their information. You need to take a look at them and give them 25 bucks. And if you like them, give more. 
Um, this is this is what I've heard a lot of. I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is what I've heard a lot of. It's like, oh, I live in Arkansas. It, why even bother to vote? There, it's just going to be red. Well, I mean, no, it doesn't have to be. We weren't always like this. Mm-hmm. And right. it wasn't that long ago. Yep, Bill Clinton. Boom. Big right. blue. Um, what I would love, what I'd love for, for, for you guys, uh, what I, 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 Vera, I'll, I'll let you talk as soon as I'm done. What I would love to offer for all you guys. Okay. I've been in touch with David Hogg from the March for our lives and he's, he wants to target under 30 campaigns. So first of all, Chabosky, and if you know any campaign that is an under 30 campaign that needs to be exposed, if you tell me I can get in touch with him and, and, and we can do, um, we can get, um, under 30s listed and so that candidates like William Compton who's in Kentucky second who who is up against you know like a, a lot he'll be able to to um be listed because he's 28. Um secondly uh Michelle if you want if you need want and need want to do what you're talking about there are models that we can use uh Demcast has such a model uh Freshroom has such a model we can build this ourselves um I know um uh, and uh now I see that Eugene is here and he's interested in music. Mm. Now um, I gave him, we gave him the right to talk. Right? Where did he go? He left. He's, right. No, he's he's in there. Oh, what about um, those that are thirty? Because once elected to the Senate, I will be the youngest female senator. So okay, that's fine. We got to give. Oh, me the I work. think that's a. I think that's a great talking point. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and yes, and so and so I, I'm now at the same time when I go to to uh, David Hogg to talk about listing the under 30s, I paid very close attention. And again, Shawashki, I hope you pay attention to this. All right, Pete Buttigieg was able to win Iowa caucuses by setting up a Discord server. He had 800 people in there that were talking at any time about nothing. It was like a groupie room. They were just like, "We love Mayor Pete." That's it. And it was like, let's love the Mayor Pete. Yay, here's a new picture of Mayor Pete. Really, that was all they did. They were so happy, it was kind of sickening, okay? But but that propelled him to to towards uh, uh, Iowa, okay? And so um, I have set up a Discord server, two of them, one for opposition research, which can be provided like a central hub, and I can set up webhooks to get to get any RSS feed that I want, any, any YouTube video as it comes in, so I don't have to leave and look for it, all right? And another one, which is set up for candidate outreach. And when I when I was the chief of staff for the U.S. for Michael Knowles for Senate in the U.S. Uh, uh, in Montana, okay, before Steve Bullock jumped into the race, we had set this up to use it for call for for call banking. Okay, now I partnered with Call Hub to get to get phone banking information done. When I go to David Hogg about the under thirty campaigns. If I can get him to give me maybe 20 or 30 campaigns or, or volunteers from the March for Our Lives, because I want teenagers that under like, 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 you know, 18, 19, 20 years old that understand how to use Discord, they're my target per person. We'll be able to, to, to set up a room where mul multiple, I'll have to check with the FEC rules and everything, but where multiple candidates can come in and, and use their call, call hub minutes and then and then there'll they'll be a li already 20 volunteers. So you guys don't have to look for the volunteers to do the phoning. Okay. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, um, and, and uh, yeah, like, hey, Michelle, take take it back. To, or, no, uh, Vera, if you want to say something, I saw your hand up. And if not, then, yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I do want to say something. It's such a delight to um, hear all these candidates, especially Ms. Natalie. Um, 
it's not pointed out often enough that we should have six to seven black women in the Senate, and we have none. Six to seven what? I didn't hear that. Black women. Mm -hmm. You know, if you just look at it proportionally, there's like 12 to 13% of the population is black, right? Mm -hmm. Based on that, in a 100-person Senate, there should be six or seven black women, just proportionally. That's just Mm -hmm. bare minimum, right? And we have none. Which is an outrage. Yep. I and mean, we only had Kamala Harris once she became VP. Um, in California, we pushed really hard. We pushed Governor Newsom to say Karen Bass is available, Barbara Lee is available, no- nominate one of them. That didn't happen. It's, you know, we're happy with um, Mr. Padilla. He's very progressive. Um, but we need Black women in the Senate. So it's, it's so great that you're running. It's so great that you can be there for a long time. <laughs> since you're so young. Um, So that's one thing. The second thing I wanted to say is there's a very powerful small organization here in the Bay Area called Electing Women Bay Area. And Mm. my daughter, who is in law school right now, actually interned for them um, in the summer of 2019. And she actually worked events where Kamala Harris came in, you know, for fundraisers. I think they would be really excited to host you if you're if you're willing to travel. Are you traveling right now? I am willing to travel. I've got my vaccinations and all the other stuff, and we've already, unfortunately, the house has gone through COVID. So at this point, it's time to get out here and hit the ground running and put my two masks on and keep on rolling. Okay, so then let me connect you with folks here because people need to see you, people need to hear you speak, and I think... Um, this organization can help get the get the ball rolling in a big way. Yes. Um, so that's um, that's my second point. The other thing I wanted to say, Justin, this is uh, for you. Poor People's Campaign. Um, in a, some of the weeks when we weren't working closely together, they had reached out because they needed to run a mobile billboard for the stuff that was happening in Charleston, and I helped them organize it. So I am, you know connected closely with the folks. So if you need to get a direct message to Reverend Barber, we can do that. (gasps) Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, I mean, I had a couple of free days there. It was crazy. You know how it is, Justin. You helped me with the first billboard we did here. And Mm -hmm. the folks on the ground in West Virginia had no idea how to do it. And so I kind of handheld them through it, created the the graphics, you know, uh, created the movie for the truck, sent it there. So, um, I mean, they, they were so grateful. So I know that if I send them a message, they will, they will try to do their best. Oh, you are amazing, Justin. You guys are doing some amazing work. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've been junkies for this, you know, doing all kinds yeah. of <laughs> and, and everyone, just so you know, Vera at the vigil, when, when, when we saw that impeachment was put, and Shawaski, you just know that this is true. This is just fact, okay? Nancy Pelosi was never, ever, ever, going to impeach him we we got together and we put together an outreach where we were se- where Vera was sending for free uh, impeach stickers impeach banners we we targeted individual districts and, and found one person per district i spent 3 weeks in front of nancy pelosi's offices okay and and, and we worked to get it done and then and then i was blessed so that after that we we got um we got uh 
we were able to work with the CPD, the, the, the Center for, for Popular Democracy, and had a flash mob of 2,000 people from around the country flown in to Washington, D.C. Their flights were paid for. Their, their hotels were paid for. We took over the Senate Heart Building. Okay? And I so love it. I don't play, and I, and I don't care who you are. I don't answer to anybody. I don't do anything that I don't want to do. And I want to let everyone know that Vera has enabled me to do that. She believed in me. She took care of me and housed me for three weeks there. Okay, she's made sure she took me to Washington, D.C. when we were there for people versus fossil fuels. And so uh, we, we just want this to be over. We just want this to, to things to be normal again. All right. And you know what? We're not going to stop until it's, it is. And so Vera. So I do want to say one more thing, you know, so this is the thing that, you know, when you guys were talking about voter aid and running concerts earlier. So this is the thing, right? Trump figured out exactly this formula. He goes into these rural communities and he holds these rallies, which are really, really boring. Who wants to listen to somebody like him speak so poorly, make no sense, right? And still, that is the only mass entertainment that people can get for free, and they show up. That's what I believe, right? So if you ran a political um, slanted concert, people would come just to see, just to see what it's about. And then you can talk to them and get the message out. If you had a musician and then you had Miss Natalie speak, how can people not then be excited to say, you know what, change is coming. Let me register to vote. Let me vote. It's and and the, great thing, the great thing about Natalie is that, see, when you have a picture versus you versus John Bozeman, there is a choice. Yeah. There is a choice. And you know what? There's going to be so many people in Arkansas excited about that choice. And then think if we can get the Reverend Barber out there. But this is not yeah. just for you, Natalie. This is for Lauren. This is for Jesse. Mm -hmm. This is for Chris Jones. For the whole we ticket. Need all, yes. We need all of you guys to win. All right. And, and now I need to let everyone know. Because I, you know, Natalie and Lauren, you've heard this. But Josh and Michelle and Chawaski. Okay. What is driving me? Is, is is the fact that that we we have not indicted people that that Trump can still can still make trouble for us and so we have looked and learned Vera has has done amazing things we have shut down the Golden Gate Bridge okay and we we understand these tactics and so the core of what I'm doing Shawaski is that in the case that we lose the house, we have established enough people around the country in red districts that we can have an underground resistance where we can work together because if we lose our democracy, we will lose it for a generation. And we don't have the option. We don't have the luxury of losing. And so we're going to win. And so Natalie, I told you, you don't got to pay me nothing. But when you win, okay, you got to give me a month off after you Honey, pay Honey, I'm paying you. I'm going to take you on a vacation. What, you, what are you talking about? <laughs> we are going to drink margaritas. All of us are going that time. Right after I told you. Did I not tell you? I said, girl, I got you. Don't worry about it. I got yeah, you. Okay. And, and How do you all love margaritas? How do you all feel margaritas. about Bill Clinton? Or, I'm sorry, President Clinton. I'm used to calling him but how do you feel about him? Like, maybe help. I mean, I know he would help out. I mean, he's, it's I, I mean, he, if you would help hurt. out now, it would be great because right now politics is picking up and people are getting interested in politics again I, this year. And we need him to say something because, like we've said, the silence is killing our ticket. 
And if he doesn't speak up soon, we're not going to have the help that we need. And we need it now so we can make a large noise and get people excited about the whole ticket. We have an amazing ticket. I can't stress it enough. I'm honored to be on this ticket. I'm glad I decided to hop into this race and to be part and meet the people that I have met. And I have made some a lasting friendship with these people. And I want us to know that this ticket can and will test the time. And we are going to make a big change. But we need him to get in here ASAP. We need oh, okay. everybody. I, you're Michelle, I have a personal connection to Bill Clinton. Um, he's one of my dad's very best friends. My dad has spent the night in the White House on several occasions. And they are like brothers and i i can get i can get a hold of bill clinton Clinton. michelle i think he would be help bridge the gap with our older voters Mm -hmm. with our newer vote you know what i mean like i think we have such a young ticket that us connecting with the older voters is actually going to be harder than us connecting with the younger voters so i think he could help bridge that gap okay yeah exactly about him because i know people had such a bad taste in their mouth about hillary and they, did, they don't know her personally. She's actually one of the nicest people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. But but, th- but they don't know her like, you know. But Bill Clinton is so charismatic. Mm-hmm. And he could help with the older voters. And people did love him in the state of Arkansas. Yeah, because that's yeah. the first thing they ask. What other offices have you run for? And we're like, we don't want career politicians. We haven't run for offices before. This is the first time we're running for office. We need people who aren't disenfranchised, who aren't set in their ways who are eager and ready to learn. We don't need the same thing that keeps going in there that already has their mind made up. We right. need sponges. And so if we have him come in, if we have Hillary come in and just say, hey, this ticket is amazing. Y'all better get on right now before I get on. I mean, this is a re- amazing, ridiculously amazing ticket. It would do us so much help. I, Bill Clinton, in my eyes, and in Hillary, have made a large, large shift in going back to talking about how they own their mistakes, apologize for their mistakes, and grow from it. Everybody wants to bring up different crime bills and everything else, but to go back and fix it and apologize for it says a lot to me about a person. So I want us to have the what we need to bring and mesh together, like you said, the different generations, because it's more than just one generation of Arkansas. We got boomers, um, Gen Y, uh, millennials, elder millennials, Gen Z. And, of course, my babies that I gave birth to, my 17-year-old, that's going to be coming up age. But she, unfortunately, she won't be able to vote for her mommy because she'll be 18 the month afterwards. But her friends that are able to vote for me. Well, I think that would be wonderful. And, I mean, they're, yeah, my son is 32. And, I mean, he, you know, we we can really, we can really get on this and, and get some younger people involved. Uh, the younger, the younger generation are our hope. You know, mm-hmm. they, they are... They're so um, into the LGBT community and helping out, and mm-hmm. and and they're tired. They're sick and tired of, you know, they had to have drills in school, you know, so they wouldn't get shot. As to where, you know, when we when I was in high school, the boys would go out and hunt and come back in the morning with their shotguns in their truck, and no one thought anything about it. Mm-hmm. So it's so different now. They've had to live such a different life than we have so they are a really good group of people to get in touch with and get a hold of mm-hmm. but I, I but i can also i can also get a personal connection to bill clinton and you know just any kind of spoken word or you know i'm behind these people or whatever may help with the older generation he also may be able to help just bring more national attention to what's going on in the state true and especially, you know, how much she backs women 
Mm-hmm. And because Chris is getting a lot of national attention because he's running against Sarah, but our races are still having a harder time because even though Natalie's running against Bozeman, I think she'd be having a whole lot different luck if she was running against Cotton. You know, she'd right. be blowing it out of the water. Womack rides the fence, and besides people in Arkansas, he doesn't really make waves. And so it's harder to get those national people to really pay attention to what we're doing. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, Chris Jones, Chris Jones has been in the military. And see, I, what I'm seeing is Marcus Flowers, who's running against um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, now he's in the military too, so he knows how to handle himself. Okay, and what I what I kind of envision for you guys is well, if you guys could run on a unity ticket of of togetherness, okay, then Chris could have the knockdown, fight him out, fight, and what that what that would free you guys up to do would be to just be above it and just you know what one of the worst things you can do to your opponent is like ignore them. And so, like, if you're not facing these things that they're doing and you're just talking about how good of a campaign that things are going to be and this is good, this is great, and you just stay on message with that, and then all all the candidates in Arkansas are doing that and then Chris is having the fight, then then the the negativity is kind of going to be directed at him. I I believe in Chris, and I think Chris can handle that. I think it's going to be a hard fight, but it might free you up to be kind of like his surrogates, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then this model for what we have in Arkansas, it can be, it can be, you know, it can be followed through in other places. And, and then, but, but by then we will have a more established um, group. The only thing is that, that we, we have to get on top of this now. We need to right. get into because, so can, you know, we, for, can we do a, a, is there a possibility of doing a group uh, video, right, of this mm-hmm. entire slate? Because I've seen individual launch videos for candidates, but couldn't it be like, you know, let's diversify, whatever it is, message that you want to put out for Arkansas, right? I really want to. And that's what we've been talking about. We just have to figure out the best way to do it fund wise and where it's not a joint concerted effort, because if it is too much of a joint effort, like we're working our campaigns together, FEC will get me and Lauren and we don't need that $10,000 fine. Yeah, so but see, it, if could, you be, have, it could be I'm an sorry. outside pack that basically yeah. does like you know interviews and then pieces it together, Perfect. and adds some music and then makes the video. Right? It doesn't have to be coordinated with the candidates. Yeah, maybe we have a pack here that's uh, dedicated to getting Huckabee or not letting Huckabee Sanders win. So maybe they could do it. I don't know what their funding situation looks like though. Well, um, we've got, we can do, we can edit pieces together too. If each one of the candidates has their own videos, yeah, uh, campaign videos, clip. then I, all I need is a clip and I can piece them together and we can also do like a Zoom interview just to get a couple of outtakes of video speaking directly to questions or, or, you know, just to pull it all exactly. together. Exactly, we make a script, you know, something to unify and then simply ask the candidates the same set of questions or whatever it is. I mean, we can get a production company onto this. Yeah, I do it. Yeah, I edit it too. And yeah, um, yes. yeah. Regina Marston. Regina Marston has been. She's been trying to get back in touch with me. She was in, in California's forty second. She has. She she got me on the DNC influencer um, uh, list. And I mean, the messaging is just horrendous. And so that's why I'm going through and collecting all the emails for all the. Um, candidates okay so that we can i mean the the ones that that are not getting directed from the dnc then then we can at least provide them something all right and, and so um now what i'm trying to do also is um 
is uh, Shawaski has not heard this before. I have a three point plan activism, media, and elections, in which they, these things synergistically grow. And so when, when, when an issue arises, we have protesters that can go out on the streets, okay? Then we, we, have, we have politicians who, who are working to get elected into office. And then we, 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 we focus on the media that, and, and the, the, the social media sites of the candidates and the protesters and all these people. And, and these, what, what's happened is it's very quickly morphed. And so I have an executive summary and stuff like that. Now, now, Mar uh, Regina Marston has 30 years of marketing experience. And I really agree with her, with her, you know, version of events. And she said, why do you think they talk about Big Bird? She goes, they talk about Big Bird because we sit here and talk about policy. And it's like, blah, 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 blah. And then he talks about Big Bird. And that last week goes by. And the only thing you can think of is a big yellow bird. She yep. goes, what we need to do is we need to be focused. She goes, this is not about Democrats versus Republicans. This is about Americans versus Nazis. This is about democracy versus fascism. Fascism. It's fascism. It's fascism. They're fascists. And and you know what? We, it, only with the, that kind of of of, of drumbeat. All right. And and, and Shawaski again, because you know people of the DNC. All right. The the information that I have, I know. I've done hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of work. Okay. So the people of the DNC hopefully will listen to me and learn through you, because uh, there is a white nationalist group, and I because I know that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is big on this. I mean, she's involved with all these people. Now, and I'm sure that throughout Arkansas, you have a lot of white nationalists who may not talk about this. Now, yes, we do. Uh, before, the insurrection, before the insurrection around um, on December 30th, okay, I sent out calls for help. And I said, they are planning an insurrection. I made calls to the FBI. I made calls to so many people. It was, it was just apparent. And there so was did no- I, Justin. I did too. Yeah, yes, and, and I showed them and I talked to them. And, and what happened is nobody wanted to hear it until after the fact. Now, I can tell you without a doubt that I gave information to, the, to, to someone who gave it to the FBI that proves, that showed that there was a connection between the Oath Keepers in Michigan and, and that, that Michael Flynn was working for them, with, working with them, and that there was a connection then to the National Alliance. The National Alliance is the group that, that radicalized and influenced Timothy McVeigh to blow up the Oklahoma City building. Okay, so Michael Flynn has been working with these people on asymmetric warfare. And the, the way that they're able to hide is that when these people have been deplatformed, there's a gentleman by the name of Rob Monster up in Seattle. Okay, and, and he started a group called Epic, Epic with a K. It's a domain registrar. All right. And when I went to them about what was going on, when I went to my source, I told them that January 6th is happening and the source for this is epic. Okay. This is, it's where Gab is. It's where Gitter is. It's where uh, Rumble is. It's where all the Proud Boys sites are. It's, I mean, all of them. Okay. And three months later, Anonymous took down epic, but they took it down epically. And I'm not even joking. The, the amount of information that came out you can go to DDoS Secrets. There is are, are, are hundreds and hundreds of gigabytes, just gigabytes, 180 gigabytes worth of, of information. And I've looked through it. I don't know how to do a, a, a SQL database. If somebody could do that for me, the names, phone numbers, addresses, home, home address, all of the personal identifying information for all of the people that bought sites, for all of the Proud Boy sites, for all of the, the Stop the Steal sites, everything. 
would become searchable. And it, like Jenna Ellis had, had, had been through there. All of the, the major people are going to the site Epic. And so if you want information about about the, the, the sources for, you know, where all this was coming from, I can get that for you if, if, if somebody can make me a SQL server or if we get professionals that are better than me that, on this. Because, I mean, there's no, we don't need to run initial policy. These people are fascists, they're Nazis, and, and all of the information is right there. And we can use it against them. It is right there. And all I had to do was, before Trump was suspended from Twitter, all I had to do was look at his, oh, it's going to be wild. And then I would read down at people's comments, and it was so frightening that I would report every single one of them to the FBI. And Washington, you know, WAPO, FBI, nothing happened. Nothing. No. And, and it's very upsetting. Also, well, at the uh, time, also, it was, you know, the FBI was basically in the control of Trump. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and Shawalski, again, I, I mean, these things, I shouldn't have to be the one to tell you, but I want you to know. Okay. And you, yeah. you may be aware, of, you may be aware about how the, the, the Secret Service works. Okay. Now, the Secret Service, it's not normal for you to leave the Secret Service and work a political job and then stop working the Secret Service or come back to working the Secret Service. Okay. Now, there was a, a person, his name is by, by the name of Anthony Ornato. He worked for the Secret Service. Donald Trump then made him the Deputy White House Chief of Staff. Okay. Then he made him a Deputy uh, Chief of uh, the Deputy Director of the OMB. And now, right this second, Anthony Ornato is the head, is the deputy director of the White House, of the uh, deputy director of the Office of Training for the Secret Service. So the person involved with all of the training of new hires for the Secret Service was Trump's deputy chief, White House chief of staff. And, and so there are questions. I have real questions about why Biden has been able not, why Biden has made certain decisions. Because if the, if, if the Secret Service has been, uh, you know, these are things that need to be handled by people that have, like, get paid that are not me. And so, like, you know, these issues are issues that, that you all are going to have to deal with when you're in office. And so, like, can somebody else that's not me deal with this? I mean, I don't know what to do. I don't know who to tell. I've told everybody. So, I mean, you that, know, related that, to this, there's one other thing that was in the news recently, which is that, you know, the bomb that was placed at the um, DNC, right, where Kamala Harris was on January 6th, she had Secret Service protection. She was VP elect, right? The question is, why did they not sweep the surroundings? How did they not find a bomb that was outside the building? And then allow her to be in there for hours till the bomb was detected, you know, some other way. And then, you know, she left. So these are questions. I mean, there's incompetence maybe, but also maybe malice. We don't know. And it's not okay that it's, it's run this way. No, it, no. I mean, and, and see, we, the, we need to fix the, the, the underlying issues. And, and what I spoke about right away was, we need to have sedition trials, okay, yeah. for everything that happened. And this was even before, because because the, the, the all right, Donald Trump was mentored by Roy Cohn. Roy Cohn was, was a lawyer who, who worked for him for many, many years. 
Roy Cohn was a legal counsel and the, and the chief of staff to, to uh, President, uh, excuse me, Senator Joseph McCarthy and the, and, the, and the Red Scare. The Red Scare was, 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 was established like by Roy Cohn. The, the, he Roy, Roy Cohn taught Donald Trump everything he knows, everything. And, and when people talk about, when I say, you know, this is, um, this is Americans versus Nazis and dem democracy, uh, democracy versus fascism, okay, you can, look, you can look back at this in the 80s when Ivanka, Ivana Trump, okay, went up against, um, uh, went, went and divorced Donald Trump. She said, they said, what well, did he ever, was he a big reader? Did he ever read anything? And what she stated in the middle of the 80s was that, well, he only ever had one book, and it was called My New Order by Adolf Hitler. Okay? Adolf Hitler's book. All right? And, and, and what I don't understand about the DNC is why they're not using these things against him. Because you know what? Donald Trump raped a 13-year-old girl at, Donald, at Jeffrey Epstein's house. It is the reason that he put out the, the, the White House, uh, uh, the, the Access Hollywood tapes, was to defuse it from this. She was 13 years old. He asked her to put it. I can show you the sworn deposition that she did, that she put. He asked her, he said, would you put a, 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 a wig on? Cause you look just like my daughter. Okay. Uh -huh. Now, why did the DNC not use any of this against him? Because you know what? He is a criminal and I have, I have the most heinous, the most heinous videos from Northern Syria. He is a criminal who belongs in the Hague. He is a war criminal, okay? And so, like, just letting things lie is not acceptable because there, without accountability, there can be no justice. And we're going to be in the state until we handle these problems. I agree. I just don't know what in the world, you know, we can do about it. I mean, Merrick Garland's got all this. And, and I think that we have a 100% right to know what's going on on that January 6th commission. You know, and, yeah, I, I, and, and we don't really know anything that's going on, and I'd like to know. And everybody, everybody, I'm sorry, Lauren, what were you going to say? Go no, ahead. I was saying, I think they're going to start some um, televised parts of that this week. Is that what I was hearing, or in the next week or so? Yeah, I also saw um, oh, Molly Jongfast put something out that said that they're not going to subpoena G GOP uh, con congressional people because of fear that it's going to, there's going to be retribution in return. And that's unacceptable. It is unacceptable because what's the, what's going to happen is not prosecuting them. Listen, I I I uh, have a relationship with someone who is actually a Trump supporter and a long distance thing. And what he told me, and one reason I am so passionately for this, and we have to do this now, is because what he said is, if he did all those things, he'd be in jail. Okay, if he did all those things, he'd be in jail. And, and right now, Merrick Garland, what, if you listen to Pam Keith, who, who for me is, a, is an amazing leader, she's a former Navy JAG, okay? And, and what, what she said about all this was, she said she has done enough investigating and research, and she, she believes that the reason that Mitch McConnell voted for Merrick Garland was because there was a deal that said that he would not prosecute uh, members of, uh, GOP members of Congress in order to be confirmed, okay? And so that could be why Matt Gates is still running free. Okay, Matt Gates sexually assaulted an underage girl and paid for it. And on top of that, he went out and, and, and joked about him and, and Lauren Boebert using C4 to blow up uh, uh, metal detectors at the U.S. Capitol. 
he also said that they're going to make Trump speaker. I mean, he, there is no reason that this man is free. There is no reason. There is a, a huge amount of trolls out there that will say, trust the system. There are, 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 are people out there like Mueller, she wrote, which is what you're saying, like, oh, this is such a hard thing and they have to do so much work. They don't have to do shit. It was done out in the open. Okay, it was done out in the open. We know what, what, what happened. And so we what we need is to get as many Democrats in office as possible, expand, expand our, our majorities, okay? Because we cannot lose the House. And then we need to, to hold these people accountable. And by that point, none of the obstruction of justice, all of that will, will be out, okay? All of the, the, the um, Stormy Daniels stuff, which Michael Cohen went to jail for, there's no reason that Merrick Garland did not did not um, prosecute that. Literally none. He just let the time go out. All of the uh, things from the Mueller report, he just let the time run out. And so now when we, when we go in, we're going to have to, the only thing we will have is, is January 6th that we can follow up on, which is a big deal in, its, in and of itself. But all of that stuff, I mean, we have been able to access Donald Trump's taxes the entire time. The, the, the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, it's written in, into the rules, it's passed law, can request the, the, the taxes for anybody. And, and the House has had something called the power of inherent contempt, okay? And, and they can enforce their own subpoenas. They can call the sergeant of arms and, and request uh, uh, that, that a person that doesn't go to their, to, to, you know, doesn't show up for the subpoena be taken to, to uh, a prison. I think it's a hotel, actually. I, but like they, they had some place where they can keep them. The thing is, is that instead they allowed Trump appointed justices, uh, judges to tell Steve Bannon. Yeah, I know. you. Yeah, you can be out there, uh, you know, making all of this seditious speak and you don't have to come back until next July. We, how is that possible? And Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger are not angels. They voted against the BBB. They voted against the Voting Rights Act. They voted against the, the infrastructure bill. They voted against all those things. And so they are not our allies, okay? And, and, and we must act. Without accountability, there can be no justice. Mike Pence and, isn't our ally either. No, I know that, yes. And I'm sorry, he, he wasn't the savior for January 6th. He actually called Dan Quayle to ask, what can I, is that possible that I, can I do that? He's and a I fucking weenie. He's advice. a fucking weenie. I mean, really, he's got no balls. Mother cut them off. Jesus. Okay. Yes. He can't I mean, be alone in a room with a woman. Yeah, there's a problem. That There's a problem with that, okay? And so if, like the DNC uh, uh, war room, which was established way before, okay, I think I think Adam Parkamento is, is involved with that or something, okay? And I, Adam Parkamento is pretty cool. I think he's also, he might be involved with the Devin Nunez cow thing, okay? And and now, but there's yeah. the, the, the problem is, is that, okay, you have a DNC war room, and it's just to prop up Joe Biden. And the thing is, is that we don't need to prop up Joe Biden. Joe Biden is doing everything he can. He is a just and a moral man, okay? He's a good person. Problem is, is that we, this is not, he's not rising to the urgency of now. And the if we don't do this right now, I mean, we don't have a second chance. And so the well, DNC war room needs to be going after sources of information. And that's why I have a team of people that are going. Uh, Shawaski, if you know somebody that 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 wants to take out a class action lawsuit up of up to between four and six hundred people, 
okay, that from ExxonMobil, four to 600 people that, that, that are willing to claim that ExxonMobil was engaged in racial, harass, uh, uh, racial discrimination against them on the workplace and fired them for that. We, then you know what? We can go on the offense because that's what we need. We don't need a DNC war room that goes after, that, that supports, puts out like stupid things about, oh, Joe Biden is great. No, I don't care. That's, that's like propaganda, seriously. What we need is a war room that goes, okay, source of misinformation, the source of misinformation. And just so you all know, the person who taught me computers, okay, Chip Turner, I, I worked with him for, for, what was it? From 1994 to 2008, when we were kids, we were like best friends. Right. For two years, I was his lead designer. He is that he is the director of engineering at Facebook this moment. OK. And so he blocked me on Twitter because Mark Zuckerberg is a criminal. And you know what? He is enabling him. So if you guys want to know where you go, if you want to leverage, if you get rid of Chip Turner, Facebook doesn't work right. Nobody else can do what Chip Turner does. So you know what? You you take that out. And he's there, I know his heart, he's a good person. And what he's doing is he's trying to protect the integrity of the code, okay? But he's enabling him. And so whether or not he realizes that he needs to stop doing that. And so I can tell you who that person is that you need to take out, but then you need to act on it, okay? We need to act. We need to direct our forces so that we know because the, the, all the sources of misinformation, there's about 15 to 17 sources of information for all the COVID disinformation. Well, I, mean, I, mean, I don't want to sound like a simpleton or anything. Yeah. But I mean, for but for our my state, as far as our our Arkansas is concerned, we need people to know that you can be a Christian and a Democrat, because these people have it in your, have it in their minds that they have to vote Republican because, you know, we're we're not Christians. We're all, uh, you know, we're all atheists and, um, you know. Maybe, maybe now, uh, to that point, and this is why I'm passionate about Regina Marston. Regina Marston has, comes from a very evangelical background. She, she uh, in 2000, she was sitting in the pews and in Florida when she lived in Florida. And the pastor said, a vote for, Cl for Gore is a vote for Satan. And she said, oh, really? And you know what? She got up, she walked out of the room, okay, and then she, they said to her, she said, she called the IRS the next day and she said, yeah, he's, this is, uh, this is uh, politics on the pews going on here. And you know what happened? He lost his tax exempt status and then, and then he, he ended up losing his church. Okay. And so I was putting together for her a messaging campaign and researching because the, the sources that are putting together um, all of all, everything going on with Michael Flynn. They're all churches. So AmericanFaith.com, I looked into that. I was like, because it says it right underneath where he's talking when he's talking about we only want one religion. I said, what's AmericanFaith.com? It's owned by by Phil Hoffman, Hoffman Pillar, right? So I was like, well, well, who's this guy? He owns a big church called Influencer Church in the middle of Anaheim, California. And he does leadership uh, 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 outreach to politicians. And so what we need to do is we need to establish a group of people. It doesn't need to be that big where we can go through and look at all of the groups and then we can see which ones are very easy and which ones, you know, to just go and say, IRS, look, they're doing this. This is not covered by their tax exempt status. Then they will lose their tax exempt status. Well, okay. for Warren and Natalie, uh, Ronnie Floyd did the same exact thing. He, he said a vote for, um, I think it was Obama at the time, or maybe it was Clinton, but he, he did, he had a bit like a presentation and he said that 
He said a vote for them is a vote for Satan. It's a vote for abortion. It's baby killers. And I mean, he did all of that. And how he wow. didn't lose his tax exemption, I have no clue. Other than, you know. The reason is because the current head of the IRS is a Trump appointee. When Biden came in, he did not do a, a good a good house, a, a clean house. He left so many people. And, and so there are questions about why that person is still there. Okay, and because the messaging campaign that I envision is not going to be effective because there have been people trying to do what I'm talking about. And what he does is he'll take it down. And so people are like, yeah, we won. And then they forget because then he'll go back and he'll, he'll just say, okay, well, we're going to let you operate as normal again. So then they get they get access to all of their their tools there. There is a, um, a woman. Her name is Jennifer Jenkins in Brevard County. She was running for, for school board. She was a school board member. And she had people coming out of the rafters to come at her. I mean, they called the DCF on her when she went to pick her child up and said she was burning her and had to look under her child's clothes. They had, they had MAGA people coming on and, and, and leaving and roundup with roundup, like curse words in her grasp. And, and so I, um, I saw people that were affected like that. And I put her in touch with somebody that, that, it looked like that had happened to in California. They ended up on, on Lawrence O'Donnell together, okay? And then after that happened, I talked with somebody by the name of Matt, Matt Fleming. His, his, uh, his handle is Matt, M-A-T-T underscore Fleming, F-L-E-M-I-N-G 321. And now Matt ran for office. And the reason I'm telling you guys to follow him is that he does these amazing brilliant brilliant investigative tweet threads and and what he's doing is he's uncovering that all that this the use of 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 nonprofits the in this way is everything like moms for liberty what they're going through is all around the country they're they're trying to say that they're moms for liberty they're the reason that they're that that, that mothers are going we don't want to have masks is because that's a white nationalist ploy in order to 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 to, to hurt uh, America. There, there's something called accelerationism, okay? And accelerationism is the process by which um, uh, they they bring about the they they hurry about the fall of of of, of po political or or um, you know government structure so that they can reestablish a white homeland. All right, and so now. This was, if you remember back to the, the insurrection, they did something. There was a time I was like, I can't believe they're doing that. They said, mass hugging event, mass hugging event, where they're like, go give your friend a hug. They're uh -huh. actively trying to spread COVID, okay? They are actively trying to spread COVID. And the reason for this is because the, the, they are trying to bring down our hospital infrastructure there. And, and then uh, for instance, right in the middle of, of, of March, the, 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 there was, uh, uh, J, 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 Okay. I found a video and it was the most horrific thing I've ever seen where the guy outlined, he's like, here's what we're going to do guys. And he said, this is satire. So you can't sue me. He goes, we're going to go to China to, to, to Ch the, these online places. And we're going to buy stuff infected with COVID. And then what we're going to do is once we get COVID, then we're going to go visit grandma at the, at, at the uh, nursing home because who, who doesn't miss grandma? Okay. And then after that, we're going to buy so much toilet paper because, you know, we want to be extra clean. And he made it like a joke. 
It was the most horrific thing I've ever seen. I spent a month trying to get that video taken down and with people going, oh, are you kidding me? Are you serious? He says it right there. It's satire. He said it was satire so it wouldn't be taken down. And, and we need to be taking the threat of white nationalists very seriously because Michael Flynn is, is engaged in asymmetric warfare. He calls them digital soldiers. Okay, and so if you ever engage in anyone with a three-star emoji, that is Michael Flynn. Those people are following Michael Flynn's orders, and they have engaged in, in asymmetric warfare. And, and everything that they're talking about, the reason I know what we should be doing is because I have spent the last four years understanding what they're doing. And with everybody telling me, oh, just stop looking at those things. And I said, not looking at them doesn't make them go away. Okay, and 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 and... and uh, it was the July 31st. It was just a few days before that, before I went to, to, to San Francisco in 2019. And I sent out a, a, a message on Facebook and I said, you guys are not going to like this, but you have to listen. There is going to be violence. There's going to be violence and, and, and the people are going to die because you can see from the chatter that they're talking about what, that they're, they're riling each other up. Then El Paso happened just a few days later. El Paso the shooting in Texas was was a political, politically motivated shooting. It was targeted at Beto O'Rourke because Beto O'Rourke, when he was about 13 years old, he was a computer whiz and he was in, a, in something called the cult of the dead cow. Okay. And so it was targeted at him. Then it was also, there was another shooting the same weekend targeted at, at, at Dayton, Ohio. Okay. And that was targeted at Tim Ryan. And nobody wants to talk about these things because it's already difficult all right. And so I know what we need to be focused on. The problem is, is that we need to be able to have the tough discussions. We need to be able to have somebody at the DNC smart enough to know that that it is more it is better to, to hire me. That, that because imagine, think about what I have done with nothing. Think about what I could do with money. Okay, and, and, and so when I'm trying to get to, to, to find people to pay for things, it's not because I'm greedy. It's because we've reached a point now where these things are, are, need to be taken care of. And I have enough information and enough connections that we can do that. Snowden, have you, you have your hand up. Go ahead, Snowden. Oh, sorry. I, I forgot that I was on mute. No, I, I you're bringing up some really amazing things, Justin, that. Um, I think that we absolutely should be trying to recruit people to go after these nonprofits and, you know, just to circle back to that. Um, and if we take a page out of their playbook and start getting aggressive about some of the more evil things, and it doesn't even have to be um, anybody with a name, somebody with a pseudonym on, on Twitter doing it, somebody, if we can recruit some people who can, pretty much be the trolls that they've hired. I mean, they have machines coming out of um, Nigeria and uh, what was the other hotspot? Um, I think, uh, you, uh, oh, I can't remember, South America. Um, there were a number of hubs there where they had all of these troll farms and these people were just paid to sit there and and dispute and cause arguments in otherwise normal intellectual discussions that were going on in social media. And and they were spreading the lies there. But if we if we can take a page out of that playbook and get enough of an army like the digital soldiers to go out and dispute the lies and and, you know, 
plant truth, but then also put out some of the information about the evil things that that a lot of these people have done. You know, it's just a shame that nobody really cared about the fact that Donald Trump raped a 13 year old. And that is his biggest fear. That is why he went. He, he did Access Hollywood. He is terrified of Katie Johnson. And Katie Johnson, it, it, Jeffrey Epstein was not too far away from me, okay? And, he, and we've always known about what he's doing. And, and, and th- that, that girl was the same age as me at that, at that time, okay? And so this is near and dear to my heart, all right? It, it, now, we, we cannot keep allowing this in the name of bipartisanship. We cannot allow criminals to walk free. Without accountability, there can be no justice. All right, and so so it is incumbent upon us to 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 take the, to do the work. All right, and, and and let me tell you, if the DNC is not going to do it, I will because it has to be done. And, and it just yeah. if we just we just need to we just need to do it. He's a sicko. Right. He's crazy. Jesus. Good golly. Well, I, just how think, I just think if um I just know Arkansas from living here my entire life and if natalie and lauren or anybody start to run on that kind of thing that's not going to fly in arkansas do you guys you're absolutely right about that they don't have to they don't have to that we we there needs to be a media team doing this right it doesn't have to be connected to them because i don't i would never ask natalie to say these things i want natalie to be the one pushing for for you know making sure that these people are held accountable and lauren making these people held accountable because i know she can't do that i know there are limits okay but the fact is if you don't know about this then how are we gonna how are we gonna fix the problem and that's what listen i passionately believe in the in the candidates from arkansas because they're they're quiet they're on message they know what they can say they know what they de- can't say okay and, and and that's what we need and no one will expect this coming especially because of the fact that i'm not i'm not affiliated with anybody i'm not well, I, here's no- another here's another issue and in, in the state of arkansas too because i know uh, along with me and several of my friends we have completely gotten rid of cable and direct tv and we've got hulu prime you know, we can watch CNN and a lot of us can't watch local channels. So, I mean, we don't even know who's running. I mean, it's, it's, you know, unless you're involved, unless you get yourself involved. So honestly, Michelle, I think we all, we, we haven't even really gone to the TV route because of that. Like so many people don't watch TV or watch commercials anymore. So we're trying to figure out other ways to get that message out. I I think that's where I can help. Right. Yeah, which is great, Michelle. But you know, um, I, I it was Directv that actually dropped OANN. But before that happened, um, I don't know if you're aware. If you've got um, Hulu or or um, what was uh, what's the other one that um, got really popular for a while there? I subscribed to it just to see what it was like. But it was another one of those uh, multi-channel um, streaming Disney services. Plus. What's that? Was it Disney Plus? No, it wasn't Disney Plus. It was it was TV? one of the the main ones. It wasn't Hulu. It was um, It's probably um, Discovery it's... Plus because they have the Duggars and all those people yeah. on there. Yeah, it was it was not a, attached to any one specific network. But anyway, I'll I'll think of the name of it. I had COVID recently and I can't remember anything. But I the, I still the... have it. Oh, I'm sorry. Aww. Anyway, ugh, yeah, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. But what I was going to say is that OAN and Newsmax 
were part of the free local service that you could get, whereas um, CNN and uh, MSNBC and Fox News were all part of the premium package, and the same was on DirecTV. DirecTV, if you got the lowest level package that didn't cost much, you would have um, OANN and Newsmax. Why? It's that's a huge problem because you know some people can't afford to get the premium cable services. So, yeah, we need the fairness doctrine. We need so many um, policies to come back to protect us from the lies that are influencing masses like this. But for now, um, reaching people via billboards, radio, um, the signage on bus stops. <laughs> and on park benches there are a lot of ways to reach people locally that have nothing to do with the television set and on tv they're going to select what they want to watch anyway and they're going to go to places that you know resonate with their their existing beliefs or what they've been brainwashed to see they're not going to see the facts because they're not going to choose to go to places that play the facts so if we can start reaching them in local radio and reaching them in uh you know just in with visual messaging that hits them in the face when they're driving to work. That is one way of doing it. And the other way is just canvassing, you know, sending out volunteers to go and talk to people in community centers and, you know, yes, in churches too, um, you know, where their community events. And then of course, you know, the, the voter aid, uh, you know, big concert series that just stops into these local areas. So. And, and then I think about, can I say one, one more yeah. thing? Um, you know, there is an article which I, I mentioned on the previous week's uh, Twitter spaces. It's from Stanford Graduate School of Business. It's called How Protests Swing Elections. And what it is, is um, research that shows um, how voters are motivated to actually register and vote when they see people out there holding a picket sign, you know, even if it's a small protest, if they have progressive messaging, if they have voter-centric messaging, if they have messaging that's related to, um, you know, one party versus the other, they feel empowered because they don't feel alone anymore, right? So if Arkansas, if people there are feeling that they are surrounded by red voters, by MAGA voters, they're going to be demoralized. Even if they see policy issues coming from a candidate, they may not feel like their vote is going to actually make much of a difference. But if they see these protests happening, that can make a difference. Now, protests don't have to be just militant, like chanting and shouting. They can be fun. They can be music. They can be drumming, any kind of stuff, right? So if, this if is you wait, Let me, if you, if you look, do you, you, you all know who Josh Hawley is, okay? Now, if, yes, you, look unfortunately. At, if you look at <laughs> to, um, Josh Hawley, that there was, now when we, when, when, Vera started the Vigil for Democracy. The way that we chose the word was to get around the algorithm because there were people that were like smash white 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 nationalism, and that's 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 going to get you put down in the in the SEO. So we picked Vigil for Democracy because anybody can have a vigil, and the name is stuck is, is stuck in people's head. So when we helped organize with the CBP to get people to the Senate Heart Building. There were people at the shutdown DC that we connected with, and somehow or another, the name just stuck. But the the the, the outreach where they had like a dance party in front of Josh Hawley's house, okay, that was a vigil for democracy. Yeah. And so, 
the power that we can use of these words. Okay. So like of getting things out now, now that may be, that may be a, a more, a more radical way of thinking about things. Okay. Now we can also focus with the concerts. We can focus on, um, in terms of like get out the vote. So, but, but things, thinking about things like if we can get people into the concerts and then the concerts can be get out the vote, get out the vote uh, generators. Okay. And then if, if we can highlight local bands, all right, mm -hmm. local, local bands. That's some, it. Local okay? bands, local little dance troops. They can even be like, uh, you know, a grade school singing group. I mean, there's... Anything. Imagine if Janelle Monet told those people, come up here, come up here, girl, come on. You yeah. know, imagine yeah. imagine if we had Halsey or something uh, inviting a local band. So yeah. they're not, it's not only going to be... And you know what? Target conservative bands. Target conservative bands. Can I say something? Huh? Can I say something? What? I was like, you, you could also focus on radio um, stations. Um, right, but wait, 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 hold on, hold on, because yeah, I want I, people I to see the it off in a minute. Um, that's why I just kind of wanted to tell Michelle and Josh that I kind of wanted to um, network with them because I've, I've been waiting for a while to tell them that. Um, yeah, I have a group of Democrats for Action. Um, Justin and Snowden, Lauren, Natalie, all in it. Um, if you guys want invite, let me know. But we're doing all kinds of organizing digitally and getting people on the ground. But I have to go to bed. That's why I just wanted to jump. Okay. Oh, Thank you, Blue. Okay. Sorry you had to wait so long. It's Thank okay. I'm just really you. weird about like jumping in and stuff. <laughs> no problem, Blue. Thank you. I'm I'm in your room. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. You have right, my number. Okay. okay. Now, now, what I was saying, okay. If we target and we go and we go out of our way, what 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 conservative band, okay? And, and I'm thinking in terms of like Aaron Lewis here, who did that whole like, um, what? How are you feeling or whatever? Which is he was wearing it that he impeached Biden. Invite him to sing. Oh, you know, I'll tell you another thing too. We've got mm -hmm. this woman from Arkansas who is absolutely very close again to my dad. But her name's Janae Fleener, and I don't know if any of y'all have heard, heard about her, but she now plays with Blake Shelton. She she plays oh what we call the fiddle, you mm -hmm. know, and she is amazing, and she would do anything for my dad. And, you know, maybe we could get something like that. Well, okay, like okay. Now, now, so here's, here's, here's the thing. Vera knows the person at Apple that asked Billy Elish to be, to, to speak at the DNC. So we have we have a way of getting in touch with her. Miss Marston is a part of the uh, uh, Alyssa Milano's influence group, and Alyssa Milano asked her to be in that group. So and Halsey spoke at the women's march very passionately. So we could have Alyssa Milano go to, to Halsey, okay? And then awesome. uh, you know, Monet campaigned for Elizabeth Warren. And when I mentioned that, Vera sent me a picture and said, "Look." There's a picture of you, Jr. in your front in front of Carla's house. That's my neighbor. She's Elizabeth Warren's biggest biggest uh, uh, funder. Okay, and then Blake Shelton, or excuse me, Blake Stapleton, who is in Ohio Ten. I encourage you all to follow him. Okay, multiply not divide. It is such a great concept. Uh, he used to work with Will I Am. I've already been on him talking about this. We already have the websites uh, bought. Um, we are, and, and, and you know, he's collaborated with Justin Timberlake. The only thing that we need is leadership at the higher levels, because I mean, 
it's not like I want to do all this work. I mean, I don't have to work. I have a daddy. I don't have to do all this stuff. Okay. Me too. <laughs> I mean, it would be nice to like not have to do this much work because I'm not getting paid for it. But if we're going to have to do it, we're going to have to do it. And if I have to do it, we'll do it. We just need, we need to get this, so, you know. I, I think that it'd be awesome to have a, a separate call with anybody who um, would like to be involved in the planning stages of the voter raid. Um, because we, we all have some amazing connections here. And um, I've got, you know, I'm keeping a running list of people who, who um, have connections to different artists. So I've got some myself um, in my back pocket. And I think this kind of thing would be amazing. But even just what Varel was saying, I want to go back to that because it's so important. If you have volunteers on your campaigns who can put together, um, you know, like just a, a community picnic or anything like that, the power of just being face to face with people is so much greater than anything we could do in social media or concerts or anything else. Just that that human touch, that human interaction. And, you know, furthermore, people on the other side aren't going to tell you they hate you when you're standing right in front of them, but they will tell you they hate you on social media. Well, I can tell you this, every Saturday night in downtown Rogers, I'm, I don't know if they do it in the winter, but um, they have um, a concert. They have concerts in downtown Rogers. And a lot of people show up for those. And they serve beer and everything else. Well, Noreen, you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, actually, I didn't know about the Rogers one, but you know Fayetteville, the the Park series, and then the J uh, the JJ series. But yeah, I'm like the Bentonville Rogers area. I'm still trying to learn about all the ins and outs of what's going on up there. Since I'm down here in Farmington and I work in Fayetteville, I don't get as much information on that. So yeah, send me. Well, and I know a lot of a lot of those people that go to downtown Rogers and listen to those musics are a lot more liberal people. Well, let's do it. If they are liberal, if they are liberal, perhaps they'd let us do a um, a voter aid um, stop in. You know what I mean? Like take up one of those uh, concert nights and do a stop in that's called voter aid. If they'd be willing to do it, if they're liberal, they will. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah, the mayor, the mayor, um, Greg Hines. I'm I'm dating his uncle. (laughs) I've a in fact, I have a date with him this weekend. And he, you know, he, they're, you know, they have, if you want to win, you kind of have to run as a Republican, but Greg is very liberal. Just so I don't forget this, when I was in Kentucky to visit my ex-husband in Lexington, I met the husband of a guy, the president of the Foundation for Ethical Fundraising. It's something like that. Would that help y'all if you got in touch with him? Anything would help us. Okay, I mean, because can, I'm thinking maybe we could give workshops on how to raise money ethically. Like, if I could get him to come on our spaces, would that be useful for you all? That would be. And I like the idea with the Rogers and um, going out there to the um, the concert nights. And also to add to it, let's do a town hall. Because people keep asking for town halls and wanting to sit down and talk with us about the issues. So I think that would be a great opportunity to turn it into a fun, relaxed town hall, pull up a beer with the candidate or something like that. And we have the concert going on and intermingling between the two and asking questions in the concert. That would be amazing for people to get involved. And I think that would get people to actually get out and vote and, 
enjoyed that we're not stuffy politicians. We're here to be actual people and listen and live our lives and live our lives together. See, Natalie, I wonder if it would be helpful because um, whatever we wind up um, writing down as a plan for Arkansas for a voter aid, I wonder if it'd be helpful to plan into the events a town hall that occurs right before the concert. Always, because that's the biggest thing. Our candidate, not our candidates, but our current lawmakers don't do town halls. We haven't had town halls, so people are screaming, yearning, and calling for it. And then, like, I know one year for my birthday, well, it was, well two years ago for my birthday, instead of doing, because my birthday is also on Trump's birthday, brr, we did a, <laughs> yeah, we did a drag show. I wanted a drag show for my friend. He did a drag show for my birthday at the state capitol in a fun protest. So it wasn't like a boring chanting like we normally get out there and do. We protested his birthday by having a drag show at the state capitol steps, which it, it was funny and it was fun and it was lighthearted and we enjoyed it. So it's more need. things like that. That is what we need. And listen, I'm telling you. I have a friend that that is is oh. trans and that used to be into drag queen. And so, like, if you look at the drag queen lists, because I used to be a bartender, I have pictures with Latrice Royale. I've known Latrice. I've seen her sweat when the when the AC was off. I mean, mm -hmm. I made jokes with her. I we we have I have no Rebecca Glasscock. I've talked to Willem, and we have Simone. And so we have tons of those people. And and, and you know, I know because I, I for years and years from. 1998 until 2016, I worked in food and beverage. I worked in bars and nightclubs. And so I know the general manager of Space Nightclub. Space Nightclub is the largest nightclub in the world. Okay? There are six levels. And when I would go, he would like, he, the, he would open the doors that I'd bring 10 people and he would give us all free drinks, tickets, and then let us go in. I know him and, and like he has connections with, with people all over in Ibiza and in New York and, and Chicago. And so I think that he might be able to connect us with all of the infrastructure to do this. Well, I was going to say, you know, like downtown Rogers has completely changed. I mean, you walk around with a beer. They sell beer at those concerts. So people are walking around with beers and it's just very casual and people are, you know, which they're visiting with each other and chit chatting and getting to know each other. And that would be, I think that would be a great thing to, to, yeah. you know, for you all to go to, to get to know some folks up in Northwest <laughs> Arkansas. Cause a lot of them, like I said, are transplants. They mm -hmm. don't know a lot of people, but usually the people that go to downtown Rogers are more of the locals that are the old um, liberals and, and, you know, Democrats and stuff like that. But there's also a lot of younger people there too. So I think that would really, really, um, you know, come spring when it starts back up again, I'll have to find out, but that would be something that I think would be a bonus. Uh, so I Michelle, see, I'm wait, wait, wait a second. I see David Anderson from Texas 22 over here and Shawaski had his hand up. So I'd really like to know what, what Shawaski wanted to say. Yeah, and then so I'd much. like to Thanks so David much. What was that? Sure, sure. Thanks so much, Justin. I just want to say thank you for having me tonight. It's about 1210 here in Mississippi, and I'm going to need to retire for the evening, but I definitely want to connect with your direct message. Okay, and, and listen, if you know anyone in Mississippi that's not getting DNC help, tell them I do this every every Tuesday 
Okay, and I'll help any candidate for any race. It doesn't make a difference. I'll help people that are that are running against each other that aren't run, whatever because uh, because for where we're lacking, I'm happy to do this. And and I, we have a really good and thank you for coming because you energized us tonight. Okay. Well, I was happy to be here, and and you all the same here. I, I enjoyed it all. Thank I'll you. Thank you, you so too. much. Thank oh, you. absolutely, Nelly. Uh, and good luck to you all in your races, and uh, see you out there. Thank you. I'm also going to have to go because my three-year-old granddaughter's in my bed, and she has COVID, too. Aww. Luckily, I'm boosted, and I have no symptoms. But so, Michelle, um, um, I'm hoping, would you mind um, uh, DMing either Justin or myself uh, with your contact information? I would love to stay in touch with you about some of these ideas. Oh, absolutely. I, to I will get on that as soon as I get out here. Great. Thank you so much. And it was really nice meeting you. Nice to meet you all so much. And I'll do anything I can to help. Thank Great. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, me. Michelle. And I'm going to do the same because it's 12, 12 here. And it's time for me to close my eyes because I'm getting that sleepy, sleepy voice in. And I'm a Democrat <laughs> and a Christian. So God bless you all. Yes. <laughs> thank, you. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Okay. And, bye. And you know what, Natalie, before you go, I mm -hmm. told you I like to over-deliver, right? Yes, you did. <laughs> yes. Yes, mother. Yes. Yes. Oh, uh, well, have okay. a good night then. And um, Vera, I saw your hand up. Oh, I was just, uh, you know, expressing um, support. <laughs> it that, wasn't a hand. We have David. David, uh, you're in Texas 21, right? And... Uh, We've had the most amazing experience tonight. We had Chris Jones on. We had Alan Ellison on. We had so many people on. And we have just, this is, I'm glad. I hope you you, you remain a part of this. So so what's going on, buddy? How's your race and everything? Hey, thank you so much for having me. Uh, when I came into conversation, y'all was talking about ethical fundraising. And that's, uh, I get on that topic in a little bit. But my race is going good. As you know, Texas has the first primary. My primary is in my primary voting starts in 26 days. So I've just been busy. Team, I don't get no sleep at night. Like I might go to sleep tonight. Like it's I might go to sleep tonight around 4 a.m. Be back up again at 7 a.m. Yeah, but you know what? Claudia is gonna beat your ass <laughs> if if you if you if you don't get some sleep. <laughs> you know. I mean, not literally, and you know, because she's gonna beat you in the race, and, and she's gonna kick your ass because you're <laughs> up too late. Because you know what, we we I, like I say to people, we'll sleep when we're dead. But you know, because because it is kind of tiring. But I'm glad that I'm glad that things are going good. And you know, if if it would benefit you for me to find somebody that could talk about ethical fundraising for candidates, I'd be happy to do that. Um. Yes, please. Yeah. So that yeah, Claudia situation. All the polls right now are showing me and Claudia in a runoff because, like, because they don't see because uh, most of the newspapers are calling us the six unknowns. So and they call it me and Claudia mm -hmm. in a runoff, and the only way me and Claudia were got that are getting that because don't forget we was in thirty five going against Lloyd Doggett at first, and that's how we got our names out. But but since Lloyd Doggett's risk, Greg came in. Justice, since the Justice Democrats took over 35, we since the 21, and me and Claudia have been the only two actually been in the newspaper, getting news articles, 
and I do feel bad for the other six, for the other four candidates. They have been out there, but nobody has really been talking to them. Yeah, well, you you and Claudia have really given a good, um, what's the word? You guys have given a really good example because when I had you on, because there's a lot of people with, with in races yeah. against other people, and you guys were really gracious because you guys are, are campaigning against each other. But you know what? I liked what Claudia said. She goes, David is my friend. She goes, if he wins, I'm happy. She goes, if he wins, I win. And, and, and you know, he knows that if I win, he wins. And I, I liked I like that. You've given a great example for, for other people. And, you know, like, um, if you need anything as far as what's going on, you reach out to me. I've got, like, 50, 60, 70 DMs I need to get to. I'll, I'll get it to it tomorrow or, or, you know. So just let me know. Oh, thank you so you. much. And, like, oh, yeah, that ethical fundraising, I would love to have that talk about. I would love if you can find somebody to talk about that because getting into the political scene – this is the one thing I never understood. This is the one thing I never understood. And like most of like uh, the centrist, uh, like most of like the older Democrats, they could never answer this. Um, like I, we got like, for example, like Nancy Pelosi, um, uh, Lloyd Doggett, uh, like um, all them older, like all them older progressive Democrats. Most of them take money from police unions and stuff like that. Uh, most of them work with the police. Because I was at the Martin Luther King Festival in uh, San Antonio this weekend. I mean, yesterday. The police was out there uh, campaigning for Lloyd Doggett. And they was campaigning for Greg. Right. But let one of us take um, money from police unions. They're tails up to a new one. And that's something like nobody never Yeah, misses. but the thing is... Okay, yeah, but that's the thing in politics. Okay, when they when that happens, okay, when you know that the other person's that, that is happening to them, and, and, and then you know no. they're going to say something, just don't respond. It doesn't. It, uh, you're above it. You what? Like, and that's what I used to do in the bar because if somebody annoyed me and I didn't want to know, I would just pretend I didn't see them. Yeah. Okay, and like they would come to me trying to get a drink, and I was like, I just I, I couldn't see them. And if you do that, like just just that's how Trump wins. Uh, you just don't pay attention to it. It doesn't exist. Blah, 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 blah. And because they're going to come at you no matter what. They're going to come at you if you do it right. They're going to come at you if you do it wrong. They're going to come at you if you say it's up. They're going to say oh, yeah. it's down. That is what the propaganda machine is, is about. So, like, let them come at you and just. Yeah, that's the one that I'm starting to learn. No matter how much of a Democrat I am. Because I started running this race, I'm not going to make every Democrat happy. And I'm, I'm not going to make every I'm not gonna make them because it's um it's, it's impossible to make every Democrat. Well, you should know you race, should so. know that it's huh? his, historically the, the, the divide, the divide that we have. What happened? What happened? Hold on, hold on. Historically, if you look back at the re at the reason for the schisms. There are two, what a lot of people don't know about is caucusing. Caucusing is the way that we form alliances. And there's two different uh, caucuses, big caucuses. One is the new Democrats and one is the progressives. And the new Democrats are, are made up of people. They're what you call the old style blue dogs. Blue dogs used to be a caucus. And they're the conservative de uh, um, uh, Democrats. They're the more conservative Democrats, okay? Uh, what you'd call moderates or whatever. And they're usually the older, the white people, the white candidates and see the progressive candidates. They're coming with the more, you know, the more radical platform 
uh, and expanding rights to so many people, but the new Democrats control the DNC. And so the, the, the progressive party doesn't have their own fundraising platform. They don't have a way of, 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 of um, you know, getting all of the money. So they're dependent upon the DNC too. The problem is the DNC is not serving them either. And so when you like part of politics, par, po politics, as Hillary Clinton said, is the art of making the impossible possible. And by doing that, you need to know who you need to, to talk to. And so like, for instance, Ro Khanna. Ro Khanna wanted to be vice president under Bernie Sanders. Okay, Ro Khanna is as progressive as they come. But the way that Nancy Pelosi is able to influence him is she'd be like, you want to write home? Okay, and if she, she pa if he passed, voted for a bill, she just wouldn't wait for him. So he would have to fly commercial, uh, coach, or he'd have to fly a commercial back because she wouldn't take him back. And so that's how she controls a lot of the delegation for California. And so, like, you have to understand, this is why, like, Ilhan Omar has done so well, because she's actually close friends with Nancy Pelosi. All right. So as despite how whatever people may say about her, um, Nancy Pelosi made sure to make friends with Ilhan Omar. And now whenever Pelosi goes to Africa, she always takes Ilhan Omar with her. Okay. And so like, you need to know who you can make make angry and who you can't make angry. And you know, like, um, Justin, you know, can I jump in real quick? Something sure. that um, David was talking about that you know the other guys have the police union. Um, is it Melanie or Bonnie that has the connections with the um, that was talking about the importance of the labor unions and and getting in contact with them? I just wanted to bring that up because, you know, the police union isn't going to be the same as, you know, other unions that are in those areas. And if you're if your platform is more aligned with the unions and not just the police union, but other unions, you know, it's entirely possible that you can get the unions to work on your side as well. And speaking of unions, Josh Garcia is still here. Uh, Josh, are you still around? What? Josh, I don't know if you, well, Josh, uh, uh, Vera, Josh is running for, when he finds out about redistricting, it's Ohio something, I can't remember which one it is, um, but he has a lot of experience with labor organizing. I talked with him about, um, well, not labor organizing, but he knows about union stuff. So I talked It's him uh, Ohio that. 10. No, Blake. that's, that's Blake Stapleton. Yeah, so, so my, my district would be the 51st. Right now it's drawn very small. Like I said, the Republicans got it. You know, the state of Ohio, we voted for it to be redistricted fairly. And of course, they threw down a awfully drawn district again. So the they have to fix both congressional and state as of cool. the is, is that 51st? Is that that's the state house, the, right? The state house, yeah. Okay, so, but if we could really rely, because labor organizing is very, very similar to, to campaign organizing. It's also very similar to, to, to protest organizing. And so if you could connect us, preferably with a female, preferably with a, a candidate, and if, I mean, if you want to do it yourself, that'd be great. But if you could find someone that's a candidate that really knows about this, because I know you said you didn't know too much about labor organizing, that would be really, really helpful because I could get them airtime on Wall of Moms, 
okay, which has 50,000 followers uh, because they've been asking me to do a space on, on, on labor organizing. I don't know anything about it. So, you know, if you want to get your, get boosted and get noticed, if you can have a conversation about that, we can get, we can get that started. Yeah, definitely. So like my big thing is regardless of, as I say, Saturday, we get the maps in there's, they're supposed to have, I'm sure they'll have them out by Friday evening. If it comes to the point where now I'm not in any position of running for a seat, um, my next big thing was really pushing my OT40 um, overtime protection and really getting that going here and spreading that message. Um, because my my biggest thing is, I guess I've lived in different areas um, across the country, and I think right now is people want to hear a message um, but not only speaking to the worker, because a lot of these votes that we're going to need to like maintain or gain seats, we're going to need that libertarian vote. We're going to need that. And what you're going to see uh, once I get this rolling out, you, I'm going to have Republicans actually supporting this. I'm going to have Democrats um, supporting this. And these are all the connections I've built. And um, I have a, see, you know how there's this, if you want to be really successful in Ohio, you got to be able to bridge those gaps. And I think there's a lot of um, upset Democrats and upset uh, Republicans that everything's gotten so like uh, tribal and no one's working together. So um, this is a way to try to bring something to the table and a message for Democrats, you know, to really run. I, I, I believe in this OT thing. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're getting endorsements from our unions. Democrats are. But the union members, the workers aren't voting Democrat. And that that's an issue. And that's something that we've got to get back to. Um, and it's very unique listening to everybody's different perspectives of where they live in that. And um, but uh, yeah, well, I, we, we, we can connect after. I mean, I mean, you want to uh, like tomorrow you can give me a call. And uh, did you did you leave me your number? Yeah, yeah, I had messaged you in the Okay. And if everybody here, if you guys can all download Lauren, you can talk about when I'm done. If you guys could all download Signal, I can set us up so that we have we have um what am I gonna say? Group group uh group chats. And uh with that I give you because and signal's secure so that we can speak with without having to worry about it, you know, voice calls, video calls, all that. So go ahead, Lauren. I was just going to say thank you for hosting this. Every week is something yeah. new. We get something new out of it. But I have got to go to bed. I've got kids that are going to school early in the morning. So I will yeah. see you all next week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did not expect. It's one, it is, is it really one thirty? Yes. I, yes. I was thinking that it would be a really good time to wind down by now. Everybody's How did y'all keep me up so late? I night. need my beauty sleep. I need my beauty sleep, okay? I have to look pretty for all this. <laughs> oh, anyway. you're so pretty. Um, anyway um but this has been fantastic and i i'm just so grateful that we've had these discussions because i think they are important so and thank you justin um for you know getting this all together again oh it was nothing really it's nothing hopefully everybody can join us again next week same time same place yeah 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 and i will i will see you guys later i'm tired i'll talk to you all later thank you for another successful night you guys are great, okay? And and Josh will be in touch. Bye, Natalie. Good night.